One podcast has crushed the horror landscape, leaving behind the silent audio waves of all of those who have came before. Introducing our hosts. This man needs no introduction, but needs seven takes to record his own. He is known for rating bad movies high and known for rating good movies high. Don't try to call him because he only phones it in. He is our host from the foreign land of Canada, Mood 616. This man is willing to die even on the smallest of hills. He argues to the point in which he disagrees with himself. A man who knows a remake when he sees one. He is the Mexican-born super producer known as the humble one and the sexy one, JP. They are known for creating superstars out of their guests. They are known for being the number one horror podcast on the Horophilia Network, except for when they allow others to take a turn. They are the devil's advocate of horror podcasting. They are the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 84 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Moods616, a.k.a. Moods, the man that can't keep an erection past 10 o'clock p.m. And, of course, I've got my homeboy, the lazy Mexican criminal by my side, Double Shot J, also known as JP. And we are very, very excited to welcome back to the show one-third of the Exploding Heads Horror Podcast and formerly and presently of every other podcast on Horphilia.com, Joe Pesci, also known as Dave to the motherfucking z later. What's up, Hey, players? hey, what's up? Yo, what up, Dave? Welcome How's back, buddy. Thank you. It's fucking, you know, I'm really excited to be here because this is a regular show. And I love listening to the regular shows, the regular format, a couple movies and oh, yeah. all the cool stuff. Every time I've been on before, it's been a list. It's like a big freaking event. <laughs> this is more laid back for me. And and I don't have Brandon with me, so I'm especially happy. And you also don't have to watch, you also don't have to watch like 30 to 40 movies to prepare for this show either. Yeah. So Dave's not bit, babysitting little... tonight, guys. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Nope, I got enough of that on the head. So I, I don't know how you and Christian keep a keep a chain on that damn boy. <sighs> He's out of his fucking mind. My favorite thing is I was listening to episode ten, I believe, which was your uh, top forty of the forty years or whatever. Yeah. And Brandon, every ten seconds, I'm yelling at the well traffic because Brandon's <laughs> got me like all bugged up. He's like. It's literally a list of like, okay, guys, we're going to pick our favorite horror films of each year. And Brandon's like, okay, coming in at uh, 1987 or whatever. He's like, Friday the 13th Part 7. Now, it's not my favorite horror film. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's, it's the only rule. It's the only rule, Brandon. Right. <laughs> so he cheats so much. It's hilarious. That, that's still funny. That's yeah. the one that he picked from 87 because that's such a good year. There's like a million good films from that year, man. Is it 87 or is it 88? For, for I think it's blood? 88. So it probably I. Part 7? Yeah. No. Yeah, I think it was. I don't know. No, I, th- I, think, I think geek I am. Honestly, I think Part, I think, uh, part 8 is from 88. Uh, I think take, Jason Takes Manhattan is from 88, actually. But still, either or, man. Why are you picking that as your favorite film from either one of those years? Those are solid <laughs> years. 87, 88 are like amazing <laughs> no i'm with him that i like friday the 13th part 7 but it was just funny because like Christ- christian's reaction was hilarious but you know, <laughs> it's it's funny because like he did that multiple times through the show where he'd be like well it's not my favorite 
horror film, but like every time they would be like, all right, our favorite horror film of 1994. And it's like, well, this one's not my favorite, but (laughs) 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 I understand what he was doing. He was just trying to showcase some like lesser uh, talked about films, I guess, you know, lesser talked about as in Friday the 13th part seven, the most talked about franchise ever. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'm tell glad you Brandon isn't here to defend himself right now. Got to be honest. Typical yeah, little Jew man, right there, right? Yeah. Totally shortchanging everybody. Uh, he's he's whiny and nasally too. Oh so. yeah, I, I know that uh, you guys. I've noticed that you guys really have a lot of running jokes now. The the anal bleaching thing and everything, and all yeah, kind just, of things. I, I'm I'm really impressed. We got we got real lucky, man. Just fucking, we just have a lot, great chemistry, and we're just. <laughs> Anal bleaching. <laughs> so good. You know what's funny? Show now. <laughs> I've noticed over time that Christian is – me and Christian kind of have something in common. And I've noticed that he's a real stickler for like like technical things. Like like he'll break down like – like I believe he told you guys that Dawn of Dead is actually like what set a year later than what you guys thought it was and stuff. Oh, he's like, real in-depth with like – actual like release dates and stuff and it reminded me of myself because i do a lot of that stuff too where i'm real i'm real picky you could ask moods i probably annoy everybody with it <laughs> a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah but 78 did you guys know that I, I, all my life what you guys both moods you're the biggest fan of that of that movie okay what year is it from when do you when you when you think of dawn of the dead what year do you think 78 Yes, thank you. See, me too. Yeah, but it was technically released in the U.S. in '79. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, crazy. because well, I'm, I mean, that's the thing, man. It that's got the thing its Italian release first. That's right, because you know it's Italian produced, right? So it got its release over there first. So everyone just associates the film with I don't know. I, I oh, the actual the, the first release date, but I don't know. I I mean, I've even we've even made top five lists, man, or top ten or whatever from '78, and the, it was on there. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's it's really it's really tricky when you get into some of those old films like with uh, Spider Baby, for example. Um, it really got its release in '79 in the U.S. kind of, but it, yeah. its first release was like seven or wait '77 or '67, but its real release was like technically '68 or something like that. Yeah, real real weird, man. I guess you kind of just have to narrow it down and decide what you're going to roll with. <laughs> That's it. I always say whenever it's released. I think I did that Why? actually with um I cheated when I always cheat on my list and everything that I do but uh oh, when I did no. when I did my 81 series I actually used the Anthropophagus um release the American release date for it which was in 81 but the film actually did come out in 1980 because <laughs> I just wanted to have it in the randomizer <laughs> no one argued they're just like whatever got released in the US in 1981 so you can go either yeah. way who really cares it got released somewhere at some time just roll with it right did you uh, you was, did you have Evil Dead as an eighty one or an eighty three? Eighty one. Okay, yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. And eighty one's the year, man. You know what? Actually, Evil Dead never came up on my randomizer once. I never got to review it that year. Wow, isn't that strange? Because I had like, because wow. I think I had like sixty films or something like that in the randomizer, and I would just every week I would literally just hit random film would come up, I would review it, and Evil Dead never got chosen. So, so wow. what you basically did was Moods reviewed one film from 1981 for a year straight every week. Yeah, so 52. it was 52 weeks. Yeah. And yes. he yeah. had about 60 total films, and Evil Dead never showed up. That's pretty wow. crazy. You yeah, there was, I think there was like eight or nine that didn't get picked. <laughs> That's Evil why, Dead right? happened to be one of them. <laughs> yep, he stood up for himself. 
said, fuck you, Moods. I'm 83 and you know it. We all know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did the but same I thing for 88, too. And there was a lot of sequels that never got shows. And I was so happy for that. But sometimes I don't like reviewing just random sequels. Like, hey, do you want to review uh, Jason Takes Manhattan? Not really. Not right now. Not unless I'm doing the entire franchise. I'm kind of weird like that. I mean, no, that makes sense. Speaking of '88, I was right. New Blood was released in '88. Was it? Okay. Don't it fuck was? with a, okay. well, a Friday fanboy like me. That's you a, know what? My what one thing in life. It's, it I'm was a Friday trivia master. Yeah. <laughs> was, well, I did know soul, that but... Takes Manhattan was '89, but Moon that's right. It was '88. So I don't yeah. guess myself. Yeah. All I know is Friday, so you got to give me that. Yep. That's it. <laughs> when, um, one thing that I did want to share, since Dave is on here, we, we, ha- we got this review back in May on iTunes, and it, I found it very funny. It's, uh, from, it's by FXGuy1969, and he says, yes, yes, check it out. He gave us four stars out of five, and he said his entire review consists of this. Almost as good as Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. What? <laughs> I swear it wasn't me. Well, thanks, thanks for the fucking. (laughs) It's probably Christian. That's so good. Bad that we didn't put him on the show yet. (laughs) (laughs) I I think this would be even funnier if it was someone that that we didn't know. It It was like just totally straight up. Like, no, it's it's pretty good, but not as good as those exploding heads, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they heard our Little opinions. do they know we're the fuckers that made no, I'm just joking. That's what JP always says. He always says, Oh, you know, all their success is because of us. I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. Yeah, obviously. Oh, no, obviously. I mean, Again. come on. We gave them the problem. I mean <laughs> that, they, they got they got one of their, t- their 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 t- one of their top three guys straight out of our voicemail line. They drafted him right out of there. <laughs> Smart. You guys. That is a true story. That is a true story. Brandon's yeah. voice, I guess, was apparently first heard on our podcast. Yep. So I guess I guess JP is technically right here. We gave you guys breath. Well, I was like, smart enough to, to, to hear that and say, hey, this kid's got potential. But you guys obviously aren't really aren't into scouting that way. You know, I guess not. Huh? Scout, that, that's no, that, I think that was a miss on your voicemails. Wait a minute. That was a missed opportunity, man. <laughs> See? Okay, you can't you can't blame me for that. So yeah, after all that shit talking, he's pretty good after all. He is rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Brandon's very witty and clever and quick witted too. Yeah. As much shit as I talk on him on here, I love that guy. He's definitely he's definitely a, a cool friend that I met podcasting. <clears throat> he's cool. And whoever whoever wrote that review, I wanna know who it is. Brandon, Brandon's a cool guy. He just needs to cool it down with the lying. The lies all <laughs> yeah. the time, constantly like, lying. I can like, never. Yeah, he's like the boy that tried both movies for ninety six already. Lies. You know, you never believe what the <laughs> fuck he's saying to you, man. <laughs> he probably really didn't do that hundred obscure movie list that he was supposed to be doing on our. That was pretty damn fast, Dave. That's what I said. I said, "Wow, he did that wow. list so damn fast, considering he'd only seen like what thirty thirty six percent of them or something." <laughs> I'm like, "Damn, dude, you polished off the other like seventy percent so quick, man." Fucking liar. <laughs> There's one thing that I wanted to ask you, Dave, before we move on from the intro. And I was going to do it in a voicemail form whenever I helped you set up your voicemail line. But I'll just ask you here and now. I'm a few episodes behind, so you have to stop me if I'm you know, just talking nonsense. But I really like the idea of you guys each having your own segment. And I thought that the Christian versus found footage challenge should be a weekly thing where he takes one of those films – and he watches them and gives his review. And I love what you did with your daughter 
with uh, showing her the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was amazing. Like, I, I, it was really like tr- like heartwarming. It was really cool. Like, and that could, I wish you could do that weekly. And then Brandon could come up with some segment where he reviews like a horror film that's not really a horror film because he tends <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so did you just so did you just talk about the chainsaw or the just the experience with your daughter? I interviewed had her. I yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, I interviewed cool. her. Let her give a review. Uh, we watched the movie as soon as it ended. I, I got my phone and I said, okay. And I told her, obviously I told her it was going to happen. And boom, I asked her a few questions. She gave me a grade. She fucking said a few things and, and that was it. I, I call it the 10 year old horror fan. And yes, we have been continuing on. We've done it one more time on the show and I have like three or four more recordings of her. So that's going to happen. As far as Christian and found footage, um, I, every week I've been asking him cause he hasn't, he hasn't finished the list yet. So every week I ask him and pretty much, Every week but one, he had had watched at least one on there. So okay. Brandon, that's cool. I like. So that is that idea. what his challenge is? He has to watch at least one found footage film every week, or for every show. Well, that's what it I should just, be. But that's you're what right. It is. You're right. That's what it should be. In retrospect, that's what I should have done. I should have made it a, a weekly thing. No, moods. All I did was give him a list of movies that I consider good to great in found footage since 2000. And then he's not. He wasn't a big fan. Right. Going in. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, so it, that's where where the challenge comes in. It's kind of a double meaning right there. So, yeah. um, did you have the tunnel on there by chance? Ha! I had this. Is there's a story behind it? I had the tunnel on there, and I only put it there because so many people like it. I know you like. I think it's your favorite uh, one, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Your favorite film. I think I saw um, the first YouTube video I saw you. I think that was it, and it was um, really you, and that's why I remembered that you said the tunnel. Actually. I watched the tunnel because you picked it in your review and I hadn't seen it yet. So I right. sought the movie out and I watched it. And <laughs> I fucking, when I, when I got to the last third of the movie, I checked out. I was, fast <laughs> I was so disappointed because it was, it was barely hooed. But anyway, I, I still, what? Damn. <laughs> I know I was so disappointed. I got, I got so bored. The setup was great. The story uh, at the beginning, all that shit. I loved the setup. But when they got to the third act, I was doing the Dave Z fast forward one one and a half times because nothing was happening. I, I was so disappointed. But I put it on the list anyway because of so that. so many people like it. Yeah. So I That's said, so crazy, man. Watch it. Huh. Wow. I, yeah, I got, maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I was so I'll, intrigued with that. Second watch like, Dave. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Hmm. I'll, I'll get, next time I come on this show, I'll have watched the tunnel. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I think that. But I think you guys should really consider each having your own segment and do it weekly. I, I really like the Christian versus found footage thing. I like the thing you do with your daughter. You guys got to come up with something for Brandon. He, that list, the yep. the, the list would have been perfect. It is. It, it's it's. We finally finished it last show. So by the time we are, it's going to be two episodes in, in in the future that I've even dropped yet. So. It just finally ended, and now he challenged anybody out there. If you want to challenge me to a list online, so there you go, JP. You want to be his first customer? Find a list that's like ten movies. He said not a hundred again, you know. Okay. Like twenty or less, I think he said. Find one of mm. those, and if somebody challenges me, I'll take the challenge. So there you go. You, you could help kick off that segment. All right. <laughs> nice. See, wow, th- this is like exploding heads. You know how on on that show we you have to come up with ideas. That's ideas. how that right. got started. I had no idea how that got started with Brandon. He's like, oh, "I'm going to do this list," and I'm like, "Really?" I thought he was just doing it because he didn't say why. 
So well, I, I think initially it was just because because like, someone else said something on our page about it, and he was like, "Oh, look at this!" So he, I was, I'm just going to do it. Then because he started to do it, he, he brought it up on the show, and then it became. It took on a life of its own. It became a segment. Same thing. Uh, that's a pretty good idea, man. Challenges and shit like that, and in different kind of segments, it makes it makes our segments sound real shitty now, JP. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to hear another Italian stallion? Cue the music, JP. Wait, wait, an Italian stallion of the week. <laughs> of the week. I forgot yeah. of the week. <laughs> My Italian stallion of the week. Yeah. Cue the porn music. Um, How about that music? Is that the same music from fucking? A cannibal holocaust when it she's is. talking. It's actually what it is yeah. is um the actual it. trailer to the Italian Stallion porno film with uh Sylvester Stallone. Sly. Yeah. And it is the Cannibal Holocaust music on top of that. I, I made that a while ago. I stopped using it because I hated editing, but I started putting it back in here and there. Okay. So you created that. You put the Cannibal Holocaust music there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cuz that's what I'm saying like could this be? Could they have used the fucking Cannibal Holocaust? <laughs> that would have been awesome. In a porno trailer? And I wasn't positive. I've only seen that no. movie once. <laughs> One time. And and I, I heard that and I go I think that's Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. So that's why I asked you guys. I didn't know for sure. I thought you guys were going to laugh at me. Say, "What? No, that's porno <laughs> music." You know. <laughs> I absolutely so, love that Cannibal Holocaust uh, theme, though. That's, that's it goes. You can literally put it over anything. You can put it over something horrific. It's awesome. Oh, you can dude. put it over something sexy. It's awesome. You can put it over something, you know, <laughs> epic. It's awesome. Like I know, man. It's, just, it's a great it soundtrack. Anything. Man. <laughs> that's yeah. what's weird about the, the Italian soundtracks, and I've said this on Exploding Heads, but that, that they're never great beginning to end they're like they have a tone like a real serious tone some songs and then they'll go off into some random fucking weird thing like a dance number or a fucking (laughs) something out of left field like that song i I don't think the rest of the soundtrack sounds like fucking that song does the one no it doesn't yeah as a whole their soundtracks are very varied well because it's also a score right it's just certain musical pieces for certain parts and stuff like that but I, i don't know man i I, I personally love Italian soundtracks, man. Like anything that like, you know, Claudio Simonetti has been involved with and just among names, among names, man, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there really there is. definitely is. There definitely I just, is. Very, it's I just unique. It's unique. Yeah. Because I mean, I think really the only, the, the Italians could only make something like that work with cannibal Holocaust, having that type of music. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? You know, but that's <laughs> cool that it makes you do that, you know, because you watch a lot of these American, these North American films and, Stuff like that. The soundtracks compared to those are very almost generic sometimes. They they just kind of fill in the gaps. It's like a baseline oh, in the song. I mean, you know? It just kind of does it. And I'm not saying with, with all North American films, but there is a lot where you just don't even really notice the music. And you said it yourself a lot, JP. You don't really notice music a lot because a lot of it doesn't stand out like, you know, the, the music from um, the beyond and things like that. You know, it just doesn't stick out just like that. I find the Italian soundtrack. I feel a lot of modern films, it doesn't. But, you know, a lot of, like, pound for pound, like, the best ever. There's a lot of older ones in movies. There's a lot of great ones. There are. I'm not saying there isn't, but I'm just saying, like, the majority of, you know, these classic Italian films, they generally all have pretty good soundtracks. I mean, there's some classic American films that don't really have the greatest soundtracks to them. They're just good films. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, the Italian thing is, in the context of the film, they're great, those soundtracks. But to sit down and listen to them beginning to end, it doesn't work for me. I think that because that's what I do. I listen to a lot of horror soundtracks uh, most of the time I at night. the time, and actually. Yeah. And it's kind of like Suspiria. I, no one's going to praise Suspiria more than I do. I fucking love the movie. 
and love the soundtrack, but not beginning to end. It's great. There's like 10 out of 10 fucking half of the shit on that. But other stuff comes in, and it just doesn't fit. Even a great one like that. And that's how I feel about all the sound. Just just listening to you, you mean, know? oh, it just doesn't fit when you're listening to it, like, you know, right. in your house or in your car or something like that, yeah. But I, the, think it, it got, not... I think it's also because it's taken out of context a little bit. You know, when you're watching a film, you're getting a visual, and the music does. And I find with that movie, the music almost drives the storyline, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's like a pedal. It's like a wheel for the story. It's so weird how the movie works. But, yeah, I can see that, though. You're listening to Suspiria. Like, I, I, I've listened to it before just, you know, by itself. And, yeah, it doesn't have the same control over you know you basically as you're listening to it you know you just kind of you find yourself wandering and you don't have that visual but i think that's why that soundtrack works so well for the film because it literally just buries you in it it's just so captivating but you know visually you know if you're in your house you're like ah fuck man Got some chips on the on the wall there. Got some paint chips on the wall. (laughs) You start fucking wandering like squirrel. You know. Yeah, I think it's just a totally different feel. But I, I, for sure, man, you know, I was actually listening to the Demon soundtrack the other day, and it's definitely not the same than watching it with the movie. When you hear those musical no. pieces queued up in the film, you're like, oh, damn, that's so fucking sweet, man. It's just the way it queues up. And and that's a big thing about, you know, scoring and, and putting soundtracks in a film is queuing them up. Sometimes they're wrong. I think I, I know one film that we talked about, uh, JP, lots, um, the cues in in the film Stitches. The musical cues in that film yeah. are to die for. They're so perfect the way they cue up the music. It's oh great. yeah, died in your arms tonight. Oh fuck! And there's a couple other parts <laughs> in that film too. It's just queued up perfectly, man. It's you know some people would say, oh, it's so cheesy, but whatever, man. It works. In it's memorable. Film, yes, it works. Yeah, and that's what it is. In the film, a lot of them work, but just not to listen to. Like you know, that's mm-hmm. all. In the film, they all work great. I can't say a negative thing about any of the Italian Simonetti or any of the Italian fucking movies and soundtracks yeah that's right i'll say one thing about soundtracks the witch and it follows if you don't have those things get them i think actually um yeah it follows when at least up here anyways when i got the blu-ray it came with the free digital download i know i think you can get the soundtrack on vinyl now of course because vinyl's so hip now again that everything has to be released on color vinyl and fucking these crazy arts and man vinyl's gotten fucking massive it's ridiculous but everyone's on um, but I think the Follow soundtrack, I swear, isn't available on CD. I think it's just vinyl and digital, so which says a lot too. But um, yeah, the soundtrack is is pretty interesting to listen to. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like to listen to them either driving in in a certain mood or ninety percent of the time I listen to them. I listen to them going to bed at night, put on some fucking actually, headphones. Boom. Oh yeah, I actually Love have it. a horror uh, playlist on one of my iPods, and it's just it's mostly just themes. And stuff to films like it'll be like, you know, there's it's pretty much all Italian besides like Night of the Demons theme and of course like all the Fulci nice. films and Argentos and things like that and just, you know, classic films just like Carpenter themes and stuff and um but it's just it's awesome because I'll put it on random. There's like fifty or sixty songs on there. And it's just like every every time something gets queued up, you're just like, Yeah, fuck yeah. You're like right into it. just makes you want to watch all the movies at one time, but that's the way to do it. It's just, you know, those main themes. Like fuck, I love the one body count. I use that one so many of my videos and, and shit like that. I love those themes. Good shit. Yep, soundtracks rock, man. They really do, man. They really do. I think actually it was so strange. I just got a bobblehead in uh, the Beyond the Jill Zombie bobblehead, and I think it actually came with the the Beyond soundtrack. And I'm like, well, I already have like two copies of this, man. <laughs> so maybe maybe I'll just oh. give it to somebody out there. There but, you go. 
Yeah, give it to a listener. There you go, man. Yeah. See? See what I do for you guys? I guess they're on the show. Anyone that's listening, see? This Dave Z guy's not so bad. He comes on the show and he's giving away our shit. <laughs> right. I'm telling you guys what the fuck what to give away. <laughs> I actually do have a few DVDs uh, that I'll help. give it away here soon on the show. So, You know yes. what, man? I just, just finally finished my my film room and I have a huge stack of shit that I'm getting rid of. So I guess I'll contribute to giving shit away on here. Also, I'll tell you right um, now, episode 100 is going to be insane with giveaways, guys. We're going to give away so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Whenever that comes. Every, I mean, Jeremy's going to be on the show. Maybe we'll give away his virginity. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that would be fucking awesome. That might've been like the greatest joke you've ever came up with on the show. And the podcast now. Awesome. Uh, I think I, I think we got to move on to news after that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, man. Let's uh, let's get into the news, man. Okay, we don't have a whole lot, but this little piece of news I thought was uh, directly not horror related, but anybody who is a horror fan, a little piece of you might just die. Um, so VHS has been long gone, but. Did you guys know that Funai Electric was still producing uh, VHS, VCRs? VCRs, they are still making VCRs as well. Sadly, this month marks the final production of the last company that still manufactures VCRs. Yeah, that's so crazy. They're still making them. Wow. And yeah, they, they, uh, they, they basically just said that this will be the last time they produce any units uh, due to declining sales, <laughs> oddly enough. And, uh, <laughs> Decline, really? Finding Decline. the necessary parts for construction. So yeah, VHS players are, or VCRs, should I say, uh, came about in 1976. They lived till 2016. Wow, 40 wow. years, man. <laughs> wow, that's sad. I love the fucking VHS. I still have one. I still use it. I picked up one today. Not, not, a, <laughs> not right. a player, but a, but a tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll always have a v- VCR. Do you have a VCR, Dave? It's in my basement, but I still have one, yeah. Okay. I don't yeah, watch I, them. I, I, every once in a while, lately, I've actually been popping VHSs in. Uh, I watched uh, – sometimes they come back again on VHS because uh, it's – like really hard to get on DVD, but the Stupid VHS only costs like four dollars. <laughs> hey Dave, when was the last time you actually watched uh, a tape, a VHS? Oh shit! Um, maybe you know, two years ago I was at my brother's house and he had one, and, and he had some old home movies that we made. But to sit down and watch a fucking movie, I, I don't know. Fucking since like two thousand and four or five, maybe. Wow. Damn! Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and, that, and that must, and back then, that must have been porno. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most likely. Yeah, I was making mixtapes back then, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a while though. You know what? Though VHS is going to become the new vinyl. Fucking twenty years from now, it's going to all the hip kids are going to be fucking doing VHS again. <laughs> yeah, Probably. I mean VHS collecting is still huge, but yeah, to come back out and kind of in the mainstream, maybe. Because vinyl, man, fucking huge, man. Like I was. Well, I actually. Only thing that is wrong with that argument slightly is I guess vinyl sounds better than CDs, yet VHS does not look better than Blu-rays or DVDs. But it's it's more of a nostalgic thing too, man. I mean, I don't think a lot of these kids buying vinyl today are 
you know, using the argument that, oh, it sounds so much better. It's just, it's the end thing, man. It's true, the end thing. True. So I think that's why they're doing it. I mean, and they all are using that argument, but do they 2022, care? <laughs> 2022 will mark the year that VHS is back on our shelves. And just like today, you know, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to find out if the rumor was true. Um, buddy from our podcast page, he, uh, said that, uh, the HMVs in Canada were stocking arrow releases. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I went down there today to check it out to, you know, wasn't expecting to find anything because I usually don't find shit in there because they suck. And sure as shit, I walked right in. First thing I saw was arrows. I was like, fuck yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they're ridiculously priced at like thirty six ninety nine or something, but, but it was the simple fact that they're there. And I was like, oh, there's hope. There's hope. Maybe we'll get VHS back in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I go down there and it, kind of the point I was getting at was with vinyl. I mean, they, they had this little section a few months ago and it's like tripled in size with records. And I talked to this guy in there all the time. His name was Carrie. And every time I walk in, he's like, yo, what's up moods. And we talk for like ever. And I was like, dude, what's with the fucking vinyl section? He's like, dude, we can't keep it stocked. <laughs> and these things are selling for like 30, $40 a record. And they're selling them out weekly. Like the whole things it's fucked. He says, man, I'm like, damn. So don't count out VHS 2020 deuce back on the shelves and i'm going to regret paying the eight dollars that i paid for the borrower <laughs> yeah yeah i'm down so rest in peace to va vcrs for now at least it's actually a sad thing it's it's, yeah. it's surprising at the same time but it's sad yeah it is. so after yeah. that we have a little just brief announcement that the el rey uh, network will be airing season three of from dusk till dawn uh, September 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So season three of From Dust to Dawn TV series is coming out. Have you guys yet checked out From Dust to Dawn the TV series? Nope. No. You know, I got really close to watching, um, what is it, Stranger Things? Yep. About oh, three I times this week. Yes. I have been, man, it's like insane how many posts and how many videos. Yes. Like I've seen so Everywhere. many people talk about this. And yeah. the consensus is it's like the new best shit. It's like the best thing since sliced bread. So crazy. Like, and some of the people that have actually been, you know, basically, you know, stating their opinions on it. I'm like, wow. Like I just saw, you know, Mr. Parker, he was talking about it. And he said, yeah, it's like amazing. So I'm intrigued as shit to watch this. Intrigued. So it's, it has, it's been a while since, you know, a TV show has sparked my interest that much, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, with Scream, it, it sparked my interest a little bit enough to actually watch the whole series. But this one, I'm like <clears throat> really, really excited to finally sit down and check it out. So Stranger that's Things, Stranger Things, yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm I've really about stoked. Four episodes. There's only just, eight episodes, so don't get too stoked and too carried away. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's why I haven't started because I just didn't have the time to kind of like marathon it. You know, and yeah, I, I think I just sit down and watch it all probably one late night or something. Um, I'm assuming the episodes are half an hour or are they an hour? I think they're 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Okay. So it's got some pretty decent time. Awesome. Looking forward to it, though. You check it out yet, Dave? No, I can't wait to. Everybody's talking about it. And I actually mentioned it to my wife this afternoon. I said, hey, I said, I got to watch this show. So it's only eight episodes. So basically, I'm telling her, you're probably going to watch it with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It. I mean, it follows kids. It's It's very like Super 8, like Goonies, Monster Squad, stuff like that. Um, feels exactly like that. Set in the 80s in Indiana. Pretty cool stuff. Oh, 80s. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Sold. Yep. <laughs> I figured that would sell most people. Um, From Dust Till Dawn, you ever see that, Dave? The TV series? 
No, I, I've never seen it. I don't even know if I have Ellery Network. I watch so little TV that I, I don't even know. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I'll tell you this. I predict this is the last season of that show. You think? Yes, and I, I don't know anything about it. I just have a feeling that it's it's a three season and out. It's like uh, Hannibal and Penny Dreadful. I, I didn't expect it to really last that long, honestly. Right. Like, I didn't really expect But Hannibal it also got canceled, though, right? It did, unfortunately. Yep. So, I mean, if it didn't get canceled, do you think it would have just only lasted three? Probably not. Four or five, maybe? Yeah, they would have kept it going, I think. I mean, they wrapped it up. You'd almost have, would think that they knew it was their last season. I think they're just... It came to a close. It wasn't like a cliffhanger. The fucking the series ended. Well, I think one of the ended. things that, the... with Hannibal that's, that was different is that um, a lot of the Silence of the Lambs era stuff and like some of the other uh, topics they actually couldn't do due to rights. So they kind of didn't have very many places to, to drag it out to anymore. From what I understand, that's what I read anyway. Oh, so they don't have Hannibal in the TV series. They have him. They don't, I, I believe they can't have Buffalo bill. They had the tooth fairy. They had that shit from fucking a dragon. <laughs> you mean they Hunter. can have Hannibal. They can have Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo bill, but they can't have, or I mean the tooth fairy, but they can't have Buffalo bill. Yeah, because that's Silence of the Lambs. They can't have Clarice either. Right, they can't have Clarice either. Oh, because yep. it's copyrighted yep. through that now. Okay, that makes it's sense. Weird. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I think, honestly, the reason why a lot of these TV shows aren't lasting as long as you might think they, they could. I mean, we come from an era, too, where there was a lot of TV shows that lasted, you know, eight, nine, ten seasons kind of thing. There's just, there's like a flood of them. I think these networks are just like, well, three and done, man. Three, four seasons. Let's get, let's get the shit out of here. Let's get the new greatest shit on there. You know, let's put something new on there. And I think that's just the way it is. It's just a flood of programs. Yeah. It's Motel kind of, has the plan. Five. They knew going into it, it was going to be five seasons and out. And that's what yeah. they're doing. And it's well, perfectly they, they know set that, up right now. Well, that's, that's good. Thing. I'm down They know with this that. shit's hot. Love it. They know this shit's hot. So they're just like, hey, let's get them, let's get them on the shelf and uh, let's get them off. Yeah, but so, I like when you have a when you have an end. See, that's the problem with like shows like Lost and Dexter, where they didn't have an end really, and they wrote themselves into corners trying to extend the series. I guess, from what I understand, Penny Dreadful was planned for three seasons all along as well. Really? No, I, mean, I didn't I'm, know. I'm not saying that all these shows that go on like seven, eight seasons or whatever work. <laughs> you know, no, they um, don't. <laughs> they definitely Especially some of them now. definitely some of them definitely don't for sure. Um, but you know, having like three seasons, that's pretty crazy too, though. That's pretty short, but yeah. maybe it works better like that. Maybe well, it works better. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I watched the first six episodes of from dusk till dawn season one, and I like them. Uh, it, essentially the first season is like a long telling of the first movie. And then they kind of just, I guess, create their own story after that. But I understand it's pretty successful for that network. It's like their number one watch show. So who knows if they'll keep Ooh, it going or not. That doesn't really surprise me. It's the number one on the network because they push that thing like yeah. so hard, man. Right? Because they, they were pushing that shit before El Ray even, even went up, didn't they? Like, yeah, we got yeah. Dustin Lawrence coming on here. And it was kind of like the driving force behind the whole network. So it does. It pretty much makes sense that that show is the best one. It, it, yeah. it would surprise me if it wasn't. Well, this is the same network that recently had a Ginger Dead Man marathon, an eight-hour Ginger Dead Man marathon what? how the fuck did they have an eight hour marathon man those movies are like 70 minutes long and there's like only four of them commercials like mad right they probably double that like, yeah, wow. typical full moon shit man i'm watching head of the family the other night and i'm like man these movies are so fucking short but they feel so long 
Yeah. The same time. I don't I don't have the El Rey network anymore, but when I did have it, I always had it on because they did they were showing shit like Maniac and like Fauci's uh New York Ripper and stuff like that. They showed and the New York really Ripper cool. on there? Yeah, I'm that's pretty crazy. sure. It was Damn. Ripper. That's that's sleazy goodness. That's amazing. Well, the Maniac, Maniac is too, right? Yeah, dude. That's fucking, that's crazy. Yeah, and then they, they show like no shows. Moon and, and stuff like that. They that's, must have nothing, right? They, they have, all they have on that network is so basically old horror movies, which sounds great, and... Uh, from dusk till dawn in, in Mexican wrestling. That's it. And, and well, it's not. They, they I, do, I, the, well, the Mexican wrestling is actually that that might be their number one programming, actually, because it, it's all they have. But <laughs> they, they have they, well, fun. they do have certain specials like the director's chair or whatever, which is like Robert Rodriguez sitting down with like Tarantino or cool. uh, John Carpenter. And they and they just talk film for like an hour, which was a really cool. I watched I think I watched the Carpenter one. Those are really cool. I don't know if they that have been doing awesome. them lately. But um, they have some original programming. It's they they have like the they have the rights to the X Files, so they they air that and oh, some some older really? stuff like that too. But I think of it how Chiller was when they first came around, where they picked up like Freddy's Nightmares and like all those shows. And, and I think of I think that's kind of what El Rey's doing. But they they do show a lot of like exploitation and um, a lot of like you know a lot of stuff that Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino like you know stuff like that. So are they censored? It's a network. Um, is there, is it censored? I can't like remember, IFC? honestly. I think it probably is, honestly, but I can't remember. It's too bad if it wasn't. I was saying this on one of our shows. Why can't there be one fucking station? Because we were talking about that movie. Um, What's that movie that Screen Factory put out, but it was a chiller movie as well? It was the Fender Bender. That yeah. came out. And I was saying on the show, I go, somebody saw it on television. I go, was the gore in it? And they couldn't remember. And I said, well, it makes no... Why can't there be a station... You know what I mean? Like a horror station, chiller or whatever the Is fuck. Is that what they, they played it on? Did they you play that I mean? on? Because that's actually like a Shout Factory original movie and it aired on Chiller? It's yeah, actually a, a chiller a original premiere. movie as well. It was like a yeah. fucking a tag team thing. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, there was a caveat to that whole Screen Factory, you know, that they're directing movies. I thought, it, you know, yeah. it was exciting for a minute, but it turns out it's, you know, it's in conjunction with Chiller. But isn't it weird that they show all this gore on. You guys, have you guys seen Hannibal at all or no? Uh, no. Well, I'll tell you what, season nope. two and season th- the whole show is gory. You guys won't believe it. <laughs> so it's like crazy gory, and that's on NBC and The Walking Dead. You know the gore they show on that show. So why can't a horror station that specializes in the genre, how come they can never have a fucking good station like that that just shows uncut fucking horror? Isn't it well, weird? You know what's funny about Chiller? I remember watching all three of the sleepaway camps on there before, and they, like, they would just blur out the nudity. Like, it would just be, like, on Cops where they blur out the faces. Like, that's what they would do with the nudity. And I was like, all right. Those lazy edits are so good. That's funny. Was it, like, pixelated fucking squares? Yeah, it was just it was just a blur over the tits or the ass or whatever. That's so that's, good. That's fucking good shit. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you on that, Dave. There should be just a, a hardcore. And I don't, for, for all I know, El Rey is. I just don't Maybe. remember because I only had the channel for a couple months. I know I've asked this question so many times if, if it was, like, you know, not censored and shit like that, but I don't know. <clears throat> I guess you haven't watched it enough. What's that? Yeah. What was the fucking name of that network that was supposed to start up in Canada and it was like all uncensored films and stuff? We we touched on it like, we talked like about two it years ago. The Horror Network? 
Yeah, yeah I think that's what it was. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. But the the fucked up thing is it like still hasn't started up or whatever, but the website's still going and Well, Moods, that's actually a great little transition because something else that still hasn't started up but finally seems to be starting up is the next next little bit of news. I want you guys to understand something. We've literally talked about this in the news since episode one at one hour fifty five minutes and forty seconds into episode one. Oh back in November of two thousand thirteen. Uh, and this is The Mist, the TV series. So Spike's The Mist is finally, like, actually happening because there are, like, legit, like, photos from the set now. Uh, with the, the mall, or not the mall, the, uh, the, the grocery store. <laughs> they have pictures of the grocery store on, I believe, Reddit. So, yeah, that, that I guess it's finally, finally happening. <laughs> Spike uh. is still around? Yes, but yeah, of course, Bellator. I, oh, Bellator's Spike. on that. Okay, yeah. I didn't know Spike. That's what gets them all the ratings, probably. I guess. Yeah. Not but... really. Cops so... gets like most of their ratings. Cops. Cops still gets. <laughs> Is it still? <laughs> There's still new episodes as well. What? The what? Cops still has new episodes. What? Yeah, I can't and, believe it. <laughs> and like Ink Master and like uh, Bar <laughs> Rescue. What? Those are those are big shows, man. Wow. Bar Rescue sounds <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> bar Rescue is pretty hype. I watch it at work sometimes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is it some fucking drunks in a bar? They got to rescue them before they get their ass. No, what it is is there's a bar that is uh, doing real bad. Like, yeah. like they just they're they're using too much liquor in their drinks, and and they have bad customer service, or people stealing money, or something. And then this guy who comes in just screams at everybody at the top of his lungs to get their shit together, fires a couple people, and then tests them out with their new things. And then so they it's all like that fail, Hell's Kitchen then, guy. Yeah, and then they all fail, and then he brings them back together, and then they succeed. Like, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing every time, but this guy's funny as shit when he's yelling at people. <laughs> he's Like, he literally looks like he's about to have a heart attack every time. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he looks like maybe like an old, like, um, like Italian, like, mobster or something. <laughs> so it's the same thing as that restaurant show. With the Hell's Kitchen dude. Probably. I never watched Where he goes that. in to rescue restaurants that are doing shitty and stuff. And he goes in there. He fucking screams and curses nonstop. The whole show's edited because he's yeah, freaking like, balls. Beep. He's freaking balls. And then, yeah, that's awesome. And then he usually saves them. And then he revamps the menu. And then the owners are making money. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But picture that. But in a bar where everything's like sleazier and people are dumber and drunk. <laughs> it sounds like my kind of place. It's yeah, awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, after that we have Netflix uh, is actually making another season of Making a Murder. Like how? I don't know, but um, did you guys check out the first season of Making a Murder? Oh, I fucking loved it. I talked about it on here before. Yeah, it, it, it was really good. It had me Everybody screaming saw- at the TV constantly, man. I was just like screaming like an old man. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And just going, uh, it's one of those shows that you just can't keep quiet watching because it's like, what the fuck? Good shit, though. Really entertaining. What about you, Dave? No, I have not seen any of it. Everybody uh, seems to have seen it but me. I've uh, actually only seen the first episode, but it was really, the first episode was really good. Yeah, it just, it's so good, the whole thing, man. Marathoned it, as usual. So, I'm obviously, it's going to be another case. I'm really excited to see what the case is. Yeah, but wasn't that Making a Murder filmed over, like, like 10 years or some ridiculous shit? Like it was probably just... had this whole idea for a series 10 years ago. So they <laughs> probably, just, they right? Just <laughs> a pile of shit, and yeah, it's been years in the making. <laughs> yeah, it was really successful for Netflix, so 
makes sense they're doing another one. All right, after that, guys, um, just a little bit of news on Hellraiser Judgment. This is the 10th Hellraiser film. I actually did a video on this today. I saw um, that shit. I'm like, you're uploading videos, news videos, like two minutes before you're ready to record a podcast? Yeah, yeah. I, I just felt <laughs> inspired. But um, a couple of things were – like this. for those of you who don't know, let me just catch you up on it. Every, I believe, like five or six years – uh, Dimension Films needs to make a Hellraiser and a Children of the Corn, or else su- for some reason, some kind of clause in the rights state that they must create. And remember, a folks, every- remember, folks, this is why the sequels come out so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so every five or six years, they have to make another film to retain the rights. And usually, what happens, you know, flash forward back to 2011. When Hellraiser Revelations came out, it was rushed into production. It was like filmed in a week with like a $100,000 budget and the script was written in a couple days and that's what we got. And and that's about what it looked like. So, um, And then right after it, of course, the remake talk started up again. And it seems like that's Dimension's MO. They waste their time trying to do a remake for five years. It doesn't get off the ground and then they have to scramble and create another film in order to keep their rights. And in this case, with Hellraiser Judgment, the director, Gary Tunicliffs, uh, he actually created a – I believe <laughs> he created a <laughs> Kickstarter campaign for a film called Judgment, which did sort of seem like Hellraiser-esque, but it, it was an original film. It was like his own thing. And um, he's going to be the director, and basically he took that script and from his failed Kickstarter campaign – and that's the script for this new Hellraiser film. So basically nothing has changed. Exactly. For... <laughs> um, Hellraiser <laughs> is known for, at least with Hellraiser Inferno on through Hellraiser Hellworld, for actually not being Hellraiser films. They were other scripts that were shopped around Hollywood, and then they were turned into Hellraiser films to make a quick They were buck. sitting on some dude's desk, they dusted him off, and they said, bam, here's yeah. a script, throw they, some set of bites just, in they there. Just, they have a little salt shaker. Uh, with a little uh, puzzle box on it, and they just dump it over, and little pinheads fall out into the script. <laughs> exactly, man. Call Doug Bradley so he can get his four minutes of screen time, and we got a Hellraiser film. Yeah, except for now, they don't even they, they just skip the Doug Bradley part altogether. <laughs> oh, yeah. Does that mean Fat Pinhead's gonna come back? No, it's actually another Pinhead that doesn't look nearly as bad as as the Fat Pinhead. Oh, so that so that is uh, Doug Bradley's not coming back for this one either. Oh no, he's not coming back. Oh man. <laughs> They gave him a script, and they told him that they said, we're going to give you a script, but we want you to sign something that says you won't tell anything to anybody about this script. And apparently, he got offended and told them, fuck off. Yeah, that's but what I mean, happened. But that's actually script? kind of weird because that's – that's non-disclosure is pretty common. So it was like kind of – I mean that's kind of par for the course with – Yeah, right. Like, Wouldn't you – I, I didn't really understand. Well, no, that, 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 that totally doesn't deal. make sense yeah. because that, that's pretty normal. Like yeah. here's a script. Don't fucking Especially leak it on the internet. Especially the last one, and then you went and talked a bunch of shit about it before it came out. Right, rightfully so. But I mean, it makes sense why they would want to cover their ass a little bit, right? Well, of course, this is what they do. I mean, you want to leak the script out there and then have a Quentin Tarantino situation where you got to fucking rewrite the whole script, you know, for Hateful Eight, kind yeah. of thing. Oh, man. Wow. You don't want to do that shit, so it makes sense. You, you come to Doug Bradley. Hey, man, here's a script. What Adam we, Green we, we does is he um, uh, color. <laughs> watercolors every page of the script yeah so really with the with each person's name so like if if i give dave his script it'll have dave z 
like all over it, it in the background. So if he leaks it, then <laughs> wow, it's his fault. <laughs> That's fucking wild. No shit. You know what? Doug Bradley probably just didn't want to do it anymore. So that's that's fucking the excuse he gave. He said in the past that he was getting a little old to be dressing up in bondage. Like there's an interview where he literally said that. (laughs) Bondage? (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, hilarious. So this guy here, this um, Gary uh, Tunicliffe, he says that – on the contrary to popular belief, this film was actually written as a Hellraiser film when it was written as Judgment. It just was done outside the franchise because he couldn't get the rights for it. So basically, he's he's trying to make it seem as if like it was a Hellraiser film all along. No one's going to believe that shit. Come on. That's kind of what I said. There's <laughs> just no fucking way, man. There's no way. Yeah. yeah why um, is he coming out on the defense? But you know what? All this, you know? all this shit doesn't even matter, though. If it turns out to be actually decent, it is what it is. Yeah, you know? well, I'm, I'm or, happy with that. How many Heather Langenkamp's in it? Yeah, it's it, it's it's so it's so strange. I wonder what the budget's going to be on this one. I can't believe that Hellraiser Nine had a hundred thousand dollar budget. That just that, kind of blows my mind. A little I just bit. threw that out wow. there. I don't even know what the real budget budget was. Oh, you just you were just totally oh, okay. throwing numbers on. I was it, like, it, it was man. pretty low. Because it just it, 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 to me that seems so crazy that you know you're gonna make you're gonna film this movie in a week and you know have the screenwriters write up the screenplay or the write the film. It was three hundred fifty thousand. Oh my god! Even worse. So you mean to tell me that these guys wrote this film in a couple days, wrote the screenplay, and uh, filmed it in a week for three hundred fifty thousand? Like if I was an investor on the film, I'd be like, what the fuck, man? Put a little more effort into this shit. Yeah, you it's know, fucking a franchise. Three hundred fifty thousand fucking dollars. I mean, it's still by industry it's standard. It's still definitely it's made more than that, though. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, yeah, everybody bought that shit when it hit Walmart. Well, it's it an extreme line. Come on. That's, that's true. That's true. But I mean, still, I mean, if you're one of the investors, you'd be like, man, two days, really? You Finish know, I, I give Revelations a little more props than everybody because although it's a bad movie, for being made in like a week and for $350,000, it's more of a Hellraiser movie than any of the four previous sequels. It's yeah. true. It's more it, it of a Hellraiser film. It, it follows the same, the vagrants in there. Like if it actually had like, World is a couple just, months wow. to, to do the script and then l- more time to actually you know cast and stuff and, and more money, it would have been a good Hellraiser. It honestly would have been like you know above average probably. Have you watched Bloodlines recently? No. I oh, have you, for ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. It's for, okay. So. Um, I think it was the first one I watched. As a matter of fact, start '96. I don't see. Know I always why. forget that like Bloodlines was actually a Hellraiser film. It's a strange one. Yeah, that one actually it, was written as a Hellraiser film. It's a strange oh, yeah, film because the way they structured it and what they did with it. But at least it was a Hellraiser film. But absolutely, yeah, it was. It was Pinhead's movie too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the the final little thing about this is they did release the photos of two of the Cenobites, uh, the Butcher. And the surgeon. And what I said in my video was these are not Cenobites. They completely missed the mark on what Cenobites are. Aww. They are not this. They are, these are these are like something out of Silent Hill or uh, a video game. These these are not that. Yeah, they're not. Oh, they're going to come back at you, going. That, these are supposed to be modern. Quit bitching. No. A hundred percent no, just no, because they they don't they they don't fit the mold of what they're nightmarish and creepy looking. Yeah, they look good if they were 
for another movie, but this isn't. These are not Hellraiser Cenobites. That's they completely missed what they are. Yeah, yeah. They they look. They just don't look right to me. Um, so they like those shitty ones at the end. Of so Hell you mean to tell? So you mean to tell me these Cenobites don't look like they've been damned for eternity? Is what you're saying? They don't even look like they belong in the universe of Hellraiser. Period. Like because that's kind of like what the Cenobites are in a way. Like that the reason why they looked all fucked up and shit like that because they're just basically there. They're damned and shit like that. Um, yeah, so I, I gotta see him. I haven't seen him well, yet. Well, I so. did throw a link in the Skype chat if you. Well, basically, what the point that. of the, the Cenobites? It look every like the Cenobites. They look like they're in pain. Yes, these guys don't look like they're in pain at all. They just because they're because like they're the damned. Really that was the whole fat, point. And you're in hell. Like something out of a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like backwoods movie. Yeah. And the other one kind of almost has the sadomasochist thing going on yeah. with the the leather or the latex. With like the gas mask and stuff, but the, it's just it, the flesh isn't there. The the, the like torture gas mask? isn't there. Yeah. Oh god. Fucking <laughs> 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 gas mask. How does that make sense? They don't, I don't fucking breathe. breathe this shit now, man. I don't even have to see it, man. It's done. It's over. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, I was gonna make a joke and say it's worse than fucking CD head. Hundred percent. It's way worse than CD head. Hundred percent. They totally missed the mark on this because the Cenobites are supposed to be looking like they're in pain because that's where they're coming from. Hell, it's the whole point. A gas mask. They can't yeah. even breathe air. They're fucking from hell. So, so basically, they're protecting the. They gave this guy a gas mask to protect him from all the toxic. F- Fumes and shit. <laughs> you know, for some reason, I thought that the that what one was the actually the a female. Like that, the surgeon <laughs> looks like fuck? female to me. It's oh, terrible. really? Well, uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, you see, there's like nipple clamps. It looks like coming down. No, I guess not, huh? <laughs> Maybe it's another fat centibite. There should be <laughs> fucking nipple clamps. That's what I'm saying. It's a female centibite. <laughs> oh, okay. It should be. It. I don't know. Whatever it is, it might not be, but it's stupid. <laughs> Well, they're supposed to be sexless, you know, like in, in the fucking novel in the Hellbound Heart, fucking lead Cenobite, Pinhead, is fucking a, a sexless being. Huh. Well, in Hellbound 1 and 2, most notably, uh, the female Cenobite is literally named the female Cenobite in the credits, so. Well, yeah, hmm. and Pinhead is, is named fucking lead Cenobite in the credits in part 1. Yeah. I mean have names yeah man I, it says in the documentary that the name pinhead came after yeah, yeah. it was not it, it was uh original that looks like the, they didn't refer to him as that i guess no they no. totally didn't the name was kind of given to him by the people in a way yeah simply you look at him and what do you what do you assume he is fucking pinhead it's almost you know? crazy that they didn't come up with that on their own <laughs> Yeah, it, it literally it's says... It's just Clive Barker's writing. He didn't want to give them fucking titles. You know I'm, I'm how, 100% how positive, man. It says it right in the uh, Leviathan documentary. Yeah. They yeah, talk Clive, about that. Clive man. is like that, though, man. He's, sure. He's very... He creates his own sort of worlds, and, and it, it does seem a little bit beyond him to really just call him pinhead you know yeah dude it's too fucking it's too it's too simple it's not, for him i don't want i don't want to say yeah. corny it's just fucking for for him it would be yeah. corny to name something pinhead it's not his style yeah you know? definitely not. barker's is way better than that yeah um but anyway so uh next up last little uh piece of news here major piece of news is that um, Lionsgate is apparently going forward with the new Saw film, uh, supposed to hit October 27th, 2017, directed by Josh Stolberg and Peter, Pete Goldfinger. 
the script writing duo behind Piranha 3D, Piranha 3 Double D, and Sorority Row. Um, I guess uh, James Wan and Lee Wanile are going to be on as executive producers. Um, I don't know what. What do you guys? What do you think the odds are that this this happens? I hope it doesn't. I can tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> but the way they've been talking about it lately, I think I think it's at least a fifty-fifty chance. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they have been have no talking idea. about it for a little while, and it seems like an official announcement. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I really don't care either way because I've only seen Saw one through five, I believe. So I still need to see the last two. Damn. It's like me too, man. I've only seen one through four. What? <laughs> What? Holy fuck! I'll tell you what. I have had all the films in my. I have all of them on DVD and Blu-ray. I still haven't finished the franchise, man. It's because I fucking I dislike three and four so much that I was oh. like, I, yeah, man. I I hated those films. I only disliked oh. four. I liked the first three a lot. Um, wait, no, I, yeah, I only four. disliked yeah, five or wait four. I can't Why remember. I I dislike part awesome. four a lot more than three. That's yeah, sure. I hear so much good things about six. I honestly do. Three, one, and six are, are, are my top three. But I'll tell you this: we did a countdown on Skeleton Crew last year, and we picked our five favorite franchises of all time. And fucking my number two was Saw. Damn, that's how much I love that franchise. And I don't even like Saw two and Saw seven. I liked and- the Saw franchise for what it did. Like I'm, I loved when it was happening and it was a big deal when everybody was talking about it. When the next Saw, you know, like it was cool. Like I'm down for stuff like that. I, I know I hate when people get mad at that because <clears throat> all it does is create new horror fans. Like you know how many twelve year old kids like their first exposure to horror was like Saw or Saw Two or something that are now going to be like huge horror fans. It happens all the time. I, I no, like no, you that. can't become a whore fan. You're too young. You <laughs> <laughs> just fucking hear that right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel, man. I mean, it is what it, I. I'm not, you know, upset about it. You know, another film. It is what it is. They never should have gone as far as they did. See, I don't know. I'm so into the fucking the story of it because that's like, you know, one of the the great things about that series that everything connects and they go so deep with all these characters and everything. It's just. Seven was such a disappointment to me, and it just—I mean, Jigsaw died at the end of fucking Saw Three. How many movies can you make fucking with him in flashback? I know just, that's what was that—that that was kind of bugging me. Even in Five, I was like, okay, he's been dead. <laughs> it worked. Oh, no. they, it was written well that they tied everything in. I, I didn't complain about that at all. Like Part Seven was a fucking complete disappointment, but I just—I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't it sound shitty? Come on, they're gonna bring an eight now. It just. It just reeks of fucking. It just smells fishy to me. I just I don't want yeah. it. But you never just, know. I, I mean, sometimes I you can't can save really... a franchise by taking a little break from it and then coming back. You know, I can't really fully judge that. You know, okay, they're going to come out with a part eight. What? What was last? When was part seven? When did it come out? Six, out? I think. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. So it's been almost like pretty much. No, 10 it's years. been longer than that, huh? Okay. Wait. So when, I mean, when... no, because the first one was fucking 2010 was the last one. Uh, ten. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was okay. So yeah, it's been say six, seven years since the last one, kind of thing. That's not really that big of a deal. It's like, you know, for myself, the way I look at that is, you know, if I if I compare it to something like Phantasm, which is one of my favorite fan- franchises, you know, I wasn't upset at all. You know, that they're making a no. fifth one. I just wanted mm-hmm. to see it, and it's a long time since the last film. 
it, it's sort you know? of a different world though because that's dealing with supernatural much like friday the 13th where they are endless they're they're immortal you know what i mean saw is mm-hmm. about real people in real in the real world you know so it's like kind of yeah. different to con- keep continuing a story like that than than to bring frankenstein back 10 times you know what i mean yeah, mm-hmm. and Phantasm deserves an end. I guess if you look at it like that, I, I don't know. I mean, either or for my, for myself. I mean, I don't really think. I mean, I guess if you're using the same characters, you know. Um, I mean, if you want to look at the film and like, yeah, they're just a lot fucking older. I, I guess it depends on how you do the the timeline and the storyline too. So I don't know. And you're right, Dave. Phantasm does deserve an end. <laughs> yeah, everyone's wanted that end for the longest time. I remember it was rumored for like ten, twelve years or a long time that people even used. I used to see that title. In fucking Fangoria, in the Terror Teletype, when we when you opened it up and saw the news yeah. that the movie is going to be called Phantasm's End, and everybody was psyched about it and pining for it for years. It's but, because that and film I is ended. But. Yeah, I mean, Phantasm deserves an end more than anything because that whole franchise is like one big fucking movie. Yeah, and you know, you know, Phantasm just, yeah. you need to end it. You need to end it. It's so connected that like it's just it's a perfect opportunity. So totally, I Phantasm Four was created Thanks. specifically to raise money to create phantasm five which was going to feature reggie and bruce campbell like in a post-apocalyptic world and phantasm Mm -hmm. four did so poorly that it it just it never happened after that yeah yeah that's a shame man that's a that's totally a shame and I was like, dude, for years, weren't you guys saying, make the fucking last film, Angus Grimm isn't going to live forever. That's why I was saying that 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's how old he is. Dude, you know? <laughs> so many times. And I'm so happy that they said that on our got... Phantasm show. Yeah. See? Well, there you go. Yeah. And they gl- fi- it's crazy they finally got something made before he died. I hope I it's at least decent when it gets here. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I just – I don't I, think I could – like I would legitimately feel bad for the people involved if it wasn't good. Like I, it, oh, it's so personal too. to me, and just <laughs> like I don't, I like it's not even a selfish reason why I want it to do good. Like so I can see a good movie. Like I just legitimately like I don't want it to be like a bad. Like oh well, I guess we shouldn't have did that or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. But I don't. Th- I don't honestly think it's going to be that bad. I mean, I read an interview with Coscarelli a uh, couple months back in room org and uh it sounds like you know he like he, he was there you know during the filming and he you know he was still a part of it so i'm assuming that there was a lot of talking a lot of bonding and a lot of ideas thrown around and stuff so i i, I have a feeling this film is going to be not on that coscarelli level considering the first four films just feel like one fantasy nightmare i don't know it just has that feel to him mm-hmm. uh i don't think the film will feel exactly like that but I don't think it's going to be bad. Yeah. You can mark my words. I think, I, I mean, it's not just me really hoping that it's not, you know bad. what happens when you I think it's honestly not going to be that bad. The way he was talking about the film and, but it's pretty interesting because if it turns out to be better than expected, the story behind it's pretty interesting because there was a lot of shit. There was a lot of problems within production that obviously, you know, money wise, like cost really's had problems with every film he's ever been involved with. Right. This one was no different. You know, it's worst, amazing how somebody, yeah, it was just terrible. And they had so yeah. many problems in the production, everything. It's, it's really interesting. So, um, but I think, you know, just the fact that it got done and, uh, it's there, I, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I think I it's honestly going to be good, man. I hope you're right, man. Yeah, me too. So, um, the last little bit of news here we have is not like, uh, super news or anything, but I, I don't know. I don't even know if it's technically news, but I figured I would mention it. So, 
Uh, Scream Factory and Arrow Video are going to be announcing a bunch of titles tomorrow. So by the time you guys hear this episode, it'll have already happened. Um, which we obviously can't cover it because it's going to happen tomorrow, which we're recording tonight. But the episode won't post till Monday. So uh, we're going to miss all that news. But one thing that I did notice... Uh, I, I recently got my copy of Crimes of Passion in the mail, uh, the film starring Anthony Perkins about a prostitute uh, mm-hmm. from Arrow Video. And on the inside of the case, guys, there is a little title card for uh, George A. Romero's The Crazies. Yeah. that's Well, that does make sense, you know. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, rumor has it they're going to be announcing something to do with Hershey Gordon-Lewis and stuff. But, I mean, if you look in... Uh, some of the older releases, man, they've had uh, Blood Feast announced for like a long or not announced, not like really announced, but it's been in those art cards for like a long, long time, but they've never officially announced it. So maybe tomorrow will be some Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah, it's weird, though, because this is a full size card. And I was like, why would this be in here? You know? Yeah, I don't think I ever seen any of the full size ones, but it was just kind of in the, you know, in the collage of releases. It's like, oh, there's Blood Feast. Interesting. Yeah, that, uh, but, that same collage of releases is on the reverse side of that card, by the way. Yeah. So uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if the crazies get announced. Um, it seems like they did tease that this is going to be their biggest announcements yet for tomorrow. So. Hmm. Oh, that, that gore thing? The gore? What's it called? The gore score or some shit? The arrow thing? Is that what you're thinking? It's H.G. Lewis? Moods? Uh... I don't know, man. I, all I know is like blood fees, but the rumor has it that they might be releasing a box set too. I don't know how these rumors get started. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no idea. I just no know idea. something's, something's called the gore pack. I forgot what the fuck the title was exactly, but it's, it has a title and it, it actually even has a, um, a website on its own of what to go to. I saw it advertised today. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. What the hell was that called? I'm not something actually 100%. I don't know. Something with gore in the title. That's all I remember. Um, well, I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of it says... Um, Box of Gore. That's what it's called. Really? Boxofgore.com. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be interesting. But, you know, of course, the other rumor is Phantasm. Phantasm box set. I, uh, what, what do you think the odds are that either Scream Factory or Arrow announces that? Um, God, you know, all of me wants to say... I just go for it, hundred <laughs> percent. It's coming tomorrow. It's going to get announced. Uh, in reality, um, you know what, man? I think there's a fifty-fifty chance it does get announced tomorrow because Coscarelli said earlier in the year he's working on a deal with somebody didn't disclose, and he said it'll be coming out sometime in the fall time. So if they if it does, this is like the perfect time to announce it because then September October is right around the corner. Um, yeah, hopefully it's Arrow. That announces it. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. I think it would be Scream Factory based on the fact that I don't. I think they still own the rights to uh, Phantasm too. That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that that is true. I mean, as far as we know, they haven't lost the rights. So, yeah, I guess it makes more sense, right? If they already have one of the films, easier to acquire three than four, right? Or even five. So, yeah, yeah. So for Arrow, so I mean, I don't know, man. I'm really, really curious to see this head-to-head battle of uh, announcements. This is going to be pretty interesting. Um, I think if Scream Factory doesn't have some crazy Phantasm box set up their sleeve, like I think Arrow might get the win here based on the fact that I think they have – I think they're going to announce some image titles. 
which we've seen with the Hills Have Eyes announcement recently. And um, Image owns Hellraiser like 1 and 2. Those are slugs and dead end driving and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're snagging and up, up, snagging in up, <laughs> snagging up uh, those, uh, those technically Anchor Bay titles and old Image titles and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Crazies also is an old Blue Underground title, so yep. that's kind of interesting as well. If they tapped into well, the Blue Underground's library somehow, I, I know that's what I was wondering too. Because well, we do know that the Crazies just went out of print. Yeah, yeah, um, that's why it makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, and that like recent news, man. That was only like a couple weeks ago, so they must have been working on this. If they're announcing it, holy shit, <laughs> it's yeah. quick work. But uh, yeah, that's the news, guys. Cool. Right cool on. stuff. Yeah. All right. So getting into uh, Mood Swings and the DVD and Blu-ray releases for, uh, what is this, July 26, 2016. Yeah. Um, actually, this month has been pretty busy, man. You know, we haven't been back weekly, so we've been missing a lot of releases, especially the 12th. That was pretty good. Well, the 12th was okay. Um, but yeah, for... The 26th, what do we got coming out here on Tuesday? We have a three-disc set being released by Blue Underground, of course, um, of Baba Yaga, Night Train Murders, and Strip Nude for Your Killer. So if you're into these uh, these three-packs and stuff, um, basically just the re-releases of their Blu-rays and stuff, check it out, man. I think it's worth the price. Uh, I like... I wouldn't recommend Baba Yaga all that much to a lot of people. It's probably not everyone's cup of tea, but the other two are really good. But, you know, if you like these sets, grab them. Uh, Scream Factory releasing The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. Now, this is one I'm really interested in because it is a film that's never had any type of release, I believe. Um, is that what it is? Is that what it is, JP? This one never had even a VHS. I think it was like a lost film. I actually don't know at all. I think that, I think this is the one. It never actually had any type of release. So that's very cool that this is coming out of the woodworks. And I'm sure Screen Factory will bitch in that it doesn't sell at all. And <laughs> uh, Yeah, anyways. Um, next up here from, uh, you know, I'll announce these ones considering that we did review Dolomite on the show. Yeah, Why the one not? time ever that Vinegar Syndrome decides that they're going to give us screeners, and like I've not been able to get another one. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I wanted like all these Dolomite films, but um, yeah. Anyways, we got the Candy Tangerine Man and uh, Lady Coca. So double feature here coming out from Vinegar Syndrome. Black exploitation can never really go wrong with that. I love Next black exploitation. Yeah, me too, man. I'm such a big fan. Um, from Shout Factory. I don't think this is Shout Factory Selects. I think this is just general Shout Factory. <laughs> Re-releasing uh, Death Wish 2. So Death Wish 2 was released by who owned the rights before? Warner? Or was it not Warner? Um, I didn't know those films were on Blu-ray before that. I have them all on Blu-ray. Uh, I think it's for oh. I can't remember. But anyways, Shout Factory re-releasing Death Wish 2. Not sure if it's the uncut version. Probably not. Um, but yeah, Death Wish 2. Good sequel. I think part three is probably the best one. It's just the funnest shit, man. Uh, next up here from Kino is a film that I've always wanted to see, man, because I'm a big fan of Anthony Perkins. I love him. Uh, Five Miles to Midnight from 1962 with Sophia Loren. Pretty crazy stuff. Kino's always digging out with these classic films. Pretty cool wow. shit. Anthony Perkins is getting Blu-ray Blue releases all over the place. I know. This and Crimes of Passion Blue looks sick, dude. It has a really cool slipcover that's all like shiny and shit. And I didn't even know he was in this film. Have you ever seen Crimes of Passion Moods? No, I haven't actually. Oh, it sounds nuts, dude. It sounds crazy. It's from that guy who did um, Altered States. Yep. Yeah. 
That's good shit, man. Like Perkins is getting the love lately, man. Yeah, they yeah, got dude. that double pack for fucking Scream Factory with um, what do you call it? Edge um, of Sanity. Edge of Sanity, and what was the other one? The Contender, or what the fuck? The Destroyer. The Destroyer. <laughs> the Destroyer, the Contender, I say. And uh, Cycle Force coming out soon. Yeah. So yeah, man, pretty much. Yeah, everything's fucking coming out, man. It's pretty awesome. But Five Miles to Midnight sounds just awesome. Uh, and then finally, Scream Factory is releasing the DVD Blu-ray combo pack of Hellhole. This was a title that was announced, I believe, a, over a year ago, and they couldn't or they couldn't they release it. it. Yeah, they canceled it due to the fact they couldn't get uh, some decent elements to it or something like that. Um, apparently, they found some better ones, and they're putting it out. Hellhole. Yeah. Um, cool. Oddly enough, man, I, I couldn't even I couldn't pre-order this one through Amazon.ca. It keeps saying currently unavailable. <laughs> like the <laughs> strangest thing. So I don't know, man. I'll get my hands on it someday. I do want that one. Uh, next up here from I know it says Independence. It's released by The Invitation, <laughs> uh, a film called The Invitation. Huh. Yeah, crickets, <laughs> crickets. Uh, from Vinegar Syndrome, man, we got another Dolomite film here, and uh, it's called Petey Wheatstraw. <laughs> yes, yeah. the devil's son-in-law. Vinegar Syndrome, man, oh, he's such a good job with all the releases. Um, this one right here, I believe, is Wellgo USA. Wellgo USA is releasing a film called River. Never heard of this one. The cover actually looks intriguing enough, honestly. It reminds me of a film that came out a few, like, about six, seven months ago. It's got the same type of cover. It's got, like, the picture written in the writing. I think it was, like, a slasher film or something like that. It, that's what I thought it was at first on Blu-ray, but I don't know. Don't really know much about River being released on Blu-ray. Uh, then we got a double pack here of Stephen King. Stephen King stories here being released by Lionsgate. Always doing this, aren't they? Their double pack. It, it's such stuff. a weird double pack, though. Like it may, it, literally, it's only the like I guess because they're kind of like both about driving ish and, <laughs> um, fucking uh, Stephen King. It's the only thing they have in common. Yeah. So we got Big Driver, and which was what the uh, the rape revenge film that yep. was on the Women's Lifetime. Network. Lifetime. Lifetime. Network. Lifetime. Yeah, it actually, was not that bad. <laughs> yeah. It was a fucking excellent story, though. I know we talked about this before because you read it too, right? Yeah, pretty good yeah. Stephen King story. Good story. And then, of course, Riding the Bullet paired up with Riding the Bullet. Which is not very good. No, Riding the Bullet's not the greatest. Um, I think this is another Lionsgate one here. No, from Baywood, Bayview Entertainment. We got a double feature of Monstrosity and Teenage Zombies DVD double feature. Are those double uh, public domain? I think Teenage Zombies might be. I don't know anything about Monstrosity. I'm pretty not, sure they're both public domain. Probably, yeah. I don't even have to look to tell you who's releasing this one. This has got to be a Wild Eye releasing. And sure as shit it is. A film called <laughs> Consumption. Because the cover art is... Well, actually, the cover art is pretty shitty on this one, to be honest. But it just looks so bad. <laughs> it looks like a Disney movie with blood. <laughs> Evil is Eternal. Thank you. For that tagline, that was that was awesome. Is this so next one Wild Eye as well? Uh, no, this is definitely not a Wild Eye cover. Who released this one? Uh, Bayview. Well, back to Bayview Entertainment, and it's called Deadly Pickup. The only thing notable about this is there's <laughs> a big ass right on the cover, like a chick in some like booty sh- jeans and just just total Daisy Dukes. Total Daisy Dukes. Man, her cheeks are hanging right out. The tagline: Death thumbs a ride. <laughs> What the? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so bad. <laughs> and this next one is bona fide worst cover of the week, probably. Oh, dude! I okay. This is released by Tomcat, releasing of course by Tomcat. Uh, Exorcist, House of Evil, 
And it's literally this house, like, fucking being lifted off the ground, of, of course, from evil's uh, forces of evil. Um, yeah, it's horrible. It's a terrible, terrible cover. It looks terrible. Oh, Shot God. in the real house with real paranormal activity. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the fuck says on the it doesn't say that. It says shot in the real house with real paranormal activity. Holy fuck. The, like, what does that even mean? What house? <laughs> the real exactly. house. Shot in the real house? Like this is the only house around? <laughs> the house. It's like the real one. You know, you know all those fake houses everybody has? Like this was the real one. <laughs> all right. Next up here from Kino, which is just a general Kino Lorber re- um, release, and it's called Haters. <laughs> Spelt H8 R Z Z. Oh jeez. Haters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like right a on. fucking uh, license plate for some asshole. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> some <laughs> totally bag. right. That is a douchebag <laughs> license plate. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got some. I, I like to announce, announce these ones right here. Um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 Volume. This would be 36. <laughs> Fuck. There's yeah. so many of these. And this one's coming with Stranded in Space, City Limits, The Incredible Melting Man, and Riding with Death. Yes. All those damn things. Awesome. Awesome. So, I mean, if you're into Mystery Science Theater, I know there's a lot of people that are. Pretty fucking cool shit, but. Imagine owning the full collection. No doubt, man. No doubt. From Maverick Entertainment, we have a film called Night Seekers. It looks really, really bad. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. They like it when you run. They like it when you run. Looks stupid. Terrible. We can all write better fucking taglines than that. I do it for half the price. Come on. <laughs> and last up for the releases this week, we have one from Artsploitation, um, and it's called Perfect Husband. Now, this is a film I was really excited to check out just because it looked cool, man. It looks pretty damn cool. I got my copy. I haven't got mine yet, actually. So, But, yeah, of course. But, um, I don't know, our, our boy Jeremy rev- or watched it today. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it didn't sound too promising no to he him. was messaging me saying that he's gonna tear its asshole apart because it he, sucked he messaged me and he's <laughs> like he's like well i guess i'm gonna be getting kicked off another review list <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i know what that's like man no they won't they won't i I, I can't I, for some reason like i don't know like I, i'm i'm just a little skeptical that it's actually that bad well he said you know how jeremy is if I don't know, man. He said the first hour is like super boring. And you know, that that's the one word I don't like to hear. You know, when people say something's boring, you're like, fuck man, like anything else, yeah. but boring. Cause fever you know? was really boring. Fever was one of those films where it's like, holy fuck, like something going to happen. And my wow. question is why the hell is it numbered number 41 on the spine? Because there's like a bunch of other films that, and have, have you noticed, like, even the ones that they have on the Artsploitation site, they're not even in sequence. Like, one's, like, tw- or 31 and one's, like, 29 and stuff. And I'm like, where's, like, 27 and 28 and yeah, stuff? It's weird. They're not even numbered. Yeah. So they must have had, like, this whole list of films already done and whatever. And then that's just the way they're coming out, I guess. I don't know how these companies work, but 41 is the is the spy number? Yeah. yeah Jesus, the last dude. one I'm I got was, like, 30. 26. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think, yeah, 26. Crazy. All right, so for the release of the week, um, I honestly, man, this this is at first I thought it was going to be easy, and I'm like, well, now I kind of kind of toss it because you can go a couple different ways here. You can go bang for buck with the Blue Underground re-releases, you know, get three discs, 
which, you know, if you're not familiar with these Blue Underground releases, it actually has their own, all the films are on their own discs. So they're not too bad. Uh, then you can go with something super obscure or you can go with something that's probably really good. But I'm going to go with The Boy Who Cried Werewolf from Screen Factory. I don't know, because- man. This week is not very good. <laughs> I'll tell you what's good this week, and you guys, I, I don't think, have seen it because the way you reacted. The Invitation. <laughs> the Invitation? Yeah. You've seen you that? You haven't seen it? It's no. fucking, it's great. We reviewed it on Exploding Heads. Uh, really? Two shows ago. Yeah, dude, I gave it an eight, maybe maybe eight and a half. I'm not sure. I think that's guys the episode gave it I'm on now. <laughs> what's that? I think that might be the episode I'm on now. Yeah, I'm definitely Oh, it's there. a draft house, too. They, they usually do good things. And it's been on Netflix for like two weeks. I remember somebody saying that. So people are seeing oh, it. So that's why I said the invitation. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't say. Oh, it does say draft house. Yeah. Number. Cool. It well, maybe maybe it actually movie. is pretty decent then. Okay, okay. Dave, 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 Dave some just took over on the pick of the week, the, the release <laughs> of the week. I like it. But that's kind of biased, though, because he's already seen it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's the pick of the week. Yeah. I know for a fact it's good. Okay, we'll go with the invitation this week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's Moose's pick. I just said. Well, if you go guys... like that, then then you know we got to go with the Blue Underground Triple Pack, then. But do it. Do um, it. <laughs> I, just, well, I just Triple I... Pack's a little pricey though. It's forty bucks. Yeah, but that's the pre-order price. You know that shit's gonna go down to probably twenty-seven. But True, still, but Blu-rays. The concept man. of this thing was always: if you're gonna buy one thing this week, no matter what, then. <laughs> See, the thing is, the thing is, I would probably, I mean, with a film called The Invitation, with a cover like that, even though it's done by Drafthouse, I mean, you kind of got to look at it from other point of views here. Like, I mean, what would make you buy that film? Dave's recommendation? My recommendation is, (laughs) and I'll tell you what, that movie could have been on tonight's show. It fits in with tonight's theme. Ah! 100%. Intriguing. It almost has to be the pick, the, the week of the pick now. The pick of the... The week of the pick? <laughs> maybe maybe it is the week of the pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Either way, there's the either either go with the boy who cried werewolf or the invitation, I guess. <laughs> no, no, it's moods. It's moods has always made the right. You know, game. fuck this, fuck this, man. I'm going with five miles to midnight. <laughs> Sophia Loren, Anthony <laughs> Perkins. Grab the Kino Classics, man. You won't be disappointed. Probably a stellar transfer is well, probably. You know awesome. what? I'm going with Exorcist House of Evil. <laughs> I'm going with Fright Night. <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> Moot hasn't busted my balls yet about it, so I'm going to fucking do it for, for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fright, I didn't see it for 30 years. <laughs> it, still fucking, it still blows my mind, dude. It really blows believe, my mind. I can't believe you hadn't mentioned it yet. So. <laughs> yeah, actually, fuck, dude. I, I didn't. Huh? <laughs> that I'm is strange. For, see, I'm picking up the slack. <laughs> I'm when you pick of the week. I'm fucking telling you guys what to do on your own show. Fucking segments. Hey man, we got a boatload this week, man. We you can go over to any of those releases. I mean, honestly, if you say it's good, it probably it probably has potential to be good. So <laughs> well, now that they mentioned it though, and I was reading reading a little bit more about it, I've heard that on a few podcasts actually. It just was such a How generic you title. You guys, they, you guys watch I, it on VOD I, or you guys? It was on VOD it? first. It was on VOD like fucking. Two months ago, and oh, then yeah. it just came to Netflix a few weeks ago, and uh, and now blue. Yeah, yeah. I totally wouldn't have been ripping on it if I hadn't noticed it was released by Draft House. Yeah, because the Draft fucking House Amazon says quality. 
Yeah, man. And, but Amazon says studio, the invitation. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, I didn't notice I'm it I'm like, either. oh, this must be an indie film because they just wrote the t- – I've seen that actually happen before with these indie films. Yeah, it's just... the cover looks generic. So, I mean it had all the, the – well, I yeah, guess the what title's telling us is the marketing for that film was bad because like we completely dismissed it. <laughs> oh, big time. Big time. But uh, yeah, man. All Five right. miles to midnight. Anthony Perkins. <laughs> Two minutes to midnight. Iron Maiden. Yeah, right. Um, all right, man. Moving along in uh, mood swings here. Let's get into the voicemails. I know we have voicemails. Do we have any questions? Um, I'm like, not sure about questions. Uh, Lawrence did write in his uh, list of short films he wants us to t- review eventually. Oh, yeah. You, got, you actually have to that send episode. that out for me. Which, by the way, I realized that I seen that Dave, you guys were planning on doing a short films episode too, huh? Yeah, because somebody uh, asked us to qu- did the same thing. They asked us a question like three episodes ago and said, "Do you guys watch any horror shorts? And what do you think of them?" And we got into this whole conversation and we spawned that idea on the show that we were going to fucking do. fans are stealing our questions, man. Yeah, I know. You that know is else? so weird. Who would ever come up with that? Dude, you guys do a short, you know, short film show. It's like listen, what? They, they suggested them that Dave do a killer genitals week as well. Yes. Exactly, before you guys did. Isn't what? that crazy? Yes. This is fucking, this is getting weird. It is fucking sure weird. is. They're putting us in, in your review on iTunes? What the Dude, fuck? Dude, I totally <laughs> thought that killer genitals thing was like, <laughs> was, no one was ever going to do that shit. <laughs> I know, right? That's weird. Yeah. They even mentioned the movies we should cover in the email. <laughs> that's so funny. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's going to be our mashup show. It's going to yeah. be killer genitals. <laughs> killer genitals fucking quadrilogy. Penis versus vagina. Oh my god! I can just imagine the amount of jokes in that show. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. man! Killer pussy and killer dinks. Oh my god, that's so good. Um, <laughs> we could do that porno. Fuck! Oh no, we can't. Forget it. There's a, there's, a, there's a porno called Angel Above the Devil Below, and it's about a possessed pussy. Nice. That sounds awesome. I know, but it's a porno. But yeah, and the pussy talks and shit. It's funny. <laughs> I saw a trailer when I was young. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, we, we do have, um, quite a few voicemails. Um, maybe we have a lot of voicemails, (laughs) so, uh, we'll play a couple of them are actually repeats though. Yeah. I deleted the repeats, but, um, we still have a significant amount. So, uh, we'll just start playing some of them and we'll see how many we get through if we get through them all or not. So, um, okay. Yeah. Ready? I know a couple of them don't really, they're more just thoughts and things like that so mm-hmm. hopefully I have questions but alright so uh, do first do one's it. up Gio David Stegman is a fucking douchebag <laughs> not for life okay so one down <laughs> that okay. is, that, that's, a, that's a fucking true story man that guy is he's a loser that dude's a big douchebag oh that's we oh, that's the fucking that's the fucking asshole from shit. King Factory that's yeah. the fucking piece of shit that got me banned on Facebook. Me too. And that's why I'm no longer moods on Facebook. Yeah, me. That's so why if I'm you're no listening to this, fucking douchebag. Shots. I'm just JP shot. Yeah, if you're listening to this, you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and I actually invited him on the show too, and he never responded. I'm yeah. like, come on, seriously. I'm like, come on the show. I'm like, I am being dead serious. I want to interview. I said I won't be an asshole. I won't call you names. I said we'll talk about this. Like, man. Then he fucking oh. reported me. So I guess apparently, you know, that's being an asshole enough to. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, you so you, he always reported me. He couldn't get away with, you know, being vulgar and stuff because I wasn't. But he obviously reported me for having a 
Thank not you. a real name. Yep. Oh, yeah. ass. I'll tell you what. If you want to ambush him, I'll invite him on my show. He doesn't know me from fucking Adam. And then this, he yeah, goes on, this, you can jump on. But this guy's not doing <laughs> any type of talk radio type shit, man. I mean, the guy, he hides behind a computer. He, he doesn't have a picture of himself anywhere. He's, he's one of those fucking guys. Yeah, but I'll say, I'll say we're doing a special about Screen Factory versus Arrow. And I noticed that you're really into Screen Factory. Would you come on to represent them? I'll set it up, man. I'm good like that. <laughs> that, would be, that would be very awkward for him. <laughs> Fuck him. Then we hang up on him. It'll be fun. It's fucking yeah. revenge. Yeah. <laughs> That's good uh, shit. Yeah, so, I got an evil mind sometimes. Yeah. Yes, you do. All right. Um, next up, like we it. have one from Lawrence. Uh, regular caller, Lawrence. Hey, guys. It's Lawrence again. Um, pretty much putting the finishing touches on that list you requested for short films. Well, I gotta tell you, these things are something else. A lot of the short films I've seen are less than five minutes long, but they pack in so much in so little. I mean, I get more scared from these than I do the whole length films I've been watching lately. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. But we'd be spending so much money going to theaters to watch these long productions. I can watch a handful of, a handful of short films and probably get more scared. I would do the full length film. Now granted, I'm still gonna watch the full length one, but what are your thoughts on that? Is there an actual time at which a film, you know, cannot be scary where there's just like I suppose it depends on the story but I'm just wondering if there's a certain amount of time where you're just so invested in the film but you're just not going to get anything back out of it because with me it's a few minutes and I'm getting scared out of my seat but to the longer horror films I'm still comfortable in that chair so is there any kind of link All right, so he's asking us if there's Thank any, you, Lawrence. Any kind of length in which a horror film just won't be scary because you've uh, been watching it too long or something. I believe that's what he's asking. I, I can't really yeah. get it. Yeah, that, that's you know it, that's an interesting question because I think it just really depends on the film. I know that's kind of a cop out answer, but it, it is true because most horror films, like JP always says, you know, the first ninety minutes are free, and everything, anything after that you've got to really work for it. Um, it's kind of true. You know, I, I think there is a lot of films out there that are way too long. Um, but one of my favorite films of all time is actually over two hours. I mean, well, well, my favorite film of all time is actually over two hours, too. But another one in particular is The Shining. Um, so there is films that can work over two hours. I think the exception is that, like, films that are running two hours uh, generally are probably dragging a little bit. So I, I generally find that they don't work as often as if they're over, you know, 100 minutes is kind of my mark. If anything's over 100 minutes, it's like, okay, man, you're really, really fucking stretching it out right now. And I find a lot of them just kind of lose their ability to do what exactly they're trying to do. Um, but there is exceptions to the rule, like every rule, right? Um, of course, with Dawn of the Dead and The Shining and things like that. I can't really think of too many other horror films that are actually over 
you know, two hours, like 130 minutes. I don't know if you guys can think any off the top of your head, but, um, you know, to kind of digress a little bit off that, you know, I find that I've also found with shorts, they can be very hit and miss too, especially with, you know, the recent, uh, anthology films, ABC's a death. I mean, you got 26 shorts in each of those. And I mean, look at the first one. I think I liked what 12 out of the 26 shorts in the first one. And you know, those things are roughly five minutes long, right? That's what the, that the, what they were. Uh, I think the majority of them didn't work. And I think about half of them worked in the second one kind of thing. So I think it just depends on the quality and, and what, what is being presented to you. What, what are your guys' thoughts? Um, I don't think length really the, the effects scares at all. Um, I don't really like short films. Like I've never, I guess it's unfair to say I don't like them because I never really give them a chance. For some reason, they just seem lesser. So I've never really spent time to check them out. Yeah, but there, but you know, there is some that you've really enjoyed, like Treevenge. I know you really enjoy Treevenge, <laughs> which is more of a longer short. I guess what is it, twenty five minutes long or something? Twenty minutes? I think it's like twelve. Is it 12? <laughs> shit. <laughs> it, they pack a lot of shit in there, man. Cause Maybe it's, it's 20. I don't know. It might it's be something 20. like that, rather. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. What are your thoughts, Dave? Well, you know, I don't think, like JP said, I don't think that this, it, it has to do with scares it, it, as far as length is concerned. That doesn't affect it. But typically, I've always think that 90 minutes to, you know, 100 minutes is about average. And I, and I, I love that you say that, JP about fucking after 90 minutes because in a lot of cases that is so true and yeah you know, it's and, like you're essentially need to be paying me after 90 minutes like i'll donate <laughs> my first 90 minutes but there better be damn good reasons i'm still sitting here after 90 i, I respect that i totally do and in a lot of cases not in a lot of cases but in enough cases it works. like the shiny and the exorcist are my two favorite fucking horror movies they're both over two hours so what am i gonna say i love those two movies it doesn't matter that they're two hours but yeah, there's not I'm, really a whole lot of films over two hours. There really no, isn't. No, but I'll tell you, lately I've noticed there's a lot of movies that are 80 minutes, 85 minutes, and I watch the movies and I, I'm like, you know what? That's how long this movie should be. Any more would have made it fucking drag on. So mm-hmm. I don't hate them being 80 minutes anymore like I used to. I, I'd rather watch an 80-minute movie than a movie that's an hour and 50 minutes and, and doesn't earn that fucking extra time. It's For just sure. it's all about pacing, though, man. You know, you look at... Yep. Some of these newer independent films that are, you know, roughly 80 minutes and stuff. And I checked out some and they're just really, really good. And, um, but, you know, recently watching a couple of full moon films and, you know, some of those films are like 70 to 80 minutes long and they feel like they're fucking 110. Oh, the pacing sucks. is just atrocious in some of those films, yeah. man. Like it's just so time is interesting it's a very interesting thing i think you just have to know how to pace it and really kind of do the film properly but you know when i watched dawn of the dead you know i'll watch the extended cut and you know that one runs close to two and a half hours it's a long fucking movie but that movie never feels long for a second to me feels so long to me really really yeah dawn of death long as fuck Wow. Yeah, see, JP just – he just loves to fucking hate everything I like. So <laughs> I never he just, said just, that. He I, lives like, for it. Up. It doesn't matter. I, 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 I be like, like Dawn of the Dead a lot. I just I bet, you if I, stay, I bet you if I said to JP, I'm like, man, I totally just changed my favorite movie of all time to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's like, yeah, that's like not my number one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he would no. just be coming as devil's advocate. He's like, nah, man. Nah. I don't, I like don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I've never loved Dawn of the Dead like a lot of people do, but – 
Um, it is a really good movie. There's just certain things I've never liked, like when they start z- pieing zombies. Like, I, it just always seems stupid to me. Well, it's one part, and, you know, it's not really that big of a deal, man. I mean, it's a pretty- I mean you, you, you kind of have to look at the situation, though, too. I mean, at, at that point, they're yeah, really just sure. trying to have fun with what they're doing in there, man. I mean, they're trying yeah, to make which the best seems of what stupid to me. It's like, huh? Why? <laughs> you don't care for your life anymore? Well... Okay. I mean, if you want to get super technical about it, but... Anyway, we're not doing this dead right now. Let's move on to the next voicemail. We're going to be here all nine minutes on Lawrence's. So, uh, th- speaking of Lawrence, we got another one. <laughs> hey guys, it's Lawrence again. I have another comment for you, but this time I've given Moods a card for it. I actually posted it on the group page trying to see if I could get some other people chiming in with what they thought the story could be, but I haven't had anyone really talk about it. I've given the poster art for The Town with White Shadows, and the tagline, I, I have added a tagline to this one, is, Malgo's Coming to Visit. It's a simple poster, but I think you'd actually like it. But I'm wondering, with all these little things that I'm doing, not only tell me what you think the story should be, but let me know, what kind of a story would you really like there to be in, or, like, just for today, or for any upcoming time? I mean, what would you love to see coming out in the theaters or going to rent the DVD, something that would just, you would have to go after this. It's just too good to pass up. For me, it's Attack of the Killer Donuts. I saw the poster art. The movie is finished. I just have to get it. I just, I can't pass that up. But what would you guys want to see? Anyway, have a great time, guys, and it's great to see that you're back on the podcast. So, uh, I'm rambling on too much. Talk to you later. <laughs> so, um, Attack of the Killer Donuts, huh? I didn't even heard of that one. That, like, it's so odd how different people can be, because that's something that I would literally run from. Like, I'd just run away from that. Well, I mean, you just recently reviewed Attack of the killer tomatoes in return out of obligation <laughs> well you didn't have to do the first one no but i can't watch a sequel without seeing the first one i did that once this year and it fucked me up i'm having nightmares did you really What'd yeah you i do? watched amityville eight and i oh, didn't see amityville right. four five six or seven <laughs> yeah wow, that just too. that <laughs> seemed like thing. too much of an undertaking to to watch a, three just to watch one <laughs> that's a mental that's a mental ocd thing right there because really you don't have to see those ones yeah, to watch that just, one it's always will be with me though like i hate watching things out of order um so is he asking what like what is coming out with like what he like, kind of weird... cut out there a few times or his voice dropped low yeah i, I didn't really understand fully grasp what he was saying but i think he just wants to know like what's a concept that we would like run to the theater for i don't know what do you what would you guys run to dave Concept? Any concept? Yeah, sure. Like it's got to be new. Uh, not really. Just something that you like really would be super interested in, I guess. 
what besides a, a besides a kick-ass slasher movie <laughs> right that, like friday the 13th any kick-ass slasher movie that just came along and was getting fucking buzz and praise all around and fucking you go to the movie and it's just a kick-ass slasher when's the last time that's happened um scream <laughs> okay. in the theater man i couldn't tell right. you last time i saw like a good slasher film man crazy yeah, yeah, like, when, when is the it. last slasher film that's got rave reviews at a theater? You know? <laughs> Dude, it's, like, such a simple question, but I actually can't think of the answer, man. <laughs> like, they don't... Yeah, slasher films don't necessarily make it to theaters anymore. They I don't make it to the cinema. I think it literally is Scream. <laughs> rave reviews? <laughs> I don't know. I know what you did last summer. I think got good reviews, didn't did it? Did it? I don't think so. Probably not. I hope it kind of mixed. I, I didn't see it until last year, so fuck another one. I never wanted to. Yeah, I mean, My Bloody Valentine got really good reviews. The remake. Oh, that was okay. The Fred the theater, I really enjoyed it. And then every time I've seen it since, it's declined. But we the didn't great get thing here. about that was the fucking 3D. It was the best 3D. That and, and it, it was second to fucking Avatar as the two best things I've ever seen in 3D at the time. Yeah. You know? It was really good. Good, good 3D effects. But I actually like highly agree with that though. Any if anything got announced, you know, slasher wise, I would be, I'd be running there. Well, I mean, like this chainsaw count because there's been a few chain like three chainsaw films. I mean, if you consider, guess, if you consider the rave. chainsaw films to be, yeah, I guess I mean they're more or less then slasher. Are, films. But then I raved about it's a, a fucking True. thing that everybody loves. Well, I don't know. 2003 you know? one was kind of raved about. I guess. I don't know. But it was also I, I hated so. on a lot, too. Halloween 07? I don't know. These remakes are the only right. real ones, right? That's <laughs> well, true. That's I, I mean, excluding uh, remakes. Ex- exactly. Excluding true. remakes. Nothing original. Right. Nothing that isn't a sequel or a fucking remake. Right? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Cabin Fever and Cabin in the Woods are two movies that when I saw them advertised, I thought they were both going to be kick-ass slashers. I remember that. And neither and, of them were slashers at all. <laughs> and they both, right, they both let me down just for their reason. I, I, I'm okay with both movies, but my initial view was both, I was ex- expecting yeah. a fucking I want to watch Cabin in the Woods again, no, no, I watched it when it came out, and I don't, I, I remember it, obviously, but I don't remember if I, like, liked it or I not. I loved Cabin in the Woods. That thing was so fun. If you're a horror fan, I think you have to like it. Just, just noticing all the nods and just little jokes that only horror fans would get. Like, all the cliches and stuff. If you like, I mean, it's obviously not a serious horror film. But, like, for the satire that it is, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's the second coming like a lot of people have fucking deemed it. I do. Like, I wouldn't put it on, you know, the the best 15 or 25 movies uh, since, like, 2000 or something. No, I, I, I wouldn't else. either. But it's a fun it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is. No, It's not Scream or... You know stuff that people were saying it was, but yeah, it's fun. It's it's a fun. It's a it's a like a little. It's like horror fan candy, right? Right. Um. But yeah, I think horror that fan candy, uh, Lawrence. And uh, moving on here, we have I believe Rob from Georgia. Hey guys, Rob from Georgia. Hi, Rob. How? And the whole, oh, yeah. I know what you did last summer trilogy. Um, just love it. Uh, it worked out great. You know, this is one of the first times I've actually been able to listen. 
I'll play the second part now. I knew that was going to happen. Anyhow, um, you know, just to have the reveal right there, power outage. Um, so I was just laughing and thinking about that, maybe when you were uh, sharing that story. And then uh, just the review. I mean, the, it's uh, the review on the three movies. You know, I was most fascinated with the discussion that was coming for the third part. I have, I mean, really ignored and not wanted to see that third part. And I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the first two. They're okay, and I really appreciated your guys' discussion, um, especially in the first one. And then I knew it was kind of going to go downhill with the second one. But when you got to the third part, we were, I was really curious, just because I've been ignoring and pretending it didn't exist. I don't know if the synopsis, if the cover, through just kind of, I don't know, I just, I didn't care. But, you know, now having listened to you guys talk, I seriously, I really want to see this thing. And uh, for the first time, I have interest into seeing this film. So at some point, somehow, some way, I'm going to see this uh, movie and uh, very much looking forward to it. Um, but I really appreciate it. You know, this is, you know, this is probably one of the best overall listening experiences I've had in terms of the 22 shots of uh, Moods and 
fans in my ear right now okay <laughs> <laughs> and he said western new york too so is he from here originally i'm not sure i'm not sure well, in between kentucky and western new york and that's where i am that's buffalo so huh so um thanks rob for all the kind words who would have thunk it that i know what you did last summer would be one of our one of rob's favorite episodes of ours <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> yeah um so uh did he ask a question? He did not. Know. I okay. think he yeah. just gave a whole pile of props and kind of tickled our fannies a little bit. And Yeah, funny funny thing when he went and seen Hot Fuzz. I, I said first mistake was going to see Hot Fuzz. Of course things are oh, H-A-R-Z license plate. <laughs> but, man, you know, what, you know what's really funny about that, that Conjuring 2 story, Rob? Is... Well, I know Dylan posted the the story on yeah. on the twenty two shots, but it happened to him again. So I think he went to the drive in with his girlfriend, and the Conjuring two was playing along with something else, and they had technical difficulties with the Conjuring two, and he didn't get to see it again. <laughs> I would give up <laughs> at like, that. What point, the man. fuck is that, man? So <laughs> that's so ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'll echo what he said though. I fucking love that knowledge segment stuff and all that other shit too. And I listen to every show beginning to end. So listening beginning to end is a great treat. So it was his first time doing it. So I, I, I can see how, uh, you know, he's on a high because of it. And he loved the knowledge segment. That's something that nobody else does on their show. So fucking he's right. I'm, I'm, I'm with him. So thanks Dave. Um, one thing that I do when I listen to podcasts in a car is I get so mad when I get to work. Not only because I'm at work, but like because I have to pause the show for a little bit. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and it always happens to me when I listen to Exploding Heads. That's why it takes me so many days to get through an Exploding Heads episode. Because I, for some reason, like you guys are best. Like I, I feel like driving is my favorite time to listen to you guys. Because I can devote 100% of attention away from driving and listening to you guys. That's how um, I am for you guys. <laughs> uh, but like at work, you know, I, I say I listen to a lot of podcasts at work, which I do. Um, but it's not always ideal because people are talking to me and I, I'm answering questions or, or at, people are asking me questions or, or I have to talk to guests or something like that. So sometimes I have to tune out of the show f- that I'm listening to and I don't like doing that with you know my, my top dog shows. So I try to listen to those ones in the car, but it takes me like an entire week to listen to an episode because <clears throat> I'm not driving. It's tough to, I mean it's, it's tough to listen to a show like this straight through because it's so damn long. <laughs> it makes it makes perfect sense that you know i mean really who has you know four hours you know of just straight free time all the time probably not a lot of people so it makes no, i drive sense. i drive for a living that's the only reason i have it you know yeah see, that's awesome right yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. i that's wish that's what i did good. for a living too man <laughs> i love driving it has its pros <laughs> all right so um we will actually get to the rest of the voicemails 
uh, the next time we record. So don't think that we uh, are not getting to them, guys. You don't have to resend them in or anything. I have them saved on my phone. And uh, we'll get to the rest of them next time. All right. So moving along in mood swings. And uh, I'm pretty sure we got a knowledge segment this week. And um, <laughs> it's probably going to be revolving around the Scream Factory uh, situation that happened um, recently. Um, yeah. JP, you want to enlighten us on that one? Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this specifically on this episode since Dave was coming on when he said he was going to come on like out of nowhere. I was like, oh, oh, hmm. perfect. Because um, we have sort of uh, slightly different opinions on this matter. So let me just give you guys a little backstory. Scream Factory announced five Blu-rays, six titles altogether. The Velvet Vampire, Time Walker, Message from Space, Up from the Depths and Deathstalker 1 and 2. Now, these, I believe, most of them, if not all of them, were originally released on the Shout Factory Roger Corman Classics label. That a lot all of, of them but were, one. Okay, all of them but one. Uh, a lot of people loved that label. It was, you know, highly collectible when that label was released. Um, there's lots of people who grabbed the entire collection. Modes, I believe you have the entire collection, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I own a couple, like the Summer Party Massacre Trilogy, Piranha, stuff like that. And I was like, sweet, they they announced these titles. Um, a lot of people were just complaining about how they were not releasing a lot of cult or, you know, little less popular films. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, now, now these people can pipe up for a little bit. And then I read that this is a limited run of 1,000 units. Um, that will be pressed for each title, and the pre-order price for these titles is not twenty six ninety nine. They are twenty six ninety nine, um, and that includes, I believe, five dollars or s- actually six dollars on Shout Factory. I believe shipping. If you are in the U.S. and it's twelve ninety nine to Canada. Okay, so twelve ninety nine to Canada, not super good. Um, I'm just gonna give my little um, beef with this. Okay, so. As collectors, we know about the price gouging and the scalping that goes on with limited edition things. It seems as if people just line up anytime they hear limited edition simply because they know they can make money on it when it goes out of print. And that's why companies like Twilight Time are not loved. That's why companies like Code Red are not loved is because they they, – they, completely use this model of limited and my beef is that the the fans don't necessarily always have a chance to actually get these titles because of the fact that they're sold in this way now another thing limited titles are are a weird thing because all titles are limited every single release has a limit to how many they're going to press um, they order a certain amount to be pressed, whether it's 50,000 or 100,000 or 5,000. They, they have a press limit, and sometimes they repress, and sometimes they don't. That's when things go out of print, but they all have limits. The thing that I hate is when you announce the limit number, because then it becomes, it becomes the selling point of the product. You're no longer buying a product for what it is. You're buying it for the limit that it has attached to it. And you get all kind of different types of people coming to that product instead of the people that actually want it. 
uh, for actually the purpose that it exists in, in the, the, the film and, and the Blu-ray edition of it. Uh, so Scream Factory knows about this stuff. They know that there's a, there's a culture of these people who come out and buy these limited things. And they decided to go with this model because um, their cult stuff is not really selling. Um, but it is, but some of it isn't. That's a fact. Some of it really isn't selling. Um, but there are titles that they've said are, you know, bit, like the mm-hmm. Town That Jetted Sundown, which was a less known, never had a release mm-hmm. cult title uh, that is one of their number one sellers ever. There are other titles that have done that, but there are other titles where they've done really bad. One thing that Scream Factory has never said is that they've lost money on the title. I've never once heard them said that they actually physically lost uh, money on anything. They've never said that. They always say that title didn't, re- didn't really do too good for us or that title did a little uh, under what we expected. Um, but they've never actually said they've lost money. So I, I don't know if they have or not or what. And something specifically interesting about these titles is they actually did say in the announcement that they already had high definition masters for these titles. So the amount of money that they're actually putting into these titles is probably not that much. So it's probably a quick cash in of a lot of profit um, based on these titles. And my other issue is that when you start limiting these titles, where does it end? The, if, you, if you sell well, does that mean that uh, you limit more titles? And does that mean that you start limiting titles that are uh, more popular because you know that you can charge $60 a title uh, if you release something like Return of Living Dead Part 2 or That's 3? what it's coming to. That's um, what it's coming to. And then, and then the, your whole model eventually changes to that of Twilight Time, which they release stuff like Fright Night, 3,000 copies, and you have, what, 60, what are they, 34? 35 39 dollars a piece 35 um, i think pre-orders that, yeah that that hurts us as a whole in our collecting community and i think that denying people the ability to see a movie in its best available form is always a bad thing how is it how is it ever a good thing <clears throat> and the the very fact that limiting does nothing but positivity for the company there's no positive to the collector there's no positive to the horror fan the only positive is for the company in it the only it's not that they're that they're the the positive isn't that's where it gets twisted people think the positive is oh well they're saying that these these titles aren't selling so they're not going to take a risk on them and 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 press up uh you know fifty thousand copies and lose money on them that that's that's not the benefit of them like they can do that either way. They can press two thousand copies, one thousand copies, and it, and they can still do this without ever saying that they're limited copies. Like that's my issue here is the fact that um, you can always repress. The, the main argument is like that. Well, we have to do this because it's that we're losing money on these titles, or or these titles aren't going to sell well for us. Uh, Dave, do you want to comment and and maybe give me your point of view on this? Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I I have no problem admitting that I'm not as knowledgeable as you two guys are in the collecting world. That's obviously that I've not, excuse me, excuse me. Um, obviously, uh, I have been a collector in the past. I have uh, gone back and forth, but the times that we're in now and over the last couple of years, collecting has, has, uh, it's been taken to a whole different level with all the different, Especially with blue, 
you know, with Google and all these different companies and what's going on. And I'm not as privy to that as you guys are. And maybe I'm not as privy to, you know, the facts of, uh, you know, the, the scams. The scalpers. Like, like the, well, the scalpers, yes, but just the scams that people are, are portraying that the companies themselves are, are, are doing. And, you know, now here, okay, let me say this. Who's to say that the guys at Scream, and the only reason I know this about the guys at Scream is because I listen to the same show you have, JP, and Killer POV, those guys have been featured like two or three times. Yeah. And I've heard them talk about things. and I don't think they would ever admit, I don't think a company, it's just not like the right etiquette to say that you lost money on it, You're, you're so correct on that. It's, it's not, you don't no, want to put they, negative, they would never, negative never publicity or, or negative, you don't want to speak negative in any way of your company. Just right. never. It's always bad to say. No, anything. you're strictly not allowed to talk like that. Yeah, right. So you're so right. we agree just, on just that. Can't say that shit. So so they're not going to say it. they lost money. They're not going to say we lost money on, on you know this many independent movies or whatever the lesser known. So and they also said that every time these it seems like it's just two guys if I'm not mistaken they basically have the titles that they can acquire and they take it to shout the parent company, and say, hey, we want to do this, and then Shout will say, what's this? Sometimes they have to get approval from Shout, and those guys are just company heads. They're not yeah. in the horror genre. These guys are fucking horror horror geeks, horror fans, yeah. whatever. So they're in the know. So that's the process of it. So who's just to say that, you know, they've had cult titles that didn't sell, and they went to these guys and said, hey, you know, the heads at Shout, hey, listen, uh, there's been a, this company Arrow's fucking doing real good. They they have U.S. distribution now. They're doing a lot of cult titles, and we're getting some feedback that's kind of negative that we're not doing it so much. So what do you say? These five titles here, we can get them now. What do you say we do this? And then and the shout the says, top, okay, but put them out for a thousand copies each. Yes, but you have to limit them. We're not going to lose money again. We'll give you one more chance. This is the test run. Let's see how it goes. If everything sells, maybe the next time it'll be fifteen hundred. Bottom line is. I don't know what their scheme is, but well, the I don't scheme know is if- is that if when you the second you say that these are limited to a thousand, people are just going to rush out and grab and these they things know instantly. That. They know they, the angle. They know that. Of that. See, and like JP said, everything being limited to a point, you know, I mean, this is just a selling point for them. They know this shit is going to go instantly. It's a huge cash grab, and it's just essentially what it and, is. And your argument might be, well, let's say. Okay, well, they want to let everybody know that there's only a thousand, so they're not mad whenever all thousands sell out really fast. But my argument to that is, okay, well, your argument to begin with is that they're not going to sell. So if they sell out really fast, isn't that a good thing? You just press up more. Yeah, and this is this is where I step in. This is my biggest fucking beef with these companies, man. And I've said this before many, many times. Now. Um, you know, you got Twilight Times, you got Code Red, you got uh, Scorpion. These companies are notorious for limiting their Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. They tell you that they're fucking limited. They are not limited. They tell you, okay, here's a release, uh, say Nightmare. I'm just using an example. Limited to 1,200 copies. They are pre-pressing these things up fucking over and over and over again. You know how I know this? Because... You go on these boards and they're like, oh, yeah, this one's gone. It's out of print and shit like that. And all of a sudden on Diabolic, there's like fucking 120 copies of another uh, same fucking Blu-ray. You know why they're doing this shit, man? Simply because they're just telling you it's limited. People's heads go fucking crazy. Yeah, we're going to go and buy this shit, man. They will never go out 
other way to actually hand number these things. Real limited products are hand numbered. Right. Nothing is fucking limited, man. It's a big fucking scam. Well, it's illegal to do that. What do you mean? It's illegal to say to say that something's limited and then actually not be limited. But well, uh, uh, I, of course, but do you think? But do you think companies like Cold Red and Scorpion and stuff are they give a shit about no, that? They definitely don't. This, um, but this, Scream but they, Factory, I would expect them to honor that a little bit more. But the problem is, is there's no so. proof to begin with. Like there That's should be exactly. proof. Um, and it, honestly, you can hire a college kid to 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 write on a postcard that's pre printed out. Uh, you know, number one, two, three, four out of, and you know, the other number, whatever. And you can just send that with the fucking Blu-ray and yes. there you go. But it, I mean, so it's, it's not like it's impossible to do that. It, like you could pay somebody 50 bucks to sit down and, and fill out a thousand cards. Anything, anything that's labeled as limited edition to me is not limited. Because chances are these companies are going to be shady. And like you said, who knows? Shell being a major mongrel. M- mongrel. <laughs> um, they're a mongrel. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know they're, they're a big corporation, man. So you would think that they would do things by the book. But who fucking knows? There's really no paper trail. Let's repress this stuff up. Let's say we got a thousand. We'll probably sell a couple thousand, whatever. And it is what it is. But the thing I hate about it, it's just, it's just so shady, man. You're telling people that this is limited to a thousand. They don't give a shit about you. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is all business. I understand this. It's all about money. Everything is about money. Mm-hmm. But at I the don't same have time, an issue with you, that. You have a lot. You have a lot of people out there that really, you know, they put their trust in you. They support you. They go out of their ways and stuff. But if you're going to keep lying to them and stuff, I mean, eventually they're just going to have a fuck enough of it. But again, getting back to the limited, the saying shit's limited. It's all bullshit, man. It's not. The only real limited shit is the shit that's actually hand numbered. Then there's well, fucking. I mean, proof. but you can't really I hate these... say that because that is just pure speculation as well. You yeah, know what I mean, course, you have to put that. At of course, it's speculation. There. But I mean, for fuck's sakes, man, this is this is pretty pretty noted with with Bill and Code Red and stuff. And these are the guys that really started really putting this out there with Scorpion and uh, Code Red. And let's face it, man, where the hell are all these copies coming from? They're obviously repressing. They're obviously he's been doing this shit for years, even with the DVDs. What, what was Limited. frustrating too about that it's is there's obvious. no guarantee that Scream Factory doesn't sell those thousand copies and then put them in uh, four packs and release them wide. You know, yep. and, and so it's it really is. It's like where's your guarantee there? I just hate the idea that they're they're selling. They're they're not selling Blu-rays. They're selling limited editions. That's what they're yeah. doing. It has it does not matter what the film is. It does not matter uh, what's on the disc or anything. Literally, they're selling limited. The word limited. Yeah, that's yeah. what's that's what they're selling there. And I have an issue with that because of the fact that it does not help anything but the company. It only helps the company. There is no single thing that, that, that is there dollar, for yeah. the fan in that situation. Which I understand that companies are for themselves mostly. And they should be. I'm down with that. But you have to have a fair a, a fair split. The the company should be, you know, 60. I said this in my video and the and the fans should be 40 or they should be 80 and we should be 20, but it should not be 100% for the company and nothing for the fans. Because that's what this release is. It's 100% beneficial for the company. There is no there's no negative to the comp for the company, yet there is no positive for the fans other than the fact that 1,000 people get to have an attempt at getting these Blu-rays. Now, another thing, they are selling, uh, allowing three, three at a time. You can buy three at a time. So anybody can go on there. It's not limited to one. You can go on and put three in your cart. 
And yeah. all you have to do is swap your email and do another three if you wanted, technically. Um, but one thing that I thought was pretty interesting is Shout Factory has, or not Shout Factory, Scream Factory has just hit their hundred thousand likes, right? They, they hit 100,000 likes the same day they announced all these. Is it really a positive thing for only 1% of those people who like that Facebook page to have a shot at getting any of these films? And mm. and also, you know, I understand that, you know, everybody knows that, that, that you have more fans than you actually have likes. Like there's more people who buy from Shout Factory than have liked their Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing is that, that it's just – the the way that it's done with this limited thing is like i said everything's limited so the, the only the, there's no reason to say that something's limited other than to for get financial people, gain yeah to get people to go to it faster and harder exactly. um it's a selling point it really is and when your limit it's a is selling so point that works among thousand, it, it when your limit's so low at only a thousand it it becomes it becomes a shit show for actually legitimately trying to collect those films. And um, people... And this is what I was getting... That's what was I was leading into that, too. You know, for people like myself who was... You know, I'm a completist and I, I want to collect all these films and stuff. And then you put that on there and it's like, fuck, man. It's just... It makes everything so damn difficult. Like, I even posted the PayPal, um, the amount that it was going to come out to. It was going to cost me $53 <laughs> for one of those to Canada. One. One fucking blu-ray that's what the cost would have been total and and this is a guy who's literally bought every single screen factory and i know that's the 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 amount of people that actually do that are so low it's like one percent of definitely and i understand they don't give a shit about me and i don't expect them to give a shit about me just because i bought every title doesn't mean i'm entitled to you know have cheaper prices and shit like that that's not what i'm asking it's the whole principle of the fact you You know know what i think what's up I, i think that every fucking distribution company is eventually going to do this. So you're either going to have to say, I already fuck said this, everybody, <laughs> or, 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 or unfortunately, go with the flow, because that's big business, and that's what all big businesses do. As soon as they all figure this out, they're all going to fucking do it. Arrow's yeah. going to do it next, and then well, who, well, who else is it left? It should be noted that Arrow does do this in a different oh, way. Arrow Video can. limits their titles, Some but of them, yeah. they do it in a way that is fair, meaning they put up a special packaged edition with glowing dark cover art or something the premium and product. they put 3000 copies and then when those sell out they put out a regular edition and it's known from the beginning that that happens yeah. we know that another edition comes out that is standard afterwards and you that's know, the they're... way to do it because you're yeah, selling it does that too with their fucking shit the, although they, they don't limit that they did like the, you know you know they, they, they did, did it, it with once they did it once Oh yeah, they did it with Nightbreed. Screen Factory or uh, uh, Arrow does it all the time. Which I made a video back when. Well, yeah, the, in a way, right? Like, like there's bonus slipcovers and stuff, which right. I'm fine with cosmetic true. limitations. But why? I don't like limiting the film itself. Um, if you want to make two versions, a bare bones edition with no special features and a limited uh, edition with with special features and a cover art and and a different slipcover. Going back to that's what Synapse fine did with because that's a yeah. premium edition. You want to sell a premium edition and a regular edition. That's fine. But when you completely limit the film and these films, I understand they're not they're films that I wouldn't buy unless they were cheap or they, right. they that's another thing that fucking bugs me about this shit man this is straight out of their catalog man 
they yeah, still have the right for these. No, they still they have the it. rights to these films and they're limiting them. That's just fucking I mean, that's just showing how shady they're getting. They're just like, ah, fuck, we'll sell a thousand. How, of these how much do you think it costs to print up seven or one thousand copies of those? I guarantee you it doesn't cost how much anywhere even what, like it it can't cost much. It really I don't know. Can't. Maybe five bucks a title, if that Dude, four bucks if, a title. If collectors all know this shit and collectors are probably the only type of people that are gonna buy those fucking titles, then they should all just fucking boycott it, then it'll stop. And that's what we were trying to have happen a little bit when we But then we but get they, overpowered they and we get fucking banned for speaking our opinion. Well that shit sucks. That's all a bunch of bullshit and everybody knows that. That everything online yeah. is complete bullshit and those people are assholes and fuck them. But and you know, I even said, right. I literally, it's gonna keep happening unless people don't I buy them. I they're never going to boycott, though. Everyone's going to talk yeah, shit, and at no the end of the day, they're all going to be forking over their money. And he's right, for the most part. Every once in a while, you'll see it work where where the, they'll just be in too much hot water, and they'll pump the brakes and decide not to do it again or whatever because they don't like all the negativity. But for the most part, if they sell out really fast, it's going to keep happening. It, yep. it, listen, it's a business model that if it just keeps showing profit, is going to fucking spread. You, you, We'd all be fools to think anything other than that. So it, was eventually, how many, it was amazing how many people I saw post like, yeah, I'm going to pre-order all those on Friday. You know, I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, but it's also see? amazing how many people we saw who backed us and, and agreed with us. Like I got I think like, I made the video I made has like 40 thumbs up and every comment is like, you know, at least understanding if not 100 percent agree with me. Um, and all the, when you had, you know, a bunch of likes on your comment that you posted and all, Man, last, com- when I got banned, likes. there was like, there was something like 40 something on there. And then yeah. it, my, my post started that huge conversation, which eventually got us banned. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, there was a lot of people fighting for our cause, man. There really fucking was. Yeah. Of course, you get I, the I people just... thinking that, you know, of course we're going to get the hate. Like, oh, you guys are crybabies. You guys are all thinking you're too entitled and stuff. I'm, not at all. Not at all. It's you guys are missing about, the fucking. But you can see calling. how. I can understand where they're coming from because they're 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 seeing they're reading right through what we're saying. We're not about entitlement and shit like that. I it's nothing to do with that, man. It's the fucking principle of what they're doing, that, and it's the simple fact that Screen Factory knows that this. shit They know works. what they're doing. It, it, they know hundred percent what and the fuck they're even doing. There's even a clip. They saw Code Red. They've seen score. They've seen these guys sell so quick. Let's try this shit. Are you well, fucking well, they, What them? they want to do is tap into that market. They already are exactly. dominating in that niche market, market, and they want market, to tap man. into that market. That niche market, man. They're they're fucking like, wow, that shit really does sell. I Crazy. Think because... When you say limited, it's not, you know what, man? This shit doesn't. It, it's so offensive to me, man. Unless you fucking number it, then fuck off. What was he gonna <laughs> say, Dave? Fuck limited. You can't repress fucking hand number shit, man. Then you're just a fraud, <laughs> complete fucking fraud. I listen. I think it's because it's Scream Factory, and a lot of people fucking hold them near and dear. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't say that I'm a Scream Factory fanboy, but I do fucking like a lot of. The, I'm glad they came around. I like a lot of the titles that they made available on Blue. I like the fact that you know they sent me like fucking uh, coasters and magnets and shit just simply for ordering. You know, yeah. I, I, but I, I'm not a fanboy uh, because I have complained about. Uh, when, when the first ones came out, two and three, they didn't have a chapter select. I didn't like that. I'm not a fan of the posters because uh, they're, they're not folded. poster size and they're folded. By the way, Dave, I heard you talking about that on a podcast, uh, Skeleton Crew, I believe, and 
it's about the cost of shipping flat versus folded is like six dollars difference. Yeah, well, it's it's worth it. Yeah, man. To have it rolled. That, that, that's. I feel thing. like such a goddamn hip. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I was just telling JP, man, <laughs> that. While we're doing this podcast, the wife came home and I guess there was a package in the door and it was two Blu-rays and it happened to be two Screen Factory titles. But I pre-ordered these motherfuckers so long ago. Right? But everyone's been Screen dogging Factory. Screen Factory lately. Everyone's been fucking dogging them. Right before this happened, people were dogging them I'm because not, of fucking error. Which I was defending. I'm not saying you guys. I'm just saying that. in the community, people were dogging them. And then this happened, and everybody went crazy. It's just like, well, how come everyone wasn't doing this before when every other company was doing it? Why is Screen Factory the one fucking vilified? Well, well, that's just what it seems here, to me. Well, it's entirely true, man. We've, Screen we've been... Factory is way more popular than than those companies. Yeah, trust right? me, man. And, and trust like... me, Dave. I've been dogging Code Red. I'd have literally stated like hundreds of it times that I will red. not oh. buy Code Red or Twilight Time under principle for I don't I've heard you say that I, on this show I have heard it yeah yeah I and cannot stand that business model dude, so that's we, why I'm constantly rip on those guys uh, follows the same business model that I've been hating for so long but Dave let me ask you something just as an outsider who doesn't who collects a little bit you bought the Return of Living Dead and and some of the some well, of the I, I buy a good dozen a year okay so so a good dozen a year is there anything good for us no but in this case it's not about us in this case the fucking it's a company moved by a company and you have to come to expect it by now but the That's way all. i mean i mean you can simply say that but at the end of the day who is the people that keeps these companies afloat i i, I listen i feel you then, then without without time. guys like me and jp and the thousands of other people that buy all these releases and stuff without us. I don't think it is really guys like me and you that keep the company afloat, though. I think it's more guys like Dave them. by the ca- the casual guys. What do you mean? Um, because there's more of those than there's Because I don't us. buy fucking 100. Our, our impact, our impact, the people like me and you, is much smaller than, than no, the No, I'm not talking about buying every title. I'm talking about the people that buy the shit in general. Dave's included in this. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the people that buy the product, the yeah. fans. Everybody, Everybody that does. buys any product from Screen Factory is the ones keeping them. It's the people. It's right. the fan. It's the it's us. It is, but right? but they have done. It just, nice it just hurts us. us more than you, Dave, because you know it, it's again. I don't want to you know sound entitled or anything, but it's just like you know we've been such big supporters. But I mean, I think that's the hardest thing for for at least me, anyways. That we've we've been such a huge supporter of Screen Factory um, in everything they've done. We've defended them, you know, with the whole thing Especially about, uh, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, exactly, man. And, uh, you know, we've, we spent so much time talking about them and promoting everything and stuff. And, and then it's just, spend it, that much us- time talking about them and defending them and praising them when they do good. I think it's only fair that we are honest when they do something that's shady and call them out on it, whether it has any greater effect on anything, doesn't really matter. It's kind of irrelevant. It's a talking point, and it's it's just our opinion, which we've always been known to share. Which everyone's entitled to their own opinion, right? Of so I mean, and that's where we that's where that's why we speak up. And of course, yeah. you know, I guess our opinion is too strong. Like I told that fucking douchebag idiot David, fucking moron, whatever his name is. I said, dude, you're getting scared, man, because people, more and more people are coming in. And then he didn't even reply to me. And then all of a sudden I wake up in the morning and I'm fucking banned. Well, the, I said, the thing you, about David Stag- Stagman is um, I know 
that he gets uh, screener copies from Scream Factories because I've read his or, reviews before. Yeah. Well, he, someone even piped up and admitted that. Yeah, he's been writing for our uh, for our page for a long time, and then blah, we've had problems with him. The guy even piped up and said, "I've had problems with him." Because he gets a little too vocal and he just probably goes way out too far on shit. And, and then someone else is like, yeah, this guy's all over everything. You know, I'm just like, yep. Yeah, he's literally um, like – The first one to answer to everybody. If you say something negative, he's on your ass. Like Fuck fucking flies on shit, man. It's fucking yeah, ridiculous. But you could say anything about Screen Factory and he's right there. It's fucking ridiculous. He's literally right. never See, said any that. criticism. <laughs> He's never said anything bad. No, he's super biased. He's yeah. he's super biased, and everyone sees him for what he is. But and, then when when people when people pipe up and they have a bunch of followers, look what happens. He goes and cries to the fucking Facebook police and gets people banned. It, another thing about like the negativity, like I like he he wow. told me like why do you have to be negative? And it's not about being negative. It's about talking about what's happening yes. and whatever emotion or response comes. That's what it is. It's not about being negative or, or you know, just trying to be as negative as possible. It, it's literally just criticism. It's it's yeah. you present a product on a public forum in which you expect to be judged on that product, a fan page, and then you then get negative criticism towards that product. That's the way the world works. It's not about being like this this whiny bitch who's like negative. It's, but it's he's actually just, but he's. He's the worst though, man. He's just going out of his way to insult and criticize and everything. And like I said to him, or I think you had said actually, you're like, yeah, me and Moods have been fans since day one. He's like, oh, I seriously doubt that, that you guys have been fans since day one. Yeah. Well, and literally I have a video it. on my channel of yes. where Screen Factory <laughs> literally was announced and they announced like five, six titles. And like I covered it the night that it happened. It was like, <laughs> remember, remember when we were talking one, one night and I was talking to you? And I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to get these titles, man. I'm like, can you help me out? I'll send you some money and shit like that. Because like at the time, like they weren't going to be available here and stuff. It was yeah. like really fucked yeah. up. They won Halloween before. 2 and 3 before September of 2013. <laughs> yes. We were right on board right from the fucking start. And I was like, fuck you. So I sent him a picture of the entire collection. He's like, oh, it's just poor fans like you that buy everything. I'm like, yeah, I buy a lot of stuff. But that's not what this is about. I'm not trying to show off. I'm trying to prove to you that I didn't start collecting these fucking two days ago, you idiot. Yeah, well, David Stegman, that guy sucks. But, Dave, any final thoughts on this? Oh, shit. It went so all all off the fucking track. Who knows? I'm thinking about that asshole because fuck him. (laughs) And, yeah, fucking fight the power. I'm glad you guys did all that shit. I'm all for fucking that. 100%. That's what I'm all about. So, and fuck that page for doing that. You know? But I'm not surprised because that's what they would do to their fucking. They're the other thing that are number one guys. They're the thing that bugs pictures. me about when you're stating your opinions on these things that nobody actually from Screen Factory ever pipes up. They've replied. They replied to me, I think, three times during that, and it was like one of the things I asked them how many units, um, yeah, uh, like a title like Hellhole actually sold, and they said that they couldn't tell me that under you know whatever rules of something. that makes sense. That makes sense. And. Um, but that's that's part of the problem too. Is is like if you don't know how many units something sells, then you can't really talk about how many units would sell. You know, it's it's a, it's it's a clusterfuck. But I think the main point that this whole thing is is um, limiting things is just a negative thing. It's like there's it's just all around 
reception is going to be negative. So it's if you don't mind the negative talk, then I and guess go with it. But it's always going to be a distasteful thing to the fans um, because we know how the in a perfect world, if they wouldn't sell more than a thousand copies of that and they released it because they didn't want to per- make more than a thousand and in a perfect world where scalpers didn't buy any of them then i mean yeah i I guess it would make sense but the fact is you could still limit it to a thousand and never say anything and since they wouldn't ever sell out you wouldn't have to worry about them not you know not telling the fans about it being so limited because you then you would be scared that like oh people would be mad because we didn't tell them how many there were if they weren't going to sell out to begin with then you wouldn't even need to tell them that you wouldn't need to be able to tell would not need to tell them how many there are and you know Amen. so i'm just gonna end end it uh <laughs> you know i'm still gonna buy some scream factory stuff i'm just not buying those things cash grabs man <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey listen I, I i can see points from all angles that's all i'm saying i see that they're a business they're doing what they're doing i i i kind of dig on what you guys were saying too I, I hate to see shady shit too i don't know if they innocently did it or it's a cash grab like oh, i totally get says. the business part of it man i'm not saying you don't of course i get the business do. part. yeah you're, it's you're just, a it's fucking intelligent guy that all these companies are doing they're all gonna do it now that, that's what i think and check it out if somebody wants to buy these fucking things there's no reason why on yeah, day but... one they can't buy them there's no reason why they should complain about scalpers that buy them day one because they fucking waited two weeks to try to buy well, it. Well, so I'll tell you right now, guys. It, this half is not it's half new of their either. fucking guys. It, this half is half not their guys new. It's been happening for anyways. a long time. And it actually it goes in cycles because eventually people will stop buying them because they'll just be like, oh, everything's fucking limited. I don't, like that. It's not going to be as appealing. Sure. And it happened back with Anchor Bay. It happened when Anchor Bay started limiting all their tins. And remember the box sets that they, the Halloween that they would come out with the, the remember the old Michael Myers box set that was limited to like 50,000 or 150,000 or something crazy. The one like with that. the face in it. Yeah. Yeah. I have that. fucking Yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. And, and th- this happened before and everybody went nuts for him at first, but then everybody got used to him being limited and it was like, everything's limited. It doesn't matter anymore. And then they s- pumped the brakes and they stopped doing it. And that'll happen again. Uh, maybe not with companies like Code Red and stuff because their obscure titles that they get are like really obscure and you can't get them anywhere else. Like, it, it's it's That's kind the of problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like niche, niche, man. It yeah. sucks. So nobody wants to buy from his fucking ass. I, I I know I don't. Yeah, I don't own a single Code Red, nor will I until he changes who he is, which won't happen. Which is never gonna happen, man. <laughs> the guy's fucking centric as shit. Okay, what if what if somebody burned one for you? They paid for it. You have to pay nothing. They burned you a fucking Blu-ray. Would you own that one? I mean, own it. I, I guess. Like, okay. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem owning uh, things. Like, I'm not. Oh, I, don't well, know, I know like, that. If it, <laughs> if something's out of print, I'm I'm gonna see it somehow. Like, I don't care if I have to download it from somebody or like somebody shares it with me. If something's right. not available, I, there's actually certain laws that allow you to be able to to do certain not like distribute it and stuff like that but there, there's certain what uh things that you can do to see things that are unavailable legally yeah like streaming sites yeah they don't they don't shut them down <laughs> fuck it's weird but they don't 
Yeah, it's it's very sort of the the waters are very muddy with some of those laws dealing with out of print and unavailable things. Right. But uh, yes, yeah, so uh, I guess what do you guys want to move on here, right? <laughs> that's it for the knowledge segment. Yeah, knowledge. We, we're done. We're done raging about Scream Factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Start numbering your shit, fucking dicks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Moving along. Let's get into the morbid fact. Corners report of weird stats and morbid facts, courtesy of Rue Morgue Magazine, coming from issue 130, January, February of 2013. Shit. This one's a little old. Um, yeah, this one right here is actually pertaining to an episode that we did a long time ago. I'm sure JP knows what episode it is, but... Um, when we did the Final Destination franchise, which probably would have been handy then. <laughs> Dave, was uh, that the first episode you listened to of ours, Final Destination? No, no, no. The first episode I listened to was the uh, was oh, a year wait. end. It was the oh, year review, and then after that, I went right to Halloween. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the roller coaster used in Final Destination Three is the corkscrew at Playland in Vancouver, Canada. The actors had to ride it 26 times in order to film the premonition scene. Yikes. Fuck. Sounds fun. 26 fucking times on that thing? Oh, <laughs> Bet you they're feeling like shit after that, man. Probably. That's brutal. Some people feel like shit if they go on it fucking once. Imagine if- I've, I've, been, I've been on that ride at uh, Playland. It's, ugh, Jesus Christ. I couldn't imagine doing it fucking 26 times, man. Yeah, um, I actually that's, knew that. That, that. I believe that was... In the bonus features somewhere, maybe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right, so that is going to conclude Mood Swings and moving on to the WWW portion of the show, which is what we watched. And, uh, yeah, who wants to start us off? Dave, you want to oh. you wanna <laughs> okay. go? Okay. I'll, I'll get that one out of the way because you're going to have to help me with it. So. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. It'll be the first one. I, I this is the first time view, and I saw it for uh, another podcast. ABC's a hidden horror, also on the Horrorfia Network. Check yeah, we out. actually run a promo for them sometimes. Oh yeah, we, see, they were smart enough to do a promo. It, it was Jamie and Brian's idea. Well, of course, I already stated this in the intro. I said, you know, presently on every other podcast <laughs> on Horrorfia dot com, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. This Have is- you ever done one with the uh, commentary guys? Yeah, uh, Anil, NFW? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've done like, I think, two or something. So you've pretty much been on every show, huh? It's been a while. Maybe, I don't know, fuck. Who knows? But uh, anyway, this movie's uh, House of the Long Shadows from 1983. And actually, quite a lineup. Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, John Carradine. So I don't know how many movies featured all of them together but this is one of them desi arnez is uh junior is is really the uh you know he's really the featured one those guys are built ahead of him but their on-screen time isn't uh quite as much but it's great to see them all together that, that's for sure and mm-hmm. um desi arnez is um he's an author and he he makes a bet with this is what I can't remember. I don't know if it's just his friend or it's his business associate, but he, he makes a bet with him that he can write a, a novel in overnight, in 24 hours. And it's for like a hefty amount of money too. 
Yeah, I think 20 Gs or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So he says I can – because I guess he writes something else. I'm not sure what he writes, but he writes a different type of – a serious writing. I don't know if he writes about politics, if he writes – I'm not sure what he writes. But basically he's saying I can, I can write like a mystery novel. He's basically saying that that's like junk food and he could pump it out like it was nothing. So the guy makes a bet with him and he says, you know, okay, let's do it. You have 24 hours to write this for 20 Gs. So I have a place you could stay at because I guess this is where he's from. And you you go in that house and write all night long. It's an empty house. Go right ahead. So he ends up going there. Uh, I guess his house has a bit of a, uh, a reputation in the area. You get like a, a crazy Ralph guy type telling him, uh, you know, don't go there. And, you know, there's there's different stories about it. So anyway, this guy gets to the house and he begins to write. And he encounters a few people that are in the house that is supposed to be empty. And I guess they're the caretakers, they said. And then one thing leads to another. And it turns out this whole family is getting together this night because they have a brother that has been locked away for 40 years. Because he, he committed some crime in the house and they just, instead of letting the police handle it or the courts... They just considered it family business, and they just locked him in a room. That was his, <laughs> that's fucking worse than jail, if you ask me. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they lock him in a room, and um, uh, a passerby comes in, and another couple comes in, and you know, one thing leads to another, and basically we're trying to figure out what's going to happen here, and uh, there, it's there's there's a cool twist and a, and a twist on top of a twist, but. It's it's a it's a good movie. It's uh, it's filmed in the eighties. It came out in what eighty three, I think, was the year. Yeah, eighty three. Eighty three, but it really feels like a seventies movie, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's paced like a seventies movie. It's it just movies that were coming out in eighty three. I mean, we were it, seeing it make, slashers. It makes a lot of sense though, man, because Pete Walker, predominantly his whole career was done in the seventies. So. Right. He did like all this is his last film. And, you know, I think this is like the only one he did in the 80s, too, I think. So makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting film. Uh, The twist. It's weird because something was happening in the movie and I don't want to say anything about it, but something was happening. And I'm watching this movie with my wife and she's like, well, what do you think? I think it's going to this is going to end up happening and this is what it's going to be. And I was like, if they do that then it's complete bullshit. There's no way that would be able to work. It would be a terrible fucking way to end the film. So that better not happen. And as it's going on, things are happening that it could be pointing to that. And I remember saying, I go, I'm going to stand up and say bullshit, saying that a bullshit freaking plot twist like that ruined a perfectly good movie. But ultimately, it didn't happen. But it is a mystery, and it does keep you guessing. And of course... Vincent Price is, is fucking awesome, as mm-hmm. always. Christopher Lee, they're just everyone just does a great job, it cons- and you know they're up in age, so what do you expect out of them? But it was a real good movie, and I I, w- I will give it. It's not really my type of movie, but you know what? It's kind of becoming my type of movie lately. So I'm, I'm getting into some of these older things, even though it's not older, it feels like it's older. So I know that it's just weird, Vincent Price and all those guys in it. So I'm just getting used to I love Vincent Price, but I haven't watched a lot of the Hammer movies. I like the subtle comedy in it, and it's not like – it's not ridiculous and stuff. I think they did a good job. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. 
What would you if rate it? If, I, if I'm rating it, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. All right. All right. Cool. Um, I guess I'll go next, Moods. Uh, sure. The Purge Election Year 2016. Uh, this is, once again, for the annual purge that happens where uh, all crime is legal during a, I think, 12-hour period. And this one follows uh, the character in the previous film who's now a, I guess, police sergeant who is the head of security for a senator who is trying to become president because she wants to end the purge. Uh, of course, you have a few different other characters who are just trying to survive the purge. One of them is trying to uh, keep his shop from being destroyed and stuff like that. And they all sort of get um, tangled together and they must stop uh, the people from trying to kill the senator because there's a hit out on her because, well, she's trying to stop the purge and the people who are making money off the purge do not want that to happen. Um, this one, I, I did like this one. Uh, you guys remember, uh, listeners out there, I did not really care for this first purge. The second one I liked a little bit more. Um, this one I like a, less than the second one, but it's it's still pretty solid. And one thing that I take away from the purge films is that they are on the surface they're sort of um more i guess social commentary uh messages and like uh, a lot of uh comments on our society and how we crave violence and and things like that and how it's bad but you know at its core it's an exploitation film because of the way that they shoot the violence and the way they sort of revel in it. And I always feel that these films are most successful as the exploitation film and not as the one with a message. So I feel like when the moments of pure violence and chaos are happening, these films are very effective. And when it's the more serious uh, messagey stuff, they're, they're not successful. And I think one, because it's sort of a mixed message that, it makes those messages not successful and two because of the way these films play out where they seem really unrealistic unre- in terms of you have people literally not caring for their life and it just doesn't make sense to me it, it, you know in the first one there th- these people are walking through buildings like just running around like ha 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 i'm I'm gonna kill you and you know meanwhile they just heard their friend get shot in the other room and they're just walking around corners blindly and that is fine if you're going for the pure like exploitation like grindhouse type of movie where you know logic is kind of thrown out the window it's fine for that but these films are played very serious so it becomes problematic when you have uh you know, a group of characters who are talking a bunch of shit, like, like, oh, I'm going to fucking burn down your store or something. And they're getting shot at, like, from the people above them. And it's like, they just don't care. It just feels wrong. It doesn't feel right. And it's because the films are played serious. If they weren't played serious, I'd be fine with it. But they're played so serious that it, it makes no sense that everybody would have a complete, just non care about their their life and their future and their safety and i feel like it would be more if the purge actually happened where uh people would be scared to move 10 yards outside of their front door because they get picked off from like the woods or something like it just doesn't seem like people would be running around the streets just not caring about their life um 
And that's, I just always have an issue with that. And it's really the one thing that kind of always bugs me about the Purge films is just they they ignore the fact that people would actually want to live. <laughs> like, because everybody seems like they just are going for the madness thing. But those scenes are really cool. Like, the, there's one scene where uh, these girls pull up in a car that just has lights all over it. And there's a, who's a Taylor, or not Taylor Swift, um, Miley Cyrus song playing. And it's a very interesting little commentary on uh, the, you know, that song was definitely very uh, chosen. Like it, it, there was a reason why it was chosen because it was um, one of her earlier songs. And it, I think it was a kind of a metaphor for what she kind of became. And the characters that are coming out of the car, like causing mayhem are sort of um, one of them even kind of looks like that style of uh, uh, Miley Cyrus. So I, I think that was very um, direct. Um, but yeah, the purge—it's—it's it, it's kind of fun. It has its moments. Uh, I felt like the—it—it's it, very Hollywood in certain ways. Like there's one character who's funny. He's like the black guy, and he makes a lot of, like, uh, like black jokes and like white jokes and stuff that that are are effective and they are funny. Um, but certain things that happen later in the film make you feel like, uh, man, how do I say that without spoiling it? Um, essentially, very. It, what you'd expect in terms of like certain characters you like and certain characters you don't like the the fates of them are very hollywood um and that's annoying but uh not too bad i give the purge election year a 7.5 out of 10 did you guys Damn. see that yet no 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 i've seen the first two and i want to see this but i just didn't want to go to the theater for it i i say the movies for certain ones and i decided to wait to see this. But well, every you know time this... I go to the every time I go to the cinema, they just don't play. <laughs> they fucking <laughs> shoot you right down. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking <breaks. laughs> Oh fuck, that's funny. No, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like the 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 themes are more in your face this time. That it's not so much of an underlying thing. Uh, for sure, they hundred yeah. percent are more in your face this time. Yeah, it's very very political. They're just Sounds amping like. it up, man. You got to keep amping it up, right? But they kind of didn't amp it up, really. No. Like the See, violence is a little toned, a little less extreme in this one. I would, I would probably say. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah, that is. It, it, but I assume it's, like, it's supposed to be violent, right? It's like the second one, right, where the it's out in the street mostly. I mean, yeah. that's what it yeah. sounds like. Mm-hmm. Which it took it out, which is fine. That's that's what everybody wanted. So, yeah. I, I definitely want to see it. I just. Uh, who knows the, the the political statements that might even add to it. Sometimes I like that stuff. So yeah. it, I guess it just depends, you know, personally, you know, yeah. I mean, there's so many to. scenes where it just looks cool. Like, like some of the way that the characters that are purging look and like some of their costumes and stuff, it's really neat. And that's more of the, like the exploitation stuff that is fun, but it, it, it just, it's a weird mix where they try to be super, um, messagey and it just and it's it just is wrong. <laughs> so did you like this one more than the second one? No, I like the second one the most. This one the second most, and the first one the least. Yeah. What'd you sure. give the second one? Rating? Seven point five, I believe. Okay, as well. same rating. Maybe an eight. Just, okay. I can't remember. Pretty it was close. pretty close to that though. This one's about as it's almost as good, but just slightly less. So it it makes sense they have the same rating. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I really enjoyed the second one. First one, yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so film, I got one here from uh, 2014. Very, very independent film uh, from Legless Corpse, and it's called Sledge. <laughs> I got to read this. I got to read this tagline, man. It always makes me laugh every time I look at this. It says, he didn't drown. He wasn't burned, and he doesn't hear voices. He's just a psycho with a sledge. <laughs> I love that, man, because you know you're just going to be presented with mind, like senseless violence, right? It's pretty awesome. Who needs a fucking motive? Who needs reasons to go and kill people, man? It's just it's great. Um, yeah, this is uh, – it's actually a really short film. I think this one only runs about 75 minutes, but it opens up and how they present this film is actually kind of cool, man. It, it kind of shocked me at first. Um, it's funny because this Blu-ray doesn't have a synopsis written on it anywhere. It's got like reversible art, but it's on the back if that makes any sense. It's really strange actually. Um, so I didn't really know what this thing was about. And uh, it's kind of cool, though. It starts out, it's got this girl kind of getting ready to watch a movie at home, and she's being bothered by someone giving her calls and, like, asking her to come out and stuff. But anyway, she wants to watch um, this uh, this tele- television program called The True American Horror Television. And what what it basically is, is just it showcases horror films. So she's sitting at home watching this horror film, and then it cuts into your film, which is, you know, the film that she's watching on this TV. So it kind of almost presents itself like in an anthology-type way. It's kind of strange. Um, and basically what it is, it's very simple. It's you know, very cliched storyline of uh, five people that go to the woods to go camping just to get away for some R&R and drinking and, you know, sex. It's pretty much what it is. And of course they start getting picked off one by one. And as she watches this on TV and stuff, and it's, it's even filled with like, you know, trailers and commercials and things like that, which is kind of jarring when you watch the film a little bit, because at one point, you know, being a 75 minute film and it, you know, right when the third act in this film starts, she she it kind of cuts to her and um a trailer starts and i'm just like what the fuck and it's like a three minute trailer it's like the most jarring thing so basically what this film is it's got a lot of comedy in it it's got these characters and it's got two couples and a fifth wheel and now the fifth wheel is basically the main character in the film and he's in love with this one girl uh they, they used to be like a couple and stuff and now she's with this new guy and this movie is like very politically incorrect and stuff it's just got a lot of bathroom humor and stuff he makes a lot of jokes about how big of a slut she is and how much she likes to suck cock and it's just like constant jokes like that which had me chuckling throughout the whole thing it's pretty damn funny actually um super super micro low budget this thing was all shot in one location on some dude's like farm or something like that um but, uh, yeah, you know, it's super low budget. You know, there's not really a lot of kills. The gore is, you know, what you're going to get in these micro budget films and stuff. It's all practical, of course. Uh, but the killer himself, now he wears this pretty unique mask. Now, my major problem with this movie is that the fucking killer talks and he says like these really ridiculous things as he's killing people. And a lot of what he's saying is, I, I, I guess what they meant to be funny. And uh, it's not really that funny. Like he he says this one guy actually kind of made me chuckle. And he's like, he kills him. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck you and your faux hawk or something like that. And it just kind of made me chuckle. But um, it's just kind of ridiculous. Like it's, you know, there's really no premise to the film or whatever. But I do like the overall feel of what they did. You know, they tried to get original with, you know, having this on the program and stuff. Um, it's kind of interesting. The killer in this film, his name is Adam Lynch. Now, I'm wondering if the director, who is actually the killer in the film, purposely did that. You know, of course, Adam Green and Joe Lynch. I wonder if he just put the names together and, Mm -hmm. you know, came up with Adam Lynch. Because that's exactly the first thing I thought of. 
they said the killer's name. I was like, Adam Lynch. I'm like, that's Adam Green and Joe Lynch. Like, totally. I mean, he was a fan of, <laughs> of Holliston. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's not a bad film, man. It's really, really for, you know, if you like those micro-budget slasher films, very, very short and stuff. But like I said, a little jarring at times. I don't think they should have shown like a three-minute trailer right at the beginning of a third act. I think it was very jarring. But I have to give them props for the originality of the the setup of the film. Um, like I said, it almost feels like an anthology at times, but it's really not. But uh, not bad. I'm going to go straight up average. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I'm going to give these guys a pass on this one. It was it was actually kind of enjoyable. Um, so And, you know, I kind of dug the ending a little bit. The ending was pretty good. So it gets props there, too. So Sledge from 2014. Check it out. You can peep it out on from Legless Corpse. And, yeah, it's really cheap. I think you get these things for 10 bucks. Check them out. Cool. cool. Hey, an average slasher, that, that's okay with me. You know? Oh, JP, don't sound too fucking happy. <laughs> what's the matter buddy you tired uh a little tired but just th- that doesn't sound like something i'm gonna run out and grab <laughs> yeah well of course i don't know if it's a slasher and it's average it's I, I, oh, you honestly you would probably never watch anything from legless corp so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> who me or jp jp oh okay all right because <laughs> i don't even know what legless corpse is Fuck, uh, it's just like a new indie label. Um, <laughs> fuck, I was watching this one last night. And, like, I was even saying to myself, I'm like, this is the worst shit I've seen in so long. Like, it was literally the worst shit. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the budget was $800. On Sledge? Yeah. Yeah, man, they probably what? paid most of that to the owner of the farm that they shot on. Yeah. It's that low budget? $800? You can't. But to be honest, to be honest, man, the acting actually wasn't that bad. I've seen way worse in films than this. So that was. What does it look like? Does it look like fucking. Like I shot it with my phone? It looks. Probably looks like it shot it with a potato. No, (laughs) it looks like they shot it on just a high def camera. Like it looked. The Blu ray looks fucking good. Like it's clear as shit, man. So. Wow, amazing. Yeah, it looks. Re- it almost looks too good. It's kind of like this one I was watching last night. Like it looks so clear. You're just like, what the fuck are they shooting these things on, man? Like Jesus, it's like I don't know. I, I kind of consider these movies to be like the modern shot on videos. <laughs> you know, like you can get really good Basically. cameras for cheap now, right? Yeah. They just look so damn good. But you know, but of course the peak, uh, the the picture quality is way fucking better than shot on video. But just low budget, man. Low budget. All right. <laughs> Okay, uh, my next one is from 2015, although it just became available here uh, this year, just just Monday. Actually, no, 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 June. It was June that came out here on DVD. It's uh, the Funhouse Massacre. Uh, have any of you guys seen this? I've reviewed it, man. What? On my channel. Fuck, dude, that that video is getting shitloads of fucking <laughs> uh, views, man. It's crazy. I'm stuck in the 80s with moods videos. I'm watching the fucking... Uh, uh, when I started watching them again last month or two months ago, uh, I'm on the 81 kick. So I'm going through those things slowly. <laughs> Holy fuck, so. those things are so old, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's 81, man. <laughs> True that. True I, I that. Love, yeah, man, absolutely. So I didn't know. So Funhouse Massacre. Um, now, this this can be a fun movie. You have to kind of suspend your disbelief uh, on, you know some of the things in the plot but if you roll with it and, and you know it's a fucking slasher and it has to do with a fun house uh they did a they did a good job there's some comedy in it yeah there there is uh but 
There's some good gore in it. Uh, some interesting killers. A real badass killer chick who I love. Uh, it's almost like not as much because you don't spend as much time with her. But she kind of didn't. You just want to grab pig. those pigtails and get behind her and. Oh, yeah, I know. That's just like. She looked awesome, man. Yeah, she was great. I, I wish she she could have a fucking spinoff. Just fucking her, you know? <laughs> just fucking her? <laughs> <laughs> that mean. too. Another spinoff, yeah. She does fucking <laughs> horror porn. <laughs> exactly. Her and fucking Baby from House of a Thousand Corpses, you know? Ah, uh, the Funhouse Masculator. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the the plot of this is um, there's a massacre at a funhouse. No, no, it's more than that. There's a um, there's six mental patients at a at, a, at an asylum. It's supposed to be like real low key. They don't know it's there, uh, but it's odd because they end up breaking out, and and it takes place on Halloween. So that's something else good going for. I might even watch it this Halloween. Definitely this season. Definitely this Halloween season. But mm-hmm. um. The people escape, uh, there's these six real fucking, real depraved killers, you know, that that, that are known for, uh, you know, just, they've done some real sickening things. They each have a gimmick. You know, there's a clown, there's a guy that's a, a dentist that likes abusing people. There's a guy they call Animal the Cannibal that ate people. And you know, they all had this thing. And there's this, yeah, just different characters like that. They end up getting out of the asylum because they get some help um, from... You know, they get somebody that's involved with them breaks them out. So, and it's played well in the beginning, how how, um, how it all takes place. They get out. Now, there's a funhouse in the same area. And it's weird. because it's, it's really cool because there's a carnival around the funhouse. And there's a good carnival atmosphere. And the kids in the movie are, are pretty relatable. They don't, they don't annoy me, uh, especially for, like, a modern movie. A lot of times, you know, the teens are annoying and you just don't relate to well, them. I, th- I actually thought the same thing, even though they're doing, like, the most cliched things too, right? Yeah. You know, you got your yeah. stoners and, like, just the way things are going <laughs> totally. on and stuff. But, like, yeah, they're kind of likable. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, they're. I'm fine with them. And I, I like the, the one kid, you know, the lead guy who, you know, the little angle they got with him and the girl and, you know, he's kind of shy and he wants to take her out. Just the little side plots. They work. They're fine. It's not overdone. So it's, you know, so the time you get, you spend with the teens is, is, you know, time well spent. So that's always a good thing in a slasher. And uh, the weird thing is that at this fun house, they're, they're putting on these presentations of the people that just so happen to be fucking breaking out of the asylum tonight, that these famous killers. So, and then it's, it's like controversial. Yeah. All the attractions. All the attractions in the funhouse are based off of these five notorious serial killers that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be hidden and locked away and no one's yeah. ever heard of them, right? I, I like how they present them in the beginning of the film. They're like, these killers are so much more brutal than Bundy and Dahmer and, and you know, Gacy, Gacy and stuff. Yeah. They, they got their own asylum. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was like, okay. Really? Yeah. And Robert England's like, uh, you know, Robert England's uh, in there for like, – for a little while and he's the guy that runs this asylum or he, he at least he's the head doctor and he's talking to the this girl that comes to interview him he's like if i had my way i i put a bullet in every one of their brains or something like that <laughs> yeah. you know something about robert england since you mentioned him i really feel like he's one of the most wasted talents in in like the history of horror dude he shows up in every shitty goddamn movie man 
well, this one's not, but like he does, he does so many bad cameos and shit. I know he's just such a better actor than he ever gets the roles for. Is what I'm saying. True. true. I'm glad he still works in the genre, though. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm glad he can make money and be happy and stuff like that. But I mean, like, just like I just feel like he can bring so much to the table if he has good stuff to work with, not just Freddy. You know. He's mm-hmm. probably the biggest name of of anybody who's actually still working on the regular, though, if you think about it. Him and probably Danielle. Actor-wise. Okay, yeah, Danielle's big, too, but, I mean, you know, I, I think it's a little different with Robert Englund. I don't think, you know, Robert Englund ha- has a good reputation, uh, and fuck, he's beloved. I always know? just think back Freddy's to um, Phantom of the Opera, the 87, right. 89 version that he did. And he's so good in that movie, like playing a different role and just more of like an acting role. And Mm -hmm. it's just like I always think back to that one and think like, man, I wish he would have got some bigger movies like tossed his way. I feel you. You know what he's good in? 2001 Maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but sorry to derail your review. Continue. Oh, no, it's okay. (laughs) So, uh. Yeah, so these people happen to escape, and it's funny because this carnival is based upon these killers as well. So that's what I mean about suspending your disbelief. That's that's silly, but whatever. You just got to go with it, you know? Half of the comedy works, half of it doesn't. It it got a little, I think it got a little too much during the the third act. But like I said, there's some good gore. There's there's some uh, good kills. It moves along at a good pace, and... um, you know, the, there's one thing I'm going to complain about. I don't like the score. I don't like, you know, it, it's kind of like action movie guitar music that just comes every so often. Maybe it's just me when I watch modern slashers, you know, that I miss the way they used to be in the 80s and things like that. Maybe it's just me. Like, even Freddy vs. Jason, I didn't like the way the, the music was used in that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe I'm nitpicking, but I guess that's the only thing I can complain. Granted, it's not great. It's a low-budget movie, but... I don't know what the budget is, but whatever it was, they they made the most of their budget. I can say that. They did a good job. They did a good job with the film. It's nothing special, but you'll have some fun with it. It's a decent slasher, so uh, I give it a 6.5. Yeah. Sweet. That's one that I haven't seen yet, but I I have seen a lot of people review it. Moods, what did you give it on your review? Um, I think I gave it 7. Oh, okay, there you go. Seven or something like that. Same ballpark. Yeah. It's so it was so strange too, man. They, I uploaded that video, and it was like probably the length of the video. Like it, you know, eight nine minutes later, fucking the director had commented on my review right away, and I was like, "What the fuck was he like waiting for reviews to go <laughs> up or something?" Like it was so wow. strange, man. I was actually going to even comment back to him like, "Were you waiting for this to come up?" Because it's just like it was <laughs> instant, man. So wow. strange. Yeah, it was really strange. He just That's thanked cool. me for doing the review and stuff, but I just couldn't believe how quick it was. So weird. Did he, did he even have a chance to listen to it? Or was well, it that's just what that quick? That's what I'm saying. It was about, you know, at least 10 minutes after. So he, he would have had enough time okay. to watch the review. And, uh, yeah, it was just really weird. That's never happened to me before. Hmm. So. Maybe he was subscribed to you already. He could have been. You know, that's what I thought. I was like, what the fuck? It's so random, but... Yeah, yeah. Actually, w- one complaint I did have, which I found out later, was I wanted to see a little more of Clint Howard in the film because he was one of the killers. I forgot to mention the actors. Yeah, Clint Howard was in there. Who else was in there? Fucking, uh, um, 
Uh, I'm so bad with names. Oh, but yeah, you know who was in there? Courtney Gaines was in there for a little bit. Courtney Malachi. Gaines. Yeah, Malachi. Yeah, Malachi. Malachi. Yeah, I, I brought that up in my review, but I found out later that Clint Howard actually was injured or something while he was doing that filming. So they just kind of, you know, he did his little parts and that was it. Oh, he was kind of limping around, wasn't he? Yeah, I guess he was having a hard time getting around. I guess he had surgery or something happened to him. And so they just kind of limited his uh, screen time because he couldn't move. So I was wondering what was up with that, because if you noticed, I think it was him and what the dentist or maybe the the preacher dude or whatever. They they didn't get that much. The more focus was on the animal dude. Right. And the girl and stuff. Right. So the screen time wasn't really, you know, given equally. And uh, Clint Towers was really limited. He but was. then I found out that he was hurt. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Oh, okay. But I it, was just figured... it was definitely cool to see Malachi. Yes. <laughs> Malachi. He was, he was actually the, uh, the, the car or the fun house owner. He was the guy that's yes. putting, he's such a fucking dick in the film too. He's <laughs> just raging and shit. Uh, but I liked him, man. It was cool. It was cool. Totally. I recognize the father too, the, the, the head of it all, the guy that ran the cult. Yeah. You know that dude? I know him from fucking... I, I, he's in lots of things, man. He's, I know him from Dear John. <laughs> Remember that show or no? <laughs> Dear John, yeah. <laughs> That's where I know him from. His name was... I used to like Dear John, and That's he not. was Kirk. I'll tell you what, that guy does not look like he's aged. This is like 30 years later. I know, right? right? He looks yeah. like maybe 15 years older. Yeah, I was like, wow, could that be him? Is that Kirk yeah. from fucking Dear John? And it, sure enough, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked. Totally. But yeah, check it out, GP. I will. I will. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun. Sounded fun. Um, mine is Green Room. Uh, 2015 got its uh, DVD plus theatrical release in 2016. Uh, this film opens up with a rock band who uh, they don't really specifically say, but I, I tend to believe that they're struggling, but bigger than just like a garage band, and they are sort of on a tour i guess and they meet a guy who's going to interview him and book him a gig he kind of fails on the gig part and they make like six dollars which they're kind of struggling for gas they have to like siphon it and things so uh, and steal it so you know they're they're really struggling and they kind of flip on him he kind of says like i'll get you a gig with my brother in the next town over or whatever so they all hop into the van they roll over to this next town where they uh, sort of um, they 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 go to a little sort of bar where it seems to be mostly inhabited by like skinhead neo Nazis, um, which is never a good thing. And they play their little show. They go to leave. When they go to leave the green room that they was in, uh, there's guys standing outside of it. They already brought all their equipment out and was like, "Here it is, just go." And then one of them forgets their cell phone, so they run back in the room where they see that a murder has just taken place. Chick laying on the floor with a knife sticking out of her head. Uh, they heard that shit goes wrong. They barricade themselves in the room and it's basically a standoff, uh, sort of a siege horror film at that point. Uh, and they, they basically are just trapped and trying to survive this neo-Nazi skinhead bar attack because they don't want to let them leave alive. And that's basically your plot. Uh, this this film was directed by uh, Jeremy Saulnier, who directed Blue Ruin, which was uh, one of my favorite films of 2013, and uh, very similar to this one. Like they both have a very uh, similar like sort of revenge vibe to them. Uh, the cinematography feels the same. Like this guy's really good at that stuff. Uh, 
Green Room, um, starring Anton Yelchin, who was unfortunately that that guy who passed away from the Fright Night remake. Uh, we mentioned a few episodes ago. Um, he's really good in this film. I've always liked this guy. Uh, every time I see him in something, he he does really good in this film. And one thing that I will comment on is I I was not ever part of like the punk scene, though my neighbors. Uh, were very sort of like punk like that and they would always have parties and these guys look like exactly like the people that would show up at those parties uh so Mm -hmm. though i have nothing to really directly relate to this i feel like it's very authentic at least in my limited knowledge on it these guys feel like real like punk rockers who are who are trying to be like punk rock band people and and make a name for themselves and stuff they also have that look and just that style really loved it actually with just just seeing um that type of film uh you know i'm not very familiar with it but it it seems really cool and i I like the utilization of it for this film especially with the uh neo-nazi skinheads um sort of a film that that you really can't predict like you don't really know where it's going to go uh you know left turns right turns uh the the order in which people are killed um surprises around every corner um i didn't really predict anything in the film uh really really good atmospheric i love the the setting in the bar uh it's sort of almost contained horror in a way where they're just stuck there which i'm always a fan of and you know even the ending was satisfying i i I really liked it there's a lot going on with the actual um bar owner and um patrick stewart i was about to ask you what you thought of him yeah, yeah, he was really good. Uh, I really li- liked his performance. Um, it reminded me a lot of of exactly what I would think, like, a guy leading a Nazi skinhead sort of, like, gang would, would look exactly like. <laughs> like, he, I, I figured he would be, like, sort of sophisticated and stuff, which he is. Um, I, I really didn't have any issues with it other than... Uh, none really i mean uh, the gore there's a lot of gore there that that looks good um music sound everything lighting it's all it's all very well done like i I don't have very many complaints with this film at all um it's it's one that everybody should check out this year uh give it a 8.5 out of 10 damn i think you're gonna go with at least a nine or something there uh no no I I think that it's about as good as an eight point five, you know. Uh, oh. I, even though I didn't have many problems with it, you know, just how good it is, I, I feel comfortable with eight point five. Yeah, it's one of the few or a handful of films I was really looking forward to seeing this year. It's good. That was, that was in my top five of this year to see. So it is good. Uh, it, it, by the time our, our review probably isn't going to come out for another like three weeks from now, but. We we've already recorded our our review for that movie. I'm just waiting for the fucking price of that shit to go down. It's expensive here. I Netflixed it or uh, Redboxed it. Redbox. Okay. <laughs> the fuck's a Redbox? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Do you have? Do you still not there? have them up there? No. Why? No, we don't. You have anything like that or no? Uh, vending machines with movies? No. <laughs> That's so oh, weird. Okay. Like, it's how is it so hard to implement a red box in Canada? It's probably not, but we just don't have. Them. I don't Why? know. <laughs> I have no idea. Sense. I have no idea. Does Christian have them? 
Uh, does, does he live in Canada? <laughs> not in any of Canada? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't know. I'll ask as him far as I know, they don't have him in Ontario. I've never seen him. He's from Ontario, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they do. They definitely don't have him here on the West. So there, There's literally like two in each Walmart. <laughs> Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Walmart loves fucking Redbox. You're yeah. right. They I go mean, hand in hand. They're all cheap. that. Totally makes sense, though. Yeah, totally. <laughs> There's like 15 within like just one little town <laughs> where where I live. That's a lot of fucking Redboxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Wow. All yeah, right. It's so, a good movie, though. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It sounds awesome. I just when I first heard the premise of it, I was like, shit, yeah, that sounds it's awesome. Cool. Oh, you know what else that director did? So, uh, Murder Party. Oh yeah, yeah, Murder Party. I fight Murder Party was so much fun. I actually haven't seen that. It's uh, I haven't seen Blue Room, but I, I saw I've seen Murder Party and I Blue Room really good. Blue Room, oh, it's great, man. I'm going to see it now. I, I think Blue Room might even be better than Green Room. Wow. Really? Wow, that's saying wow. It's crazy, man. I like Blue Room a lot. It, I mean, had it been a little more horror based, I it would have made my top 10 of 2013. It, it did make some top 10. That's what I'm So do you, do you consider this one to be a horror film? I do. I do. I, I nice. do. I think it's more of a horror film than Blue Ruin as well, even though they're both along the same tone. Um, it's just this one has that uh, more of like the, the the it almost has like a stock and slash vibe to it at certain points. Yeah. Like there's a lot of horrific things happening in this movie. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm Bill stoked. Palmer, director of the X-rated films Hot Summer in the City, Erotic Adventures of Candy. Candy goes to Hollywood. And coming soon, The Longest Foot, starring John Holmes. Hi, I'm Gail Palmer. I've been hired by Stallion Releasing Company to supervise the editing of this new X-rated film, The Italian Stallion, with Sylvester Stallone in the starring role as... All right, so for my Italian Stallion of the Week, we're taking it back to 1972, uh, directed by... Tunano Valerie. It's actually a director I don't really know too much about. Um, and it is called My Dear Killer. Now, I am reviewing the Shameless Screen Entertainment uh, edition from the UK. And it is the um, uncut version. I believe, I want to say maybe the Shriek Show edition that came out a long time ago is cut. I don't know. You know, it's typical Shriek Show shit, right? Um, but uh, yeah, music done by Anoni Marconi in this. Fuck, you can't go wrong with that, right? Yeah, man. Dude is won Oscars for his music, which he probably should have won many, many more for some of the scores that he's done. He's one of the most famous scores in the world. Um, but yeah, My Dear Killer, very, very simple. It's a giallo. Um, basically, the film starts out with a, an investigator. He's down at this kind of water pond area or whatever, and he's looking around. And he uh, <laughs> he ultimately gets decapitated by a loader. Now, it's probably one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen in a giallo. It just shocked me to see this. I was like, what the fuck? That's so awesome. Yeah, basically, this guy's standing there. This loader head comes down, picks him up by his head, and it just rips his head right off. And it shows it. It's pretty awesome. Um, So right there, sets off your film, uh, introduce your character uh, played by George Hilton, Inspector Luca. He goes down to investigate this. One thing leads to another, and he finds a link between this murder and a a little girl's murder that happened about a year before. And uh, yeah. And then that starts your film. She starts to investigate the links between us and who exactly is involved with all this type of stuff. And, and that's uh, the storyline. Now my thoughts on this film, it is 
actually a really, really good giallo. Um, this one right here is not your typical sleazy giallo. It doesn't really have a lot of sleaziness to it. There is, you know, tits and stuff in it, a little bit of sex scenes, but it's not a sleazy giallo. It's very smart and it's, it's a very plot driven film. Um, it, it's quite, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, running speed, uh, fast or anything, but it, uh, it's very, it's very smartly written. That's all I can basically say. Um, the way, they uncover and the way they investigate these these links and stuff it's very cool man how things kind of come together and stuff and it's very serious toned um one thing about this film that's pretty interesting is that uh it doesn't really have a huge body count you get the one kill in the beginning you're dealing with this past murder of this girl and there's a couple other kills that happen in the film one very notorious one to do with like a hand saw type deal um, which you might see on the covers of the releases and stuff. That's actually pretty cool. It's pretty vicious and violent and pretty bloody and stuff. But yeah, man, I have to say this one is a pretty interesting giallo. It doesn't involve a lot of ridiculous twists and turns towards the end. It's like this police investigation that just kind of goes full force forward. And it just kind of, it gives you what you need at the end. It, it's pretty interesting how they do it. Cause a lot of these giallos have those twists and turns and things like that. And, this one doesn't give it to you. It's um, pretty cool, man. Awesome music in the film. Uh, very, very decent acting, too, I have to say, for a film. The dubbing is pretty bad at times, though, I have to say. Uh, it's obviously an Italian film. It's dubbed in English. But the dubbing at times is you can just tell the the voices are not these characters' voices. It's it's to the point where sometimes it's a little bit distracting. And I can see why some people have a hard time watching these films for the dubbing and stuff. But this one, yeah, the the dubbing is a big factor. It's a, It's very... It's it's kind of annoying at times. Um, but yeah, there's not really a whole lot to say about this one. I can't give anything away. I mean, I love there's it's it's just your giallo with some good scenes in it uh, that all play out so well. I'm just I'm very uh, it's one of those ones where you're just like, this is why I like giallos. You know, exactly. You know, at times I do like these ones to be sleazy and stuff, but I like a very serious toned one in which you get here, my dear killer. And it's got a good script, man. That's what it comes down to. It's good stories. So um, I'm going to give this one about a seven and a half out of ten. Um, all the elements are there. It's, you know, it's a giallo. That's a good one. <laughs> so it's really all cool. I can say about it. Yeah. Nice. What's the title again? I, I my dear, My dear killer. Yeah, this one shocked me because I was expecting it to be a lot more sleazy and stuff, and it's not really what you get. You get like a very serious, straight kind of investigative. But I love the way the links and the and the clues and stuff all add up, and it was just smartly written. If you know, yeah, because so many giallos don't, you know. So when you get ones that do, it's awesome. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's the problem with a lot of giallos. Sometimes they they kind of throw you these twists and turns and stuff. You're like, really. Are you that fucking doesn't make kidding? any sense. No, that doesn't make any sense. This one doesn't do that. It just comes straight at you and then it gives you the end and you're like, oh, fuck, crazy. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, man. It was it was a big surprise. So, yeah, my dear killer. And that is going to conclude uh, what we watched. Right, guys? That's yep. it? We're just doing – okay, that's cool, man. And getting into the featured reviews of this episode 84, which is going to be titled Cults. Right? Yeah. We're doing cults, Focusing right? on cult films. Not yes. like cult classics, but like actual cults. Yeah, not cult classics, but yeah, films based around cults and shit like that. So first film up here is from 1987, and it is titled The Believers. Yeah. Got a uh, synopsis on that? <laughs> 
yeah, I guess I get into that plot synopsis. This one right here is directed by John Schillinger, and it is starring Martin Sheen. <laughs> uh, there's actually a lot of familiar faces in here. Harris Yulin's in this film, Richard Moiser. Uh, Jimmy Smits makes an appearance in this film, which is pretty cool. Uh, Helen Shaver. Yeah, Lots which of- I know from Tremors 2. I was like, who is this chick? I, I oh, yeah. Seen before. Tremors 2. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Robert yep. Leguia's in this film. He plays the lieutenant. He's so. Great. All around, man, you got a lot of familiar faces, which is always nice in these films. So basically, quick little synopsis of The Believers uh, from 1987. A New York uh, psychiatrist finds them, finds that a satanic cult, which believes in child sacrifice, has a keen interest in his own son. So. <laughs> All right. That's basically the, the, well, that was the short version of the INDB one. I guess there is a longer one here. <laughs> but uh, Short version. <laughs> So basically what happens in the beginning of the film is uh, your main character, Cal, played by Martin Sheen. Um, it, I don't even know if it says where he was living before, but his wife, unfortunately, dies in a freak accident with a coffee machine. She did, gets any, elect- did anybody find that completely laughable? Yes. Yeah, it, it was a little ridiculous. But <sighs> but anyways, anyways, his wife dies in this freak accident. And I, I like I said, I don't think it tells you where they lived before. But anyways, he moves to New York. Uh, to you know, to continue his job as a police psychiatrist and stuff, and that's when all this kind of things start happening. Um, yeah, your guys' thoughts on this, Dave? I uh, I really enjoyed it, but I have questions about it um, that are it's probably going to affect my rating, and I don't know if you guys are going to be able to answer them. But I'm famous for this. Every 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 movie I watch. I have like two or three questions and depending mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, sometimes that happens depending on if they're answered correctly or not. But in general, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, all good actors. You know what it is about this? This is like in the 80s. What is it? 87, right? 87, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is like, this is when real actors were could still do horror. Before, yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah, before horror became... Uh, the dirty word that it was in the nineties. Yeah, you know the only thing you saw. But they could almost think, disguise these films, though. Too, they could tell you, oh, it's like it's this drama, it's this drama slash something else. But then they throw in these horror elements, and it's a horror film. <laughs> you yeah, know? nobody you know, wanted to say it in the nineties. Remember, they were like fucking Silence of the Lambs and all that shit. And I know, oh, people still debate if those are horror films. I mean, I, I, I guess you know, I this one isn't really that debatable. I mean, I guess it kind of is. I mean, it, it 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 definitely has the crime drama attached to it, but crime drama for sure, yeah. And I mean, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Um, so basically, what happens is, you know, uh, we got Martin Sheen's character; he's in New York, and there's this killing. Th- this boy is found dead, and uh, it's pretty fucking nasty. Actually, I I actually have to praise the filmmakers for showing the dead kids like that for the '80s and stuff. You didn't see a lot of like mutilated you know, 10, 11 year old kids on screen a whole lot in film in those days. Right. I was actually quite shocked that they even showed that. I was like, Oh wow. It's kind of crazy. So anyways, this one boy winds up, they find this kid dead and it's like, and he's in this ritual type setting, you know, he's in the middle of this table and there's all that ritual kind of voodoo witchcraft type things, occult things that are going on. Um, 
which you get introduced to Jim, your Jimmy Smith's character at the scene where he's just like losing his fucking mind and he keeps screaming at the investigators. He's like, man, they're coming for us. They're coming for us and stuff like that, which is kind of interesting because it's Jimmy Smith's really kind of hamming it up, but that's really how he is. He's just, I think he's crazy in real life. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of interesting. He was actually not a star when they did this film. He went on to do M- NYPD Blue and stuff, but I actually like him and he's just kind of over the top in this film. But, um, so this happens and then what happens again? They find another boy that's dead same type of result there's you know dealings with the occult and voodoo and things like that witchcraft and things like that so then the investigators the lead uh the lieutenant played by rubble legia he calls in martin sheen's character to you know kind of help out with this case and um yeah and that's really where things kind of kind of start to go a little bit sour for him so what do you guys think about this film i mean i i'm actually kind of kind of a fan of this film the way it develops because i think the way the filmmakers present the story to you is quite intriguing because they make it seem like you know this religious group or this cult or whatever you want to call it it's completely believable it's believable they don't present you with this kind of fan fantasy um type you know cult that just seems a little bit ridiculous and over the top and things like that yeah, it, it it seems like the way they present and the way they tell you things about this group, it just seems believable. It doesn't seem like they're trying to depict them as something they're not. You know, it doesn't seem fantasy. It seems like really real. And I find it's kind of haunting throughout it. And you're like, okay, what, you know, where's this kind of going and things like that. And I, that's what I really, what really drew me into this film is that I felt like I was watching something that could really be happening. You know, I don't know if you guys had the same... Uh, thoughts about that but i i really enjoyed that it's it's it felt real i really like the fact that it felt not fantasy you know like a lot of these type of films where they just kind of present you with rules and things about these religious cults and groups and things like that and you're like what the fuck like that doesn't (laughs) seem real it gets a little bit too supernatural and and other type of elements where they just don't seem legit at all but i think the way they did it because i think what is the name of the uh, what is it? The San, the Sanria, the Sanria group. Is that oh, what yeah, the Sanria, the Sanria? Well, they're actually like a real, um, like a real type group apparently or something like that. So, but yeah, that's I, a real religion, but yeah. I do, I really like it though. Like, yeah, because they present it in an, in an honest fashion, you know, like the mythology of the religious group and how they portrayed on screen. Um, I love how the narrative portrays them. It just, it felt, it felt kind of real to me. It's, pretty nasty i mean it's probably a lot due to the fact with um just really the acting too it's it's so good but i do feel like in the midst of you know the first couple acts of the film i feel like there is a little bits of story and maybe certain mythologies and things that are kind of missing from the story itself that you know if i think if you filled in the gaps like one question i was asking myself the whole time i was like okay this movie completely feels like a serpent in the rainbow Uh, dude i totally was feeling that same thing (laughs) sometimes yeah yeah i swear to god i was just gonna bring that up in a second oh that's crazy so it kind of feels like that type of film to me but then when you look at the setting of it in New York, you're like, man, this movie feels like it should be set like, you know, in Haiti, you know, like Serpent in the Rainbow or like in Africa or something like that. So I kept asking myself, I'm like, why is this religious, the Sanria group, this cult or what, you know, this group of people, like, why exactly are they set up here and stuff like that? It's just certain minor details that aren't explained in the film. Like, it's just, 
I don't know. It's kind of nitpicking a little bit. I don't know if you guys felt that at all. I was really reading into this film when I was watching it because <laughs> I was into it. Then I started questioning things. And that's when you said, uh-huh. Dave, you got questions. I have a few questions. I was like, why are they set up here? And like, what's with this and that? I mean, it, if you think of it from one point of view without giving going into spoiler territory it does make sense. But the whole feel of the film just feels like it should be somewhere yeah, else. I, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, I was like, this feels like it should be in like Haiti or something. Yeah, dude, I totally, man. So weird. Well, yeah. Why yeah. was everything happening now and here, there? Well, like, why do those people th- come over? They're gonna make that trip. That that guy's gonna make that trip just because one couple or two couples want want to sign up their kid to be, uh, you know, to be offered. So they're gonna make the trip all the way out there. Mm-hmm. They're gonna send that guy who's all powerful, it seems, to to go do yeah. that. That's what's weird. That why why there and why then? I know it was my biggest question too. I was like, why is it here? And like, it just I think those are the things that are missing from the story. I think this this movie is based on a book, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fucking positive this is actually based off a book, and uh, I'm I'm assuming that there's more to the story of the group and why they're there. I'm, I'm assuming things like that. I don't know. Maybe they don't even set it in New York. Who who really knows? But there is questions that do arise from that. Um, <laughs> okay, let me I ask it, another one. Okay, no, go ahead. If you if you have more to add here, please. I just um no, I, I just basically. I mean, like I said, the first two thirds of the film is really about kind of like kind of feeling out the film in a way. I think the film it does keep us in belief that this group is real and not fantasy. And I that's the one thing that kept me really going with this film is that that's the type of thing that makes me get more involved, you know and. But then again, there's always questions that are that arise too. But uh, I don't know, man. Ah, you guys can you guys can say something. I feel like I'm just doing all the talking here. Get, what's your question, Dave? Uh, my question is, when it's revealed, and I'll do this, you know, without delicately, <laughs> right? When it's revealed, um, what what the reasons behind uh, a lot of this are? Were people signing up for it? Like it makes perfect sense with um, what's his name, uh, Robert Calder. It makes perfect sense with him because he, you know, he started off small and he he was, became a self-made man and he he had his hands in a lot of things and you know I mean he's rich right and powerful and known so it, it kind of makes sense for him to be involved for what he had to give up. But, but did sense, he get to that? But, but the, the question I had too, like, did he get to that level because of what he'd already gone through? Like, he's at that level, like yeah. he's kind of the leader of this thing. So he's trying to he's trying to incorporate other people to do the same thing that he did, so he can, so they can also have the same type of well, essentially, you know, the same type of status that he has too. I don't. I just don't want to say the the spoiler hmm. words. Maybe you know he's what I'm recruiting saying? is what you're saying that he is recruiting. doing that. Because he's the example, he's gonna say, "Well, yeah, um, like if you sign up, you'll saying. end up like." Because I was gonna Let's say, it seemed like nobody benefited, and for, especially considering what they're giving up, no one really seemed to go anywhere with it except <laughs> him. I was like, "That's an awful lot to give up just to, you know, be a be a fucking regular Joe." You know, it's just, <laughs> what were they getting out of it? That's what I couldn't get. Like, the, like well, the couple, the, you know, the is... couple, the older couple, their friends, they had been involved in it for a while. And what did they have? She was a, a professor, I guess. But I mean, really, that—that's that, how they weren't super rich or anything. 
that was my other question. It seemed it made it a little implausible. Yeah. Like, is it is it like more along the lines of like Rosemary's Baby, where it's just like like Satan worship? I don't think it is. I think that there. I think the I guy think honest, says it. I, I think honestly, it's for I don't know if this is a spoiler or anything, but like what they're doing is basically to have themselves reborn, hmm. right? So I think it's I think it's like a I don't know, man. It that's where it kind of gets into the head of not only the viewer and also the characters too. It's like what do you what do you being reborn like you have to to do something to get reborn and that's just the payoff i think that's exactly what the payoff is supposed to be for these type of people and reborn like i mean in in like you mean yeah, figuratively man. though you don't mean you don't mean it's going to be like like the other movie we're going to talk about that's that's a case of of, of reborn well, yeah. but this well, this guy just got real successful. I guess figuratively you could say he was reborn because he maybe got a new attitude and better things happened to him in life. But is that what you mean or do you think there's more to it? Because I don't remember hearing it that way. Well, I think it's supposed to be like, yeah, I mean, there's this whole ritual where it's involving so many things. And, and once you bring in, I think it's like a power thing. Like you get reborn and uh, it's supposed to benefit you in the long run, too. So it's almost like being super selfish. Or maybe, or maybe yeah, like, or maybe yeah, like the that's... writers um, wanted it to seem not really worth it because then it would like you don't. I guess you don't want it to actually. You don't want to side with the people that are. But then you know, that whole theory is thrown out the window by the very last shot in the film. Then, yeah, <laughs> well, right, because I because I mean it, it it come it comes full circle. I mean for sure that's not needed, but it is very haunting because. I mean, it's like it's it's another one of these films that has an end, and then it has an end. Yeah, I didn't even feel like that last little tag on scene was needed at all. No, nope. yeah, it feels like it feels like it was thrown in there just to go, "Hey guys, what we we can put we can kind of take this one step further and really shock people." Yeah, um, yeah. but I mean, that's kind of what Studio. it seems like. Well, this was at the time where everything needed like a final little scare thing, you know? Yeah, it was um, a twist for a twist, I think. But you know the overall, the, sake of, you know? the overall, the yeah. overall feelings on the film, I thought was pretty good. I mean, you know, I didn't feel the film dragged at all. I didn't find it like overly that predictable because I was really didn't know exactly how this was going to go. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I didn't really, I like, didn't feel the same way. I, I, I really did feel like this one drug, and um, a lot of the time, like when you were spending time with the like the son and his anger towards Helen Shaver's character. Oh, but that's uh, all. Of course, that's that. Those, those are plot points and stuff that I, I never like. Very cliche. Um, They're very cliched. Of course, you know, after Cal loses his wife, he's gonna fall in love with the new fucking landlady in New York. I mean, that's just. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is, right? Uh, you know, I mean, those are such cliched things. I mean, of course, this is going to happen, and of course, you're going to have the child rebel against the new. Yeah, that's girlfriend. one thing that I always hate in movies. In yeah, films, I, is th- the that's because I I never agreed with it. I never felt like it. I I just I just I, it annoys me. It's just like I never. Because he's such like, a brat. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like I never did that, and I I just feel like it's overplayed in cinema. Mm. I agree with you. It is. Yeah, and- I really, really don't like that whole, that whole thing either, man. It's really. Yeah, they spent too much time on it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 in traffic, 
I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't think that, I, I don't want, think that shit's needed. I just felt like, I mean, for the the film itself, I didn't find it really was boring. What, one thing when he's buried in traffic, though. though, man, and he started busting the dad started busting the kid's ass. Fuck like yeah. it, it actually looked like it was like a real beating. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh dude, he fucking beat the shit out of him, man. I would. It was awesome. <laughs> I was into it. I was thinking that's what that fucker deserves. I'm, my daughter, when she's you, ten. I, I my daughter's ten. I've spanked her. I can count the amount of times on one hand she's been spanked. But I'll tell you what, if she ran into traffic for any fucking reason, there's no question that at least a spanking is taking place that day. That is a... That behavior, I was like, that little motherfucker. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> yeah. And then, he, and then he goes and hugs him and says, I'll never hit you again. I, I don't yeah, think I was like, the appropriate thing to say during that no, time. Not at all. It's like, what are you fucking, you deserve that spanking. <laughs> Lucky you didn't get more. That's what I'd yeah. be saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I did feel like this one drug a little bit. I, I guess I wasn't as into, like, I did feel like the cult was believable minus the fact that the location and things like that didn't feel yeah i, I didn't understand that either but it felt I, out of place I, I i guess i just wasn't as into what was going on like i wasn't that interested i i felt like it i don't know i just felt like there wasn't the answers that i was looking for and i was just like oh like it's kind of basic in terms of like what actually is going on yeah i mean i can i can see that too I, I like the things that went down, though. I like when the guy, and I forget the guy's name. What is that guy's name? The main, you know, the guy that has the fucking Jedi mind tricks. And, you know. In, in, uh, Paulo? Is it Paulo? I think Paulo? it's Paulo. Yeah, okay. Paulo. I was into the things he was doing and, and, and the things he was able to do to others. Dude, was... crazy fucking eyes, man. Yeah. yeah. That dude was freaky as fuck looking, man. If I saw that guy, I'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't want no part of that shit, man. No shit. Oh. That dude was so freaky, man. You know, um... Don't you yeah, think I mean, this film could have been, like, 20 minutes shorter, though? It definitely... It, Probably. Well, that's the thing. They spent a lot of time with, you know, the the kind Family. of the side plots and stuff like that, too, right? For sure. Um, and and the, obviously that's intentional to then make when the son is in danger more... Um, I guess uncomfortable. Well, no, there, there's definitely points to this, you know, like showing the whole family pictures and stuff like that. And, you know, Cal getting all bent out of shape because he keeps seeing his wife in there and stuff. I mean, it's, there's all a point, but it's all relevant to the side plot too. Right. Yeah. It kind of adds to everything. There's a lot going on. Think about this. Yeah. I mean, it adds no, there, to the whole, the weight of the, of everything happening to, to Cal and his family. It's just, there's a just lot a lot. There's a lot of characters in this film too. When you really break it down, there's a lot of people that are involved oh, in yeah. all this stuff and and the way they did it and stuff. And you know, I I have to admit though, like when I was watching, I was like, you know, I'm not sure if this guy is trustworthy. You know, the the dude that's working at the rehab and stuff, and like how that all kind of came together and stuff was actually a little shocking. Mm-hmm. Myself, when like when they kind of reveal exactly what is going on with that whole thing and the kids and. And yeah. things like that. I was like, oh, fuck, man. I was like, oh, <laughs> interesting. So, I mean, there was points in this where, you know, it it was it was fascinating. It was a little bit shocking and stuff. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, so, I mean, it kept me interested. But, yeah, I mean, maybe the payoff isn't uh, overly the greatest. I think maybe they just kind of – they kind of shortchanged it a little bit in the end and maybe went too far also. Um, I just really wish this film did, wasn't taking place in New York, man. 
Yeah, I know. So many times I love New York settings, but I just I feel like this one would work better somewhere else. This also took place in they didn't show grungy New York, and this is 1987, so there is is grungy New York. There is still 42nd (laughs) Street. You know, there's still fucking grungy New York, but they show. I think they said it here completely based on like the writing of the end scene in like the scaffolding and stuff. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna need that. (laughs) It's funny because like the other scenes where. Uh, you know, they're at the lake and fishing and stuff like that was all done in, in Canada. That was all done in uh, just outside of Toronto, I think, and stuff. So, that's yeah. Hard. You know, I'm glad it was in New York. I, that, that's where I differ from you guys. I'm like, uh, if this was like in Africa or something like that, I don't <laughs> think I'd relate to it as well. You know, like, like Serpent and the Rainbow, I'm not really a big fan of that movie. Oh, I'm, no, that Serpent and Rainbow is better than this shit. Uh, no, no but, see, not but, to when me it was. But when I you're got dealing with, like, this kind of, of like voodoo-ish occult, you know, cult stuff. And I don't know, man. I think the Haiti thing is perfect because those people, the Haitians, they, that's their beliefs and those that's are religions. That's man. That's their MO. That's what it they do. Makes and, sense. And yeah. This shit really fucking, they believe the hell out of this shit, man. And it makes a lot more sense to set it in that type of setting. Where in New York, all I can picture is muggings and fucking... <laughs> I, I was just thinking Maniac Cop 2. Yeah, dude, it's it's so weird. It's Maniac kinda... Cop Two has a little uh, satanic cult ritualistic shit to it as well. That's right. That's right. Damn, damn. Well, see, I guess that's that's where I differ. I understand that it would make more sense to be there, but I just like I just like the regular setting. Like that's why I don't like Serpent and the Rainbow. And like even in the beginning, like after the girl gets killed in the beginning, uh, his wife. You know, with the uh, you know that that accident, that ridiculous <laughs> <Yeah>. accident, <laughs> the coffee machine, yeah, <laughs> the coffee machine. After that, which is actually another funny part in there. I understand that when Cal's <laughs> at the so at the lawyer's office and he's talking to uh, what's his face. Um, I always forget the guy's fucking name, but his lawyer there, um, uh, Richard Mo- uh, Moiser, and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna fucking sue them and gonna we're you know do all that shit." And they're like totally talking about like all this court and legal action and stuff like that. I understand it's just to introduce his character, but it just goes nowhere. <laughs> Of course, they don't go into any of that shit. Thank God, oh, but it just—it seems like it's almost you know. It's like oh, they're talking about this and that, and I don't know. It just—it seems it like scenes like that that don't necessarily need to really be there, you know. But yeah, I just you know they they go to a scene early in with, and it goes right to wherever they're from, where they show the couple. Uh, what, what's the guy's name? The powerful guy, whatever his name is, not the uh, what's the name Calder. They should, it ends up being Calder, we find out later. They go right to that scene, and they're in Africa, and they have a, a goat and all this shit going on. And that's when I, I was like, I hope this doesn't stay here. I just I just don't <laughs> yeah, like that scenery. Yeah. Same thing in, what was that movie? Was it Bordello of Blood that, that takes no, place ritual. there? No, Ritual. What is it? Ritual. Ritual. Yeah, yeah Ritual. It's the, the other un- Tales from the Crypt. The unofficial third, third Tales from the Crypt film. There's some movie we're watching from 96 that takes place there and i thought it was bordello of blood it doesn't take place uh bordello of blood just takes place in a bordello <laughs> i don't know what city it's i can't remember i don't know what movie i'm thinking of but there's another movie that i watched recently and it, it took place in, in a place like that and i don't know i just didn't gravitate to the setting i don't know i see what you guys mean though it makes sense that it, it should be there and not in new york but I like the fact that it's in New York, even though if it doesn't make sense plot wise. Yeah, and I and I, I agree like with right you that shit. it, it yeah. is definitely a cool idea to kind of bring it there. I just feel like it it, it kind of missed the mark slightly. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm just uh, I just like seeing things that I'm more familiar with. Yeah, 
instead of you know it just depends I don't see know. i guess technically for me i'm as about as a f- familiar with new york as i am with haiti so <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah which is like opposite for me i've never been to haiti but i've been in new york so i don't <laughs> i still <laughs> would prefer the that type of setting but yeah um how about the two people fucking for the first time they must have had amazing sex. No wonder they hooked up. Because remember, they, they get together, and she's like, how long has it been for you? And the guy said nine months, because that's when his wife died. Yeah. And he's like, how long has it been for you? And she goes, um, a year. A year. And she goes, I, I waited a year after I got divorced. And, and he goes, when did you get divorced? She said a year ago. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> a man, no wonder they hooked up. Two people and that had get, fucked all that time. Oh, you got, yeah. to see your, got to see your boobs, too, man. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. No. I know that was that was strange. <laughs> I was like, nice. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah. uh, any anything else on this one? Uh, uh, without going into spoilers, no. I mean, I don't really want to give too much away. It's another one of these films where Jessica's face was awesome. What happened there? I was I was gonna get yeah, into yeah yeah that was good. I actually liked that. It was a little Halloween three like. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Dude, the fucking <laughs> in the fucking scene in the morgue. When Buddy shows him the uh, the guts, yeah, with those snakes, I, I fucking oh. I was like, oh, it just made me gag. I was like, oh, that came out of him. <laughs> I was like, that's gross, man. I don't know what it was about that, but I was like, oh, dude. I used to can catch those same kind of snakes when Ugh. I was a kid. This I used to hunt for them. That's gross. <laughs> I don't like snakes, man. <laughs> Come on, snakes. Just are cool. just thinking about how they were in. Oh, I was like, oh, what the fuck, man. I, I used to carry it in in my pocket to school. Same kind of snake. It's like a, a racer snake or something. Huh. Nice. I like snakes, but I, I can never find many where I live. You would think there was more, but not that many. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess I'll start with ratings. Um. This one, I don't think I liked it as much as you guys. Um. I usually like love this cult stuff like i don't know i i think maybe because it was like a crime drama like i i thought it was gonna be more of like a scary cult thing it did it didn't really have that effect to me um it was cool and all i i just didn't love it i the setting felt odd and i just i wasn't really there there with the whole family dynamic of it. it didn't work for me at all it actually made me hate the kid which is not good for the end of the film um, so I give it about a seven out of 10. It, it was a solid watch though. I'm not saying that it's bad or anything. I just, it, I don't think I like huh. it as much as you guys. That, that's interesting. Dave. Well, strangely enough, I, uh, I enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, I think there was, um, like I had some questions and we didn't really have the answers for them. So that's not making it go up at all. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I liked the movie. I, I thought it, I was okay with the pacing of it. I didn't mind the family stuff as much as you guys did. Uh, I mean, I'm used to seeing the kids doing that stuff, and I uh, my daughter's ever done anything like that with my <laughs> old, but I can still it, it still hits home because it's a guy and you know a stepmother in that, in that situation, and you know I don't know uh, that didn't bother me so much, but but it was an interesting premise, and, and to find out certain people were in cahoots and the reason why and stuff like that. That stuff worked for me, and it just, I don't know, it just seemed to move along at a decent pace. The acting was good. Um, I don't love it either, but uh, I have the same rating as you. I have a seven. Huh. All right. Huh. Yeah, that's really, really strange. Um, 
yeah, the biggest ups for me, like I said before, was just how the mythology presented to the to us, the viewers, was it felt real. It felt good. I thought narrative was good. I didn't mind the pacing. Um, I do agree that you know the side plots and stuff with the family. I'm just like okay, um, a little bit. But you know, I do I do find this thing a little bit scary. Maybe not on the same level as as like a. Uh, um, like a Rosemary's baby, but you know, in a sense, you know, you can almost kind of relate this one to something like that. You know, it's more serpent in the rainbow in a way, I guess. Um, but you know, there's certain things I liked about this film. I thought the acting was fantastic. I think the setting was a little jarring for what this was. Um, but you know, all, you know, with all that said, man, um, a little bit too long, <laughs> another little thing, but I'm also going to go with a seven on this one. So, Right. Just thought that Triple was insane. Sevens. I just that like never happens. <laughs> we never have the same ratings. It's really crazy. Wow. But all right, nice. Let's move on to the next one. Final review. Alrighty. So moving thirty years into the future, when we go into two thousand seven, and uh, we have a film called not The Believers, but just Believers. And this is not a remake. <laughs> No, this is not a remake. Uh, directed by Daniel Myrick. Of course, he was from uh, the Blair Witch Project famed. Um, yeah, Believers. Um, quick little synopsis on this one. Uh, here we go. Two paramedics responding to an emergency call find themselves kidnapped by a religious sect whose great obsession is to stop the end of the world by committing suicide and killing people. Wow. That's, That's a, a shitty synopsis, whoever wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not at all what it is. <laughs> so, that, so that's what you're presented. But then again, you know, it's not bad to just kind of uh, kind of shield yourself away from from things on this one. This is, this is an interesting film, actually. Yeah, I, this is oddly enough a film that I've, I've recommended as like sort of a little gem for moods to check out for – for literally years, like like five years. Wow, I've never even heard of this movie, believe it or not. Yeah, I've literally had in the collection for that long. <laughs> never checked it out, man. It's just been sitting there, and I don't know. It just never fully... I, I guess I probably... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So what are you guys' thoughts on this one? That's so, basically how it starts out, man. You know, it's like, what the fuck? I'd be so pissed off if I was those paramedics, man. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm trying to help this woman, man. And they just go and jack them. They basically just jack this guy's pull up in this truck with guns and they just jack these paramedics. Yeah. Um, So um, this film, I think it should be noted that it is a little low budget. It only had – well, actually it had a million-dollar budget. I was going to say. I thought actually. But um, yeah, this I thought it was a little lower budget because it kind of looks like that with some of the camera work and stuff. But I guess not. Uh, it's it's a film that kind of was a little sneaky, like not it didn't really have a wide release and and not many people really heard of it, including you two guys. <laughs> uh, what I mean, the film starts with sort of a bonding moment of uh, two paramedics. Um, one is of like Latin descent, and the other one is uh, just found out that he was his wife is pregnant, and he was really happy about that. Uh, they get called to a scene where a woman is looks to be going into some sort of cardiac arrest or something. Uh, they try saving her. Her daughter is very um, <clears throat> irate and just crazy because her mom's like dying. And then these guys just pull up with these uh, sort of almost like um, – what would you call those? Like scientist uniforms? 
and they just have guns and then they're like, hey, come with us. And they're like, no, this woman's going to die. And then they kidnap them and lock them up. Yeah, I would say probably scientist overcoats, those white coats that scientists wear. Uh, yeah, white coats. Because that's essentially what they call themselves. They're like scientists or mathematicians. and Yeah, philosophers, scientists, and mass- mathematicians. Oh, there you go. They're a group of those. Yeah, so, and they were selected, a select few. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, this is an interesting watch because as you're watching the film, you're not 100% sure if the guys that are, you know, these mathematicians, these kind of scientists and stuff are bad people or, you know, if they're telling the truth because basically as, as a human being, when you hear and, you know, presented with people, like this what's your immediate reaction of is course that these, they're not telling the truth they're fucking crazy lunatics yeah these guys are fucking okay yeah they're gonna go to some far land on the other side of the the galaxy <laughs> you know and stuff like that of course you look at these people and you go fuck man these guys are crazy as all sin basically what you're thinking the whole time is that these guys are essentially preaching about the world's gonna end here in a couple weeks and they've been doing all this mathematical equations they figured it out they can transport themselves uh to the other side of the universe, but and all I'm thinking new. and started a whole new, uh, race of people. And, and these were the select, these were the select people that were going to start because they're smart. Um, but the whole time I'm thinking, watching this is going, these guys are going to drink the damn Kool-Aid and that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's is, exactly. And it presents, it presents, yeah, all like, it's very, very crazy, but it's an interesting contrast between how they're acting and what they're preaching. They're not really violent. I mean, they do. They present themselves as being not violent, but they're not really trying to be violent. And do yeah, that's why I didn't things. like the line where it said they're killing people. Cause yeah, I know they're really not trying to do that. In no. fact, they're for, like even though what they're believing in is complete lunatic craziness. Yeah, the, I mean, they're not trying to harm people. They're trying. What they believe in is saving them. To the people uh, that get abducted, you know, these guys and stuff, which makes total sense, too, because they, they take these people because they are – they can help them yeah, in a sense, right? And, most, you know, of course – cults, when you have them, you know that, like, they they might be saying that they're trying to save you, but, you know, like, deep down they're just crazy lunatics. Like, these guys actually seem genuine even though they yeah. are crazy lunatics. Like, they seem genuine, right? And, the, the you know, there is cliched moments in this that I thought that were kind of obvious. I mean, you got these two paramedics and, of course, one right away you're you're told that he's an atheist and the other one you find out that he actually believes in God and at one time was going to be a preacher. And so right there, you know that there's, you know, something is probably going to happen with these two characters. It's going to create a conflict and, you know, one's probably going to go one way and one's going to go the other way. So that, you know, in itself was a little bit predictable. To me, I didn't find it like cliche. It just was very fitting uh, because there needs to be a parallel. And um, of course, of course, the the one guy is of Latin descent, which typically are, you know. A, a little more religious yeah. and he uh you know they had they ha- you could tell that one is level-headed you need that you need the yin and yang right like it, it needs to be there in in most films like this so i don't i think that it is very fitting yeah um but th- this one has such an odd presentation man you're just i love what it does though because the film basically it constantly makes you question your morals and and your views on reality and it questions like your beliefs and persuades you to to kind of question you know god versus science or god and science as a whole because they even tell you that in the film it's like 
okay, is you believe in God, you believe in science. What, what about maybe God and science is the same thing? Yeah. So it's just presenting you with nonstop questions. You're like, holy fuck. They actually, whoever, you know, the writer of this film actually did a pretty good job of making it seem pretty believable why people would believe in this stuff. Yeah. Um, Unlike most cult films where it's just utter nonsense. Like this one, it's like, you know, well, numbers are everything. Like literally everything is dominated by numbers. Like everything in life revolves around numbers. And I mean, obviously, it, obviously to us, it still sounds crazy because like the film is totally basing your the theory of science and and mathematics, you know, but in theory, it's it's not it's not a proven science or a fact of life that this could possibly it's it's presented as like a it's like a fictional thing. You know, it's like, I don't know, man, it, it's kind of strange. But at the same time, you question it because you're like, man, you know, they keep preaching that they're the chosen ones, you know, this and that. And like they're all in the math stuff. I'm like, okay, is this possible? Is this actually happen? This can't be happening. You know, I I really dug that man. I thought it was pretty cool. Well, the, the, it it seemed very like I kind of understood a little bit of like the the Victor character, which was the one who was more religious. Yeah. Um, it it didn't seem ridiculous that he started listening to him a little bit because like some of the shit like they were saying shit that they couldn't know. Like, how did they know dude's wife was pregnant? Like, it, it's kind of odd and. If everything like their argument is that everything is by design and if you have the numbers, if you if you're smart enough to understand the equation, I was confused on exactly how they figured out some of those things just based on their theory of science and math. You know, they said everything, you know, is is relative to numbers and you can figure out everything. But I mean, you really have to question that, though, when you're watching, you're like, fuck, it's just it's so hard to grasp the complexity of what they're saying. You know, to, yeah. it's to, it's almost to the point where well, think it's of like, so unbelievable that like they figured out that this wife, this guy's wife is pregnant just through math. And so it's like, holy fuck. Like, it's just almost to the point where it's like mind blowing. A little I, bit. I guess if you figure out it, it's like coding, right? With computers, yeah. like z- ones and zeros, like like if you figured out a language that God's created based on numbers, like it like yeah. that's their theory there. And that's exactly what they're preaching to you, too, which is really interesting because it's kind of adds this complexity to the film. It's like these guys may not just be so crazy. Like I said, it makes you question everything, you know, and I love how they present you in small doses. It's like it explains they kind of explain to you like that the beginning is it's near and that's them kind of going to the other side of the universe and stuff. Or but does it really mean that the end is near, you know, and things they're kind of throwing these things at you. It's like, man, that's actually really interesting. You know, the beginning is near, but the end is near. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? You guys are crazy. <laughs> I like that um, they mention like the Heaven's Gate. Like they're, it's set in a world where they're aware of like the cult, yeah, cult it's, world it's, and how crazy everything is. Yep. Yep. Dave, what did you what, what, want to chime in here? Well, yeah, I, the formula. They kept mentioning the formula, right? Yeah. That which was, was which was written everywhere too, right? Right, Which, yeah, it was all over the place. It was tattooed on them. It was kind of, I kind of dug that. I, thought it was I like cool. their little symbol. It's like a crucifix with like wavy arms. Oh yeah, thing yeah, that thing was cool. Yeah, it was cool. But uh, they kept mentioning that. Now that's not what would have convinced me. All that talk, just because they're scientists and, and this and that, mathematicians and everything else, and they were saying that that wouldn't have uh, have sold anything to me. But but some things were just so obvious that I wouldn't have been able to to deny. Like like the woman that they're they're rescuing in the beginning and you know she gets put on a stretcher and what becomes of her? 
that's that would have been the first thing. I'm like, well, wait a minute, how is this possible? Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a major, major thing. But but still almost possible, right? Like people, like you could still almost sort of rationalize it, even that'd if be, you're watching. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a, that would plant a big seed in my brain, though, saying, "Hold yeah. on." But then when they go in and uh, they meet the teacher, and he says things that you know he has no right knowing. That would have been it for me. I might have gone the way of Victor, <laughs> hearing hearing all of that because just this is crazy. How how is this even possible? Yeah, their talk didn't do anything for me. The formula I, they could have talked to their 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 lips fell off. It doesn't matter to me. That would not have sold me at all. I just think that they're another crazy cult. But seeing those things happen is what would have worked on me. Yeah, it's like a build-up, right? They're just planting many little seeds. Like, the formula thing, okay, you can talk to me until you're blue in the face. Like, I'm still going to think you're a crazy asshole. That's that's why they never pressed the fact with the other guy, with the atheists that much, because they knew they couldn't convert him, because they knew the facts. Yeah. Yeah. They literally knew that that's why in the film they, they, they press towards Victor, because they already know. That he can be persuaded because he actually believes. And this guy is a bonafide atheist, so they don't push it. That's why this guy is left there, stuck yeah, in the but, but it works soul. on another level, too. Like, if this is a crazy cult that, that only – that bases on manipulation, uh, they, they – how do you manipulate? You see weak-minded people and obviously – Oh, no. That's what, they're, that's what they want you to believe, though. That's, yes, that's where the filmmakers are actually did a good job because they want you to believe that and shit. And it's like, hey, this guy just totally fell victim, and and they show it because they have this argument. Like the the other guy, I can't remember his name, is the atheist. He's screaming at Victor. He's like, what the fuck? He's yeah. like, dude, like, what are you doing, man? Like, let's go. You know, like, right. you know, it's it, they just show it straight up, man, and it's, it's effective. I like the little like units that they place them in. Kind of just very simple stalls with yeah. uh, fences attached to them. That's yeah. well, that's, cool. that that was showing that this cult wasn't being barbaric. And they, they not they locked him in, but they gave him a toilet. <laughs> yeah, that worked. <laughs> that's you know, true. Like they're not just going to yeah, lock him in even a gave fucking him room without a toilet. The toilet. Exactly. So joking. <laughs> <laughs> they, they gave him little you know chocolate lawn darts. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him everything: a blanket, a pillow, a fucking Andy's candy on the pillow. But I think that was this by design, though. It's like, hey, you know, these guys aren't. Well, I mean, I should say crazy, but you know they're not barbaric. But there's actually one scene in this film that's pretty interesting. When the uh, one of the other paramedics goes to investigate, um, of course, which I thought was kind of interesting in itself too. I think that might be kind of a misstep in the story with you know them not realizing that they hadn't come back for three hours and stuff. I mean, if you know anything about like how these things work and stuff, if they're they have to have contact constantly right right he's like yeah maybe they better not have gone out for a drink to celebrate See, they didn't realize until three <laughs> hours later they said dispatch dispatch like yeah it, they're still on the scene but dispatch or somebody would have notified notified somebody right away after like they go to a call like this you know they should have been back at the hospital within you know half an hour kind of thing um that was kind of weird in the writing i was like now nah, that would it, never happen in three hours it, I actually it, one of my friends definitely... is a paramedic one of my friends actually is a paramedic and I was like, this would never fucking happen. Ever. Ever. Yeah, it, it was actually just a mistake. Because it wasn't that they did it for convenience or anything, you know? Like, because you could easily fix that. You can just change it from three hours to one hour. And it isn't going to change the story that much. No, you no, know, no. You can no. Still... So it literally just was an oversight 
Oh, um, totally, totally. It was just something I noticed because I was like, no, nah, that would never that they would never let it go three hours. That's crazy. Yeah, that, but anyway, something that the filmmaker kicks himself for after the film's released. Like, yeah, damn it. And, so basically, that scene where the one paramedic there he goes up and he's talking to that dude from you know the the cult, and he, they go to that gas station. The gas station's name is Haxon. I, I wrote that down. Yeah, isn't that cool? I was like, I, I fucking I noticed Haxon. I was guys. like, are you kidding me? I was like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So cool, man. Because the the Haxon film from the twenties, all based yeah. based on witchcraft. So it kind of throws you, kind of these hidden hidden curveballs and stuff in there. It's like, okay, now you're kind of questioning things if you're familiar with the Haxon story and stuff. Um, I thought it was cool. That's cool that you noticed that, Dave. Yeah, I wrote it down. I always notice shit in backgrounds like that because I always look at posters and things. I'm weird like that when I watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about our um, actors? Um, I thought it was decent. I thought for the for the most part it was pretty good. I didn't think. Um, I didn't honestly think the the two leads were that great. The two paramedics were overly that great. I actually I think, did. I, I, I liked the relationship a lot. Yeah, I, I was yeah, down with that. It's not bad. I just felt like they felt like genuine friends. Yeah, oh, no, 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 their relationship. Yeah, it was fine. I meant just the way, just the way they're acting. Sometimes I meant uh, Victor and stuff. I don't know. It just right. it seemed like he was kind of over playing it up a little bit at times for myself. Um, yeah, it was, I think I think it was something to do with like the sound too. Like it, it, it's a, it, it to me it seemed like um, maybe whatever they were using to to grab the sound. It just it, it it wasn't as like smooth as like you would hear in in. Most it could movies. be. It could be something was just kind of felt off with with him for me. I'm not really 100 percent sure what it was, but hmm, there's something I wanted to ask you guys that uh, yeah. I noticed right off the bat. I thought I was going to be in trouble for the whole movie when these guys when the paramedics make their run and they get to the uh, to the place where the where the woman is down. And this is coming from a guy that loves found footage movies and has never complained about shaky cam ever. <laughs> did you guys realize, did you guys see all the shaky camera work that was going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's obviously yeah. by design to make um, to make it feel like uh, chaotic, but I, I don't think it's a good choice. No, it, it, I, not even, it, it I thought the same thing. I, I was like, they're totally doing it purposely to make it feel like it's it's like a high energy part of the film. You know, it's very chaotic yeah, but, and stuff. But then again, that's, you know, Daniel Myrick, you know, he comes from making the Blair Witch. So he's like, well, maybe he just thought he was making a sequel. That's what I was second. wondering. He's like, oh, shit, man. I, I forgot I wasn't making Blair Witch 2 myself. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I noticed that later on it was doing it, but not in that manner. It was where a, a scene was framed. It was going up and down for like no reason. I just think that they. I don't think it was done by choice. I think that uh, they just didn't, didn't mount these cameras. Shit, I, didn't, I, think I they, didn't even notice that. Yeah, because I was paying attention just because of that. I'm like, hope this doesn't stay. And oh, then weird. a few minutes later, it didn't. It didn't do it that exactly. But I don't want to say out of focus because it isn't an issue of focus. Out of frame is a better term. Instead of ordinarily when you watch a movie where. It would just be still. It would be still for a second. Then it would go up and then go back down a little. So I really think maybe I'm wrong, or maybe this particular scene was supposed to be uh, for for the effect. But either way, I thought I was I was like, man, I might not be able to watch this whole movie, and I've <laughs> never had a problem with that. So that that just took me by surprise. Then it happened again later, and you I, know something I, I was wondering. That. 
I was yeah. wondering if originally maybe this film was supposed to be found footage or that it was considered or something and mm. it was like written as a found footage but then filmed regular. I was just kind of wondering like that. wreck following mm. firemen again. Yeah, like I don't know. I just <laughs> I just like because I, I think that there's like I, I might have. You know how sometimes when you just finish a DVD and you don't feel like taking it out or whatever, you might just stop on the special features real quick while you're doing something. I think that I might have like clicked on a special feature and it was like tapes or something of like the like you know like a gimmicky like thing about like the like interviews or something with the people. I, I don't know. It was something. I, I I could be wrong, but I was just you know, briefly if thought you, that. if you can uh, shed some light on this. I thought it was really interesting how the film opens up with uh, one of the guys from – what exactly is the name of the group in this film again? The Quantum Group? Quantum. Yeah, OK. That Quanta. makes sense. Quanta, Quanta, of course, from quantum physics. I guess that makes sense, right? Um, but how the film opens up with one of the, the lead guys, not the head guy, the teacher, not the teacher, but the other guy. Next guy, he, yeah. He's on that like public access type TV show explaining exactly what it is. And you can tell like the host is totally making fun of him, mm. blah, blah, blah and stuff. Mm. So so basically this organization was out there. Like people knew about it. They didn't care if other people knew what was going on. Like they didn't have anything to hide that they were what they were doing there. I know they did state a little bit that they didn't, but I just kind of thought about that after the film. I was like, okay, so apparently no one was threatened by these people at all from what (laughs) they were doing. Like, cause if you're going to go on TV and talk about what you're doing, the general (laughs) consensus with people would be like, we need to go burn that motherfucker down right now. Cause they're going to go and do some drastic shit. Hey, they let the Westboro Baptist Church on TV, man. But all I'm saying is that if I heard mm. someone on TV st- talking that shit in my town, I'd be like, what the fuck, man? Shit's going down. Like, right <laughs> no now, doubt. that's so crazy shit. And then it just kind of gets away from it. Like, it, all of a sudden, they're at the compound, and that's it. And it, there's really – I thought it was interesting with some of the other characters. They're just like, where are these people, blah, 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 and stuff. Like, no one ever maybe thought maybe these cult were – I don't know. I, I, obviously, that would probably be going too far to investigate something like that, but – it's just it's just kind of the minor things that you do think of, but I I just don't think that opening scene in the beginning of the film was even needed then. No, no at all. It, I, it just, I thought it set it was like foreshadowing, like so I didn't mind it. Oh, totally. I understand. Yeah, like, I didn't mind for it. that, but at the same time, it's also doing another thing. It's presenting to you know it's 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 him telling the people of that world that society that yeah, what they're you kind can of put up, crazy it sounds, people on TV it sounds insane. Things. We've seen the craziest I, people on tv oh no i we see donald trump on tv every fucking day it's insane but (laughs) um but i'm just saying though like the general says like if you were in this small little town which that's kind of how it's presented it's pretty small um you know usually people will kind of uprise that man like i mean depending on where you are if you live in the south or like even places around here man like there's some rednecks and shit that would go over there and burn that motherfucker down if they heard that shit man (laughs) i mean there's a lot of crazy area i doubt anybody would give them like even second look here barely i mean we just know like i mean oh these cults are going to be start pulling in our <laughs> sisters and our our nephews and shit like that and it's like i don't want them to fall victim to the kool-aid kind of thing right so i, I think people will be a little testy with it man to be honest i just i thought it was kind of an interesting thing to know i just wanted to hear what you guys thought thoughts on it so i, I feel you but you know what you know how many people actually watch fucking public access like 12 like oh, I mean, I, I, I <laughs> nobody get, would know about them yeah, i know that's true i know but that's the thing you can you can speculate though too right but i mean right. as oh, yeah. whole, I mean, if you're going to present yourself on tv 
someone's going to see that word of mouth, right. man. I mean, I mean, fucking Joe Bob over here tells fucking Billy Bob and then all of a sudden he got a fucking mob on their ass generally. That's you know, true. it's you know, it's just the way it works, man. But I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. But, um, you know, I have a question again uh, yeah. about this. I don't understand. OK, in the beginning, the lady uh, is attempting to leave. Because she's, you know, having a change of heart about the, um, you know, the mission and everything else. Yeah. And then you see what she goes through. It's what I mentioned before, which, which would have made me, you know, m- maybe buy into what they were selling. And then here's what I don't get. Why would that person, of all people, start doubting again in, in the 24th hour? That didn't make any sense to me. That would be the one person you think be the most convinced. Um, you, know, you know what, man? I actually have that same thing written down. I was like, because there's a scene where the, she starts crying as they move to kind of locations. I'm like, what the hell is she crying about? I thought she was yeah. like back believing in this stuff. And I, I literally have what? it written. Yeah. I questioned that too. I was like, what the fuck is with that? Yeah, I don't so know what they were alluding to. It. What are they that, alluding to? The one thing that, um, well, there's two things. Like one, I guess that um, human error and how we do as humans fluctuate, like go from one side to the other. But the other thing that I was thinking was that when she escaped, um, she was brought back and then operated on in some way or something. And she was like brainwashed and then eventually uh, came back to her normal thinking again. Yeah, I I didn't really. Because she did seem kind of out of it, right? Oh no, she totally did. And then she did. I thought it honestly had something yeah, to do with like she was a little worried, honestly, for her daughter a little bit too. I, I was kind of thinking that yeah. way too. Like she was yeah. just so worried that you know if we go through with this and it's not exactly what it's supposed to be, we're dead. I mean, I, yeah, think about like, it really. Like, like she's even basically if you killing are, her own daughter. Even if you are a believer, right? You're probably still gonna have like doubt. I mean, we always do, right? We, yeah, but why her? her? She should know the power. That they they possess more than anybody. I, I I think anybody else doubting would have made more sense than her. I think she'd be the one person that you wouldn't think doubted because yeah, I mean, if, something is proven to her. If you're going to bring me back from the yeah, dead, but, you know, but you, we don't you know probably... that we. I guess technically we don't know that other people weren't doubting, you know, because we but don't focus on the it. entire right. cast. But I mean, like she was kind of a main character, so um, maybe just just scared nervousness. I, I don't know. It, it's so what exactly what exactly was her role within the compound anyways? Because like so you know how they said like, every, like pretty much everybody there they said was you know they were picked mathematicians and you know they were just scientists and stuff and they were the chosen ones because they were the smart ones and she was and the the paramedics were obviously chosen because they could help out with anything medical they needed people that could do that shit so um, what what was her role? I don't think they ever said it. I mean, did they? I don't think what was she couldn't have been just a mathematician as well. Yeah, she could have. I don't. As far as we're led to believe, I don't think she was. I mean, they just. What do you know about anybody? Honestly, the guys that carry the guns, they don't tell you anything about why they're there. No, the reason why I assume that she wasn't is because everybody else there was wearing a white coat. Except for. Yeah, but she tried to escape. She's not going to take her white coat with her. Yeah, maybe nope. that's it. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I never they, thought about this. Honestly, that's just a filmmaking least... technique to differentiate her from the group. Exactly, but I mean, considering how they specified how everybody there was chosen specifically, and you can't deny that fact. They do say that everyone there is wearing these coats. They're all these. They're scientists. 
what is what is her role? Well, everybody isn't. Well, I mean, for the most part, like I mean, they all have specific Gas roles. Station guy. Yeah, they all have specific roles, but what was hers? At least we know that guy, you know, he's a gas station attendant. <laughs> you know, we know that, you know, the, the paramedics are the paramedics. These guys she's are the, the scientists. She's the one that got the kid. <laughs> I don't know. Like, exactly. I, I mean, it's just, it's just she's my. She's a mathematician. She's a philosopher or a scientist. I'm just saying it's not told to us. That's all I'm saying. But I did question. I was like, what is, what is, she, is she there just to have babies? I mean. Because she obviously can have them. I don't know. It's just it's things like that you kind of question. I don't know. Just how they're so specific at times with the But they were really there. though because they didn't tell us what anybody else's roles were either. Well, I mean, except they for like do. the teacher. They do in dialogue, yeah. I mean, the guys that are wearing the coats were the ones that were working on the math and they were the scientists and stuff, so She probably was one of them too before she tried to escape. She could have been. They could have at least given you that nudge that maybe she was I don't know, man. Just, <laughs> I just, I just questioned it. It was like she was just there. I, I just assumed she was one of them. Like I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't have a reason to really think otherwise. It wouldn't take it much just to let us know, though. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that they would think that we'd assume, like I did. <laughs> I guess, I guess. <laughs> but I, if I've ever learned one thing in life, is that you just don't assume shit because it always never. It's never like that. It's never like that. But who knows? Um. I don't know. I, I really don't know what else to say about the film. I don't, I don't have much else to say. Uh, well, the only s- thing – okay, one negative I had was um, I did not enjoy how they take a break from the movie for Victor to have a relationship with the girl. Like I just felt like it just it just seemed like inserted there for the like romantic angle that every movie must have. Mm-hmm. I agree. Dave? I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't need that. I, I, I was honestly, I was more into his relationship with uh, with Libby, the little girl, and what's yeah, going to happen yeah. there, honestly, because I felt really bad for that girl. Yeah, yeah, she was likable. Mm-hmm. She did a good job, and I, I felt bad for her. So what was going on, when, remember at the end when they're running around, uh, he was concerned about her well-being. So, so uh, well, ratings? Well, I just want to say this one has a really good ending. Uh, I agree. Yes, it was the ending I was hoping for. Me too. Well, because then it, it, it just... The things that are presented to you just make sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It worked. It worked. Yeah. As I'm watching this, I'm like, please, please let this... Let that, it, that's and sort of the original reason why I've always kind of pushed this one for people for sort of underrated gems was for the ending i can dig that and this movie as you're watching it you it's one of the movies and it, it really speaks to its benefit this is the movie that you really have to see how it ends if you're watching the movie i don't think there's any way you could stop watching it and just never know what happens it's just one of the movies that i had to hang in there no yeah matter the, what. Like, i can't wait to see what's going to happen and that's this is good, one this is one of those movies where the end decides everything Right. It really, right. it really makes or breaks everything for you in this film. And to be honest, man, before the end happened, I was, I, I think truly the ending was the best thing about this movie because it really kind of, I got, I was thinking about it all day today. All right. So I thought about, I thought about this movie quite a bit, man. That's cool. So, wow. It's just the uh, whole fucking, you know, the God versus science and the science and God is one and stuff. And I'm like. 
fuck. I'm going to do that shit. And, and by the way, there are people there, – there are people out there who are testing these type of theories, you know, that are that – are, the, the God and, and numbers and science thing. I've, I've seen Joe Rogan talk about it before. It's, it's, there's, there's people out there doing all sorts of things, man. Like yeah. Definitely. Triple ribbed rubbers and, you know, fucking a whole pile of things. Always testing shit. Oh, yeah. okay, Everything has an audience. <laughs> for for every toilet seat, there's an ass. <laughs> all right. Um, Moods, you, you kick off the ratings. Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, I basically said everything I need to say about the film. I just I love the fact that this this one you're constantly questioning things, and you know I, I think the payoff in this film is is where it should be. Um, yeah, I really like films like this. I've st- I've stated this in the past. I love where things are kind of presented to you, and you kind of think about them, and it makes you think, you know, during the film and after. And um, yeah, man, th- this one was for me. I wasn't so sure for the you know the majority of the film i was liking it i was liking it but this is definitely one like dave said man you gotta stick around if you're one of those people that you know turns off films and stuff you'll be disappointed forever um but yeah you know ultimately my rating went way up from the ending of this movie and it, you know doesn't really happen a whole lot um but i'm gonna go with a seven and a half on this one also all right dave nice um yeah, it was a good movie. Uh, it was low budget, obviously, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? Uh, the acting was fine. The, the story, the, the plot was, was good. It kept you interested. Um, I liked the relationship with Dave and Vic that was believable. And uh, I liked, the one little touch I liked was at the end when when Victor had already, you know, abandoned some of his, his faith and he's uh, he, he he instinctively goes to reach for his medallion, and then realizes that it's not there. Ah, nice, Dave. I, I, I like that's a nice touch. I, I thought that was cool, you know. But uh, yeah. Overall, uh, I have to take take a point away because of that shaky cam thing. For me, I just I don't know. I, that that rubbed me the wrong way, and that never happens. So. I have to weigh that in. No, you're so, definitely right on that. It, it did seem like annoying. Yeah, man, it's unfortunate. But all in all, um, it's a good movie. I, I recommend it, and I, I say six and a half out of ten. All right. Um, me personally, I've always dug this one. Uh, it's probably the third time that I've seen it now. Um, probably won't watch it for another five or six years. It doesn't seem like I really need to. Um, I just remembered the first time that I seen it, that ending really impacted me. I thought it was super cool and I wanted to tell people about it. And those are my favorite horror movie experiences where you just kind of want to, after you see it, just let everybody know, Hey, like this one's pretty cool. Check it out. And I've felt like I've done that over the years. Um, I like, I like most things about this movie. There are problems. It's not a perfect movie. Um, no, but it's, it's my kind of movie in terms of concept like i i like movies with like small groups of characters in small locations with um a lot of dialogue that makes you think those those are my favorite types of um movies probably and uh it's scary to me like you know the end of the world the 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 people that are so religiously fanatic that they they are willing to kill themselves over their beliefs. Like it always, it always frightens me and gets under my skin. 
Um, there are some problems in it, but I, I've always dug this one. I give it a 7.5 out of 10 as well, right along the lines of moods. Wow. Nice. 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 I, would, I probably would have given it a 7.5 if not for the shaky game. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you literally said you took a point off. So. I did. I, I seriously, and I never do that. Usually when it comes to technical things, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. But I'm the guy, like I said, I watch all these found footage, and I've heard so many people complain about shaky cam, and it's never bothered me in a movie. But it bothered me here, so I, I had to, you know. Have you ever have you ever seen Have you ever seen Five Across the Eyes? <laughs> Don't. That's a joke, isn't it? What's that? No, no, it's a movie. No, have you ever seen Five Across the Eyes? Five across the eyes. It's, it's shot with the most vicious shaky cam ever. <laughs> and it's not found footage, is it? Um, no, it's like <laughs> it, 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 it's it's something you got to see, man. It, oh my god, it's fucked. It's vicious. crazy. That's a good word, vicious shaky cam. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a sucker for like bro, um, like like bro films too, like where it's like two buddies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I like that like stuff. This. Like it's a feel good thing for me. I can dig that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's cults. Probably revisit yeah. this topic sometime in the future. Oh, there's tons and tons of films that we can definitely do. And yes, that is going to conclude episode 84 here on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. I want to give a big special thanks to Dave Zialeta. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> saying that. Um, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cheesy but i can't stop saying it i don't know um for coming on the show man that was fantastic it's uh it honestly it felt a little it felt odd but it also felt gratifying that brandon wasn't on the show with you no but it's interesting just to have you on and, and not both you guys so this is the third time you've been on and and you, you'll be on again shortly so looking forward to that too this is true and thank you guys it was a better time than i even better than i expected so yeah awesome yeah, a lot of fun yeah uh make sure you guys check out exploding heads horror podcast almost as good as the 22 shots moods and horror we need to get uh, a little review that says that Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they jacked us up uh last month in the raking in the ratings yeah though. congratulations guys yeah we bounced back we're back and forth aren't we yeah we was what we, i think we was one and two the month before yeah shit man we only had we only had one show last month too so hopefully we'll be able to have well i think it'll be two this month yeah we got two so i mean that's not too bad so and then hopefully we'll get back to like a more regular schedule i think that things have kind of straightened out a little bit yeah yeah so yeah we'll figure we'll figure it out and then i'm sure they'll get all fucked up because i know my shit's going to be changing real soon too so the unfortunate realities of reality life it's fucking shitty <laughs> but anyways man uh that is going to conclude and i don't know when we're going to be recording again but we'll be back with episode 85 have we decided what we're doing for episode we're going to do westerns oh we're going to do western horror yeah or that Fuck famous yeah. killer genitals or killer gym yeah either or man stay <laughs> tuned uh, i just say westerns because i already own the f- two films oh, okay Ghost Town sense. and Dead Birds. I, I did. I actually picked up one oh, of the uh, one of the uh, killer genital films. I have it in. Just got it. So Dude, looking you forward. Sounded to excited about that western horror, huh? 
because remember what happened with me last year. I fucking I, I I never wanted to watch a western in my life, and then I loved Bone Tomahawk, and then I watched The Burrowers, and 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 really liked that, and yeah, like off to the races, and, and then something else western was good. So now I have I, Ghost Town on Blu-ray, and I haven't watched it yet. Now I have a reason to watch it. And Dead Birds I saw a year a years ago, and I don't remember much about it except Henry Thomas was in it. But I remember enjoying. It. I just I just recently did a top ten video on Western horror films. Really? So, Is there ten? Shit. There's probably about <laughs> at least. I, I actually had to cut. I even had more. I had to cut out a couple. <laughs> That's cool. Really. Yeah. So if you yeah. if you want to give that a shot, I mean, they're all pretty good films. So it, it you know it's a subgenre. Isn't one of the very... Dust Till Dawn's a Western. Kind of. Well, not. I I, I don't really. Oh, oh, one! Of, I thought you said from Dust Till Dawn. Um, yeah, the prequel, the third one. No, is it the third one? Hangman's Daughter. Yeah, it is. It is a Western one. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't even. I didn't even think of that when I was making my list. Actually, so there's another one. <laughs> Shit, that totally is. Damn! But now yeah, Ghost Town. I got the blue. Yeah. Yeah, I got the blue too, Dave. That's that's one of those cult titles from Scream Factory that sold well, I believe. That was uh, one that a lot of people wanted for years because it was never on DVD even. It was only on VHS. Yeah. yeah and the VHS was getting quite scarce to find too. It's so. it's a great cover too. Ghost oh, Town. you know what? Oh, Ghost Town actually got a fucking Laserdisc release. <laughs> wow. Which is insane. I think it had a Laserdisc release, yeah. It did. Jeremy, so. But yeah, alright, so... Thank you once again, Dave. We'll see you shortly. You got it. Thank along you. Along with your partner in crime. And uh, JP, yeah. you want to take us out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to say too much, guys. The links are in the descriptions down below. Damn Check out uh, Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. Uh, always rate us on iTunes if you would like. Entered into any contest we do in the future. Um, even if you guys want to only give us four stars and say that we're almost as good as Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. Totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you what. On that note, somebody remember how you said somebody should uh, come on our iTunes and say that 22 shots is better? They can do that. I don't care. But don't give us four <laughs> stars. Give us five. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Give us well, five I mean, stars. ratings are good even if they're one star technically like the, like it it really doesn't matter um ratings help you get noticed on itunes uh and all ratings count for that now if somebody oh. sees a podcast and it has like a bunch of one stars they might not click on it but at least it'll be in their face <laughs> true right Ra- itunes rating system is weird but it really does help so rate exploding heads rate 22 shots hey we need to rate each other sooner or later yeah, right. We're lazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're telling them to do them. We haven't even done it. I never thought of that. I should just make it a profile and just start rating the shit out of stuff. <laughs> um, yes. No one will see you. You're on Canadian got, iTunes. Nobody sees yeah. it. Yeah, I heard I heard Christian talk about that, huh? Oh, yeah. oh the Canadians can't see him? No. no what, you can't like, see Remember him. a while back, Mood, somebody said they left us a rating and I couldn't find it. And here they're from the UK. So um, it's by region. It's by, like, country. So, like... You'll only be able to see the Canadian ratings moods. Oh, dude, that is so weak. Because there's, pro- there's probably none. Unless, <laughs> unless Jill left one. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, um, but yeah, guys, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed um, episode 84, I believe. Yeah, that was 84. We'll see you in 85. Gia. Yeah.